You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Monday, October 23rd, 2017. Hello again, everyone. I'm Ariel Hawani, back inside our New York City studio. Hope you had a lovely weekend. It was a fascinating one in the world of mixed martial arts. And let me just say, apologies for my voice. Somewhere along the line this weekend, I wasn't partying hard. I think a combination of my three children are sick. I took a little bit from this one, from that one, from the youngest one, and it turned into this. I don't feel sick, but somewhere along the lines, I, I lost my voice. So you'll have to bear with me this week. We will fight through it, my friends. So I want to tell you about that right off the top. Do not adjust your headphones or your Apple podcast app, which I just found out this weekend is horrendous. What did they do with that thing? They ruined it. But thank you to all who suggested Overcast and I think Pocket Cast. I'm starting to play around with those things. Anyway, you don't care about any of that. You care about what happened this past weekend in MMA because I think that two really important things happened. On Friday, Gegard Mousasi made his long-awaited, much-anticipated Bellator MMA debut. And let's be honest, it was a lot closer than we all expected. He was on this show. He was sitting right there uh, on Monday of last week, and he predicted a second-round finish. And Alexander Shlomenko ended up being a hell of a lot tougher. And those of us who've been watching him for quite some time, especially in Bellator, knew that he was tough. No cakewalk. And he proved to be just that. In fact, a lot of people thought he actually won the fight. People like Rory McDonald, who know a lot about the sport. Then on the opposite side of things, people like Big John McCarthy said that Gegard won. It was somewhat controversial. I don't think it was a robbery. It was close. Big overhand left in the first round that uh, Alexander Shlomenko landed ended up essentially closing Musasi's eye, and he had to fight the ensuing two rounds with one eye. With just his left eye, I believe it was. Um, he ends up winning via decision. So that was really important. That could have been a disaster for Bellator, especially after Heather Hardy lost in a bloody affair to Christina Williams. And so now they can set up that title fight for Musasi. On Saturday, perhaps even more notable, more exciting, and maybe even bigger news. Who would have thought this? Darren Till annihilated Donald Cerrone. Darren Till went into Gdansk, Poland, and thoroughly beat down Donald Cerrone. He finished him in the first round via TKO and he said all the right things going into the fight. He may have exceeded his own expectations. I think a lot of us thought that the undefeated Darren Till was a prospect to watch. Maybe not everyone thought that he had arrived this soon. Well, he has arrived. He is a star in the making. He is a name to remember. On the flip side, where does Donald Cerrone go from here? Does he need to evolve? You know, Does he need to change? It was just weird observing Cerrone throughout this entire fight claimed to not know Darren Till, said he didn't prepare. And that's not really notable, but little things like just his hair being longer and his demeanor. I don't know if, if, if he was as motivated. I don't know what it was, but something just felt off to me. Whatever it was, Darren Till went in there and just starched Donald Cerrone. What a performance. And then afterwards, the, the scene with Mike Perry, Perry jumping on the cage and them barking at each other. Just great stuff. Uh, Karolina Kovalkiewicz winning. She's back on track. That was a fun card Saturday afternoon in Poland. So there's a lot to discuss. Of course, we are inching closer to UFC 217. That's in less than two weeks. This weekend, the UFC is back with a show in Sao Paulo. Features the 
return of one Leona Machida against Derek Brunson. Also Colby Covington against Damian Maya. There are some names to look out for on that card as well. Let me run down today's lineup. We have a stack show. There's so much to discuss. So many big names. I'm so excited about today's show. This is, this is one of my favorites of the year. And I know I say that a lot, but I'm actually being serious. This is one of my favorite shows of the year. I love this lineup. So let's get into it. Um, 4.25, it's the MMA After Hour. I urge you to send us some questions, comments using the hashtag the MMA Hour. We'll answer those exclusively on Twitter at around 4.25. MMAfighting.twitter.com is where you can get that segment. And as I said, there's a lot going on. So please do hit us up. 4.05, it's Rick's Picks. 345, Colby Covington is on. And if you follow Colby Covington on Twitter, you may think, wow, Colby Covington is on. He does not seem to be a fan of Ariel Hawani's. Well, I'm looking forward to this. He's got a big fight. He's in Brazil, just days away from the biggest opportunity of his career. He's fighting Damian Maia. He is, he is not a shy one on Twitter, that's for sure. So I'm looking forward to talking to Colby Covington at two, 345, I should say. 325 will be joined by Scott Coker, the Bellator president. Talk about Bellator 185 this past Friday in Uncasville, the Mohegan Sun, the win for Gegar Musasi, where he goes from here, the loss by Heather Hardy. They've got Bellator 186 coming up in a, less, a little less than two weeks. We've got the return of Ryan Bader defending his Bellator title for the first time. Also the return of Phil Davis going to crown their first women's flyway champion. A lot going on in Bellator. So we'll talk to Scott Coker. It's been a minute since he's been on at 325-305. Rose Namajunas will stop by, preview her upcoming title fight against Ioane on Jacek. So in the last few weeks, we've had Bisping, we've had Cody Garbrandt, and we've had Ioana. So it only made sense to have their opponents, and all three of them will be on today's show. So at 305, Rose Namajunas will be on. At 245, George St. Pierre will, will be on. What a mention this guy, George St. Pierre, is. calls me last night and says, hey, Ariel, I just want to confirm that we're good to go for 245. No one does that. And I said, yeah, for sure. And, and by the way, George, you know, I really appreciate you coming on. I know you're busy less than two weeks away. He said, hey, my friend, if you ask me, you're a big part of this fight happening. And I was like, wow, this guy is unbelievable. So he'll be joining us at 245. 225, Michael Venom Page will stop by. Won his boxing debut on Friday. Talked to him about that when he's returning to MMA. It was vintage Venom Page in England. And I'm looking forward to having him back on. Jesse Taylor will come on at 205, his first interview since he was suspended for a year by USADA. So we'll talk to JT Money about that. 145, TJ Dillshaw will be on, preview his upcoming title fight against Cody Garbrandt in less than two weeks. 125, the aforementioned Darren Till will be on. I'm looking forward to that very much. Talk to one of the brightest young stars in the UFC after the win on Saturday. Dana White referred to him as the quote-unquote future. But first, let us start today's show with a man who was in studio last week. One of the big stories of the weekend. The man who won his Bellator debut on Friday in Connecticut. The one and only Gegard Mousasi is joining us right now. Gegard, how are you? I'm good, Ariel. How are you? I'm doing great. And I really appreciate you doing this, Gegard. I know you're flying out in a matter of moments. So thank you so much for squeezing us in. And most importantly, congratulations on the debut. We're a few days removed and we'll get into all the details, but just overall, you know, complete picture. Are you happy with your debut? No, not at all. You know, um, the, the punched me right in the eye in the first minute. So I was I was fighting on instinct, you know. The, I was trying to survive. Uh, uh, I was fighting with one eye for almost three rounds. So yeah, didn't go the way I wanted. But uh, a win is a win, you know. To the haters, they can suck it. Uh, 
have a pretty long one. They can all get in line and suck it. <laughs> what, do you feel like a lot of people were hating on your performance? Uh, well, you know, I fought with one eye. I don't know what people want me to do. Uh, the guy is a former champion. He has 56 wins. That's more than maybe four or five combined champions of UFC. So I wasn't fighting a bum or something. And uh, I also hear he's saying stupid shit in Russian. You know, he should speak English. He should learn English. I don't know what he's saying, but uh, uh, whatever, you know. I won. I don't care. He was talking smack or saying something to you in Russian throughout the fight? No, no, no. Later on, I hear he was saying stuff in Russian, but no one understand him. You know, he should learn English. Okay. Have you ever been in a position like that um, in your entire career? I mean, we've talked last week how long you've been doing this for, where you were punched in the eye and then the eye completely shut and you had to fight with one eye. Have you ever experienced well, that before? No, I never get damaged that much. Uh, I broke my... Or what is the name of the... The orbital orbita. I, Yeah, right away I broke it. And uh, once I, he hit me, I was all shut down and I clinched him and took him down. I did what I had to do to win and, you know, not take any damage. I couldn't train, I couldn't take risk. So it was a complete different fight that I wanted. So was, uh, he couldn't beat me with one eye. I don't know what he's talking about, about rematch and whatever the fuck. It was two to one and... Uh, Whatever, whatever they're saying, you know, it was two to one. I'm not, I'm an honest guy. If I felt I lost, I lost. It was two rounds to one for him. So I don't know what he's talking about. So um, Beltor said that you went to the hospital after the fight. They confirmed that you did, in fact, break your orbital bone? Uh, yeah, and uh, I need an operation now once I go back. Oh, wow. Um, what is yeah, the he broke table? his finger uh, or his thumb. I don't know. He broke his hand on my eye. What the fuck? People don't understand stuff. I don't know what it is, but, you know. What, what? Uh, he caught me. What can I say? What's the timetable there um, after surgery? What are they saying to you? How long will you be out for? I don't know. I could go back in uh, three, four, five months. I don't know. I don't think about that at this moment. You know, I, you know, I could have lost my eye, you know. Uh, yeah. Screw everybody. They can't come, yeah. You know, like I told them, haters can hate, you know. Um, and, and you're okay to fly home this afternoon with a, with a broken orbital bone? Uh, well, the doctor said uh, it's okay. Uh, I have pain medicine. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to take a bunch of them and hopefully it will be fine. I don't know. Okay. Um, so that's going on in the first round. Like you said, very early in the fight, the overhand left. Going into the, um, the second round, you sit on the school stool. Were you afraid? They, they came to talk to you, the doctors. They came to talk to you a couple times. Were you afraid that they were going to stop it? Because they're, they're doing like the one, the two in front, and it looked like you couldn't see out of it. No, I couldn't see, but the, the, there was two doctors. The female doctor wanted to fight, stop the fight. My brother said, uh, try to move your eye, otherwise they're going to stop the fight. Uh, the male doctor, uh, he gave the okay to continue. But uh, it was very close to, the, to be stopped, you know. And, and what are you thinking inside? Like, Is this your worst nightmare? Oh, well, yeah, you know, I'm trying to survive. I couldn't see anything. Yesterday I was walking in New York. I was stumbling. I couldn't even walk, and uh, you know I fought three rounds. I don't know what people are talking about. They should maybe, uh, maybe they should go instead and fight in the cage. You know, uh, they're sitting in behind the computer eating potatoes, uh, and they have the, all their opinions. But let them do that. You know. Is is there a specific kind of criticism that you're? I mean, obviously you're a little fired up, and I can understand. Well, you know, even this. Uh, 
Karian, I don't know, this uh, Armenian uh, Bellator fighter, you know? He's a countryman. He's talking stupid shit. He can suck it too, you know? Uh-huh. And do you think that you won two out of the three rounds? And if so, which which rounds do you think that you decisively or, uh, It was obvious. One and two was mine. Third was his. Okay. Yeah, because I, I, I was talking about... It was, unanim- it was unanimous, unanimous decision. So all three judges gave 29-28. Uh, so yeah. the fans uh, having a different opinion, you know, uh, what are they, experts? Um, I, I, I heard from Big John McCarthy who agreed with that scorecard. On the flip side, Rory McDonald said that he thought Alexander Shlomenko won all three rounds. What do you make of that? Oh, Rory McDonald can get it himself. Uh, let him win his fight and then uh, let him talk. He, he shouldn't talk. You know, he's an idiot. He, lo- he looks like a mass murderer. You should shut his mouth. Was Shlomenko tougher than you expected him to be? Obviously, he was tough because I'm fighting with one eye. Uh, yeah. He wasn't physically strong. Uh, the third round, there's not. I can't put any offense. Uh, I'm injured, uh, and of course, it's the third round. He's gonna push it. He gave it all. He, he couldn't do anything. Hmm. Uh, I wasn't hurt at all. Uh, only because, but the eye, I wasn't hurt. He didn't hurt me. He didn't rock me. He didn't do anything. So yeah, whatever. He's tough. Of course, he's tough. He, the guy has uh, almost 60 wins. Of course, he's a fighter. He's a champion, you know. For for those of us that have never been in that position before, like, and and this may sound like a very simple and stupid question, but how do you fight with one eye? I mean, and, and not completely. I don't panic. know instincts. 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 Uh, instincts. Uh, try try to hold on, not get hurt, uh, not to get punched on the right eye. You you don't see it the uh, one side. Yeah. So, and yeah, and obviously you're you're trying to. You're not there to demolish the guy. Did you have to change anything in terms of your attack, your stance, the way the way you? I didn't at understand him? anything. Uh, the I didn't know what my corner said in the between rounds. I didn't even know what I said in the interview after the fight. You know, wow. everything was a blur. I don't know. I, I had to watch back uh, what I said uh, at the interview in the cage. So yeah, is that because you had a concussion? No, I don't have a concussion, but, you know, you're so into the... I don't know, everything happened so fast. I wasn't really... You know, game plan was out of the window. There was no setup for takedowns. Everything was sloppy. Everything went uh, out of the window once the... You know, once he punched me, I grabbed him, took him down the first round, and then after that was just surviving, you know. You've watched the fight since, right? You just said that, correct? I just seen uh, in the hospital. Uh, I saw one, two, and three. Yeah, hundred okay. percent. I saw that. Well, one time I watched the fight. Was it? Was there anything that you were really happy with? Like, okay, you know, this is something that. Um, no, I don't, no, I'm not happy. I, this is not the way I want to win. At the end of the day, I take uh, it's a win because uh, I will fight for the belt. Sure. Um, um, you so mentioned your, nothing else. Your post-fight interview was was relatively short, of course, but you, you had mentioned that you had a lot of pressure, and we talked about this last Monday. In hindsight, was that a different kind of pressure than you felt in your career because so much was made of the signing and jumping over from the UFC? Did you feel like any of that got to you? Uh, yeah, I was nervous a little bit. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I was uh, nervous more than, yeah, probably a lot, actually. Uh, because there was a pressure on me going to battle. You know, this is the opportunity for the, you know, for the idiots to complain now. And that's what it's all about. You know, people sitting at home waiting uh, something to go wrong so they can just, you know, so they can say stupid shit, you know. Um, They don't have any respect. Um, 
Uh, you know, I watched uh, Dano uh, Cowboy Cerrone lose. Yeah. And um, he doesn't get that much shit as I get. Every time I, I feel like they talk about I lost to Uriah Hall and I lost to Jacare. Well, I both I won also both for both of those guys. I have a win also. So every time they go back and they always like discuss if I'm a good fighter or a bad fighter after. Four to fifty fights. I think I proved I'm a good fighter. What are they talking about? Right. Uh, but uh, you know, you can't fix stupid. <laughs> and and so you read these comments, like you go on Twitter and actually read. Well, and I was people? curious what people were saying, um, but yeah. like I said, people are very quickly to kick you down. Yeah, and you're pissed um, off. I'm not pissed off. I don't care. I'm going to eat lobster. I'm going to sit in my uh, farm, uh, drive a tractor and my car. Who cares yeah. about these guys? I made my yeah. money. I have a better life than all of these uh, bums. <laughs> what did the Bellator officials say to you afterwards? Did you have any conversations with Scott Coker about the fight? Well, you know, I, I don't know if, uh, you know, of course you want to deliver a good fight, but uh, what can I do with one eye? Yeah. So uh, let me see. The next fight is a title fight, and uh, you know this. this uh, you know, if I win my next fight impressively, are they all gonna forget the, the last one? That's how the memory of these idiots work. Right. They have short memory. They're like goldfish or something. Do you feel like you let him down? Uh, well, I, I won. I don't know. I don't know how it feels, but uh, obviously, I didn't want to. This not the way I wanted to win, but uh, like I said. What do you want me to do with one eye? Yeah. Was I don't know what the... people want me to do. I, you know, I'm not fighting a street fighter or a bum. Sure. I'm fighting the former champion with one eye for 15 minutes. 15 Is minutes, he couldn't do anything. So who's the... Who, I'm, what, 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 I don't know. Was this one of those situations where you're happy they don't have five rounds in the main event for Bellator? Well, he got tired himself after the third round because he gave his all in the third. Yeah. Because he knew he was back and he had to come back. It wasn't like uh, he would have finished me in the uh, fourth or five. Um, I don't know if I could have continued with that eye if it would have gone to four and five. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. And and when they're doing like the one finger, two finger in front of your eye, what are you saying to them? Because to me, it looked like, oh man, you're just going to have to guess at this point. Well, I don't know. I was trying to move my eye left or right. I don't know what they were saying. But, but you couldn't see anything. Like you couldn't see what, what finger they were holding. No, I didn't there. see anything. I just uh, try, I was trying to open my eye and then uh, follow the fingers. Wow. Um, was part of the game plan, Gegard, to try and submit him? I, I felt like you went for more submissions in this fight than usual. No, no. The, uh, I, I, you know, once I had his back, I felt like maybe I could get a top position, whatever. But, you know, once your eye is closed, you're like, okay. I was trying to get the submission very badly because I thought, okay, if my eyes is shut, I can't do anything else. There's uh, much of taking different positions, trying different stuff. There, You know, it's not, you don't have that opportunity. You don't get, it's very different. Uh, mm. It's very different when you, when you have two eyes and you're not injured, you feel like, okay, I can take chances. And it was just more not letting go of the control and submit him if it's possible. Otherwise, you don't want to give a, uh, take any other risks. Now that the experience is over, your first fight week with Bellator, your first time fighting in a Bellator cage, overall, what did you make of it? Still 100 times better than UFC. 100 times? Yeah, 100%. Why? Why is that? 
But it took care of me. Uh, but I don't know. UFC also took care of me. I don't know. I'm not going to complain. It was good. I had a good experience. Nothing. UFC is also good. I don't know. Sure. No, but what, like, what, what did you, how did you, how was it different? What did you like about it that you maybe didn't see before? What, well, they you know, treat me with respect. You know, um, I didn't get, uh, they didn't talk shit about the, the fight was this and that. Uh, you should have done this and that, you know. That's uh, at least, you know. I don't know. How do you feel about the circular cage as opposed to the octagon that you've been fighting in for the last... Same year? shit, different toilet. <laughs> no difference whatsoever. Uh, the mat, uh, n- none of that. It's all the same. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's not going to change the outcome of the fight. Sure, yeah. No, sometimes people say they, they like the angles and things like that. No. Well, uh, you know, I don't know. No. Um, so so here so here we go. We're, we're leaving New York now. How would you describe your mood? Like, you're, are you you're you're leaving a little bit? Like, ah, this this is not like I I can't quite. Part of me feels like, all right, I did my job. I'm going back home. I got paid. It's great. Part of you, at least in my you know seat here, feels like you're annoyed a little bit. You're you're annoyed about how this whole thing went. No, of course I'm not happy. You know, uh, you know, you want to have a clean performance. You don't want to. Uh, I trained very well. I was in good shape. I don't know people, you know, but you want to have a down and perform. You want a clear victory. So I didn't get it. So I'm not happy. I'm disappointed. Um, on the other hand, you know, you know, you will have your chance uh, second time uh, when I, you know, I get my chance to fight for the belt. So it's it's a win and a lose situation. I, uh, you know, yesterday was a bad day. Today I feel a little bit better. I'm not going to cry about it. Uh, fighting is not my, you know, it's my job, but it's not my life. If I quit after fighting, you think people are going to talk about me or after three fights, they're going to talk about this fight? No. It's, it's, it's you know, is what it is possible? whatever it is, you know, it's, a, it's a, just the time. I'm going to, I'm going to have fun, you know, who cares what people say. Is it possible that you're being a little too hard on yourself? I mean, you got punched. It wasn't like you slipped and and looked bad. You got punched. You took a punch and you survived and you went out to win the fight. Like, is it possible that you are just being too hard on yourself right now, Gegard? And is that kind of the way you always are? Well, I have to be hard because I want to. You know, if you want to have perfection, uh, if you want to be the champion, uh, you know. But I take a win. Um, he wants his rematch, but uh, I'm going for the title. So let him win his fight, and if he's a contender, and if I'm the champion, we fight each other. I have no problem with that. Do you have a preference between Carvalho or Sakara as far as who you fight no, for? No, I don't care. I don't care. You Will you even watch the that same, fight? Uh, yeah, I'm going to watch the fight. Uh, I'm going to take time, take take some time off, and then uh, whoever is next, whenever they give me the fight, I'm not in any hurry. Um, has what Rory said about the fight made you want to fight him more? Because I feel like that's like... Rory McDonald, I don't know. He's, uh, he's a weird guy. Let him talk. Uh, let him win his fight. Uh, he has his own bad performances. Uh, so he shouldn't talk about me. He said, I gave Shlomenko all the rounds for damage, back control, shouldn't win people fights. Uh, damage. Should- I gave him... Uh, uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. He's a Canadian. I thought Canadians are more polite than that, but uh, it looks weird, you know. Let let him change his face before he talks. <laughs> how? What do you? So you go home. What are you going to do to celebrate with the family, Gegard? This is a big deal. You won your Bellator debut. You should I'm be gonna, smiling. I'm gonna go to the doctors right away. 
get okay. the eye fixed. When and is then, the surgery? Uh, you know, I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to go on a holiday, ski holiday maybe. I don't know. Well, when is the surgery? Uh, Wednesday. Okay, wow. Did you consider having it in New York or you'd rather do it at home? Well, uh, my, uh, I had, my friends are here. They're both doctors. They suggested to do it here, but they kicked me out of the hospital because, I don't know, the, the American hospital, they said, go do it home. What? So They kicked you out? I don't know. Yeah, but if I had to do it here, I, I wasn't allowed to fly for two weeks. So whatever. Oh. I don't want to stay here. Yeah, you're done. You've had enough. Yeah. yeah. Enough's enough. All right. Um, well, I appreciate you checking in. A- any final words for your fans or, or your haters out there, Gegard? Anything you want to say to the people? They all can suck it. Okay. Take a line, take a ticket. I have enough for you all. Thank you, Gegard. Safe travels, okay, and I appreciate bye-bye. you squeezing us. <laughs> all the best to you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, that was incredible. Wow. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Gegard Musasi. What was that? They can all uh, channeling his inner degeneration X is Gegard Musasi. No time for the haters, the critics, the Rory McDonald. <laughs> oh my God. What a way to start the, uh, the show this week. They fired up Gegard Musasi, who I would venture to say is being a little too hard on himself. It was clear that he won the first round regardless of the punch, which was not one of these like freak things. It was a punch. It landed. It broke his orbital bone and these things happen. And then it was clear to me he lost the third. So now you have a situation where the first and third are pretty, you know, they're pretty clear cut. And then the second round. And when I was watching it, at first I thought Shlomichael won the second, but then I watched it again. That one is up in the air, which leads me to say that it was not a robbery, that it was not some big crime. It was just a very close fight. Interesting to note that after the fight, uh, Bellator president Scott Coker said that they are considering going to five rounds. And I do kind of feel like with their main events, I don't know, upping in stature a little bit, the quality of them getting a little better. I feel like they should go to five round main events for non-title fights. I feel like it's time. That's my opinion. But anyway, how about Gegard Musasi coming out swinging? Holy smokes. Never seen him like that before. Uh, what is Eric talking about here? Apologies. What's going on? Uh, we are efforting to call Mr. Darren Till here, but I don't know what's going on. Uh... Da da da. All right, get Darren Till on in a second here. But that was incredible! Holy smokes! What fire from Gegard Musasi. What a way to start the show. Bellator later on this uh, year, they're going to book Alessio Sakara versus the champion Rafael Carvalho. And the winner of that fight will hopefully fight Gegard Musasi. And who knows, maybe Rory McDonald beats uh, Douglas Lima on January 20th in Inglewood, California. And maybe we see that champion versus champion fight. But once again, as we were talking about last week, 
these things happen. These, these guys come over to Bellator and, you know, they think that they're going to steamroll through the competition. And you, you, you sit back and you think from Bellator's perspective. I think in this case, as I said last week, they really needed Gegard Musasi to win. And it would be great if he looked good. He won. And that's most important. You know, there are some situations where, okay, they, you know, they, they, they bring a guy over like Benson Henderson. He fights a Michael Chandler. If Michael Chandler wins, I still think that there's a lot you can do with Michael Chandler. But Alexander Shomenko has been in Bellator for quite some time. And I don't think that he would have the same impact fighting in a title fight as he would. Or as Gegard would fighting in a title fight. So I think that they really needed uh, Gegard to win. You know, sometimes when the Bellator mainstay wins, it's not the worst thing in the world. But in this case, I think it was good for them that Giggard won. All right. In a second, we are hopefully going to be joined by Darren Till, who, as I said at the top, I don't understand what's going on here. said at the top had this incredible performance the hell? apologies it's hard to do this on the uh, on the fly while we are live. Uh, trying to connect with them, I guess there's some sort of connection issue here. Darren Till went into Poland, went into Gdansk, and defeated Donald Taroni. It's one of those performances that you know I, I said before the fight. I love this fight because here you have a guy who is young, who's undefeated, who hasn't fought in a main event before, but is getting uh, oh god. Just stand by. Sorry. Oh, my dear. Uh, uh, this is okay. Just stand by, my friends. Just give me a second as I try to figure this out. This is when it's good to have commercial breaks. Uh, Okay, we're going to get him. We're going to get him. I'm talking to him. I'm talking to him on WhatsApp, but there's a discrepancy with the phone numbers. It's a long story and you don't want to hear it, but we're going to get him. Anyway, he goes in there. He gets an opportunity of a lifetime. He gets to fight Donald Cerrone. And guess what? He completely starches him. It was an unbelievable performance. And now all of a sudden he's a name. All of a sudden now, you know, we're talking about main eventing shows in Liverpool with the guy. All of a sudden now we're talking about, you know, going to England and, and, and him continuing to main event. Like there's no going back from here. So you make that massive jump. You've never fought anyone with the, the, the sort of name value that, that, uh, that Donald has. And you get that opportunity. And now here you are. Dana White going on Instagram afterwards. And maybe we lit a fire under Mr. White because he was all fired up. First, he called Darren Till the future, which I agree with. 
you know, one of the polls that I wanted to put out was, do you think that Darren Till is a future UFC welterweight champion? I would, I would strongly suggest that he's got that in him. Whatever that it factor is that we always talk about in the fight game, it feels like he has it, does it not? The way he speaks, the way he fights, the way he finishes, his confidence. He was calm as can be. Goes in there. You know, you hear from Gegard Musasi, who was about to make his Bellator debut. He said he was more nervous than usual. Darren Till in his first UFC main event, calling his shot, saying that he was going to start him, saying that he was going to finish him, looked like he was fighting on the uh, the fight pass prelims. It was unbelievable. And then afterwards, all fired up, doesn't even give himself a chance to admire the win, instantly calls out Mike Perry. Mike Perry jumps on the cage. They go back and forth. And, and, and Darren Till was right. I had heard going into the fight that there was some talk of them getting matched up against each other. And then for some reason, they went with Ponzinibbio versus Mike Perry. I'm sorry to Santiago Ponzinibbio, and maybe it'll work out. This is one of those things where like, it comes out of nowhere. It's organic. It happens in front of you. I feel like you have to run with it. I feel like, I, 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 I feel like the, you got to say like, ah, Santiago, there's a, a litany of welterweights that you could fight at this point. But this fight seems like it has to happen now. Like you don't get those moments often. How often do you get those moments? That was magical stuff. And then they go to the broadcasters, John Gooden and Dan Hardy standing cage side, Mike Perry standing with him. It felt like 1970s pro wrestling. It was incredible. It was one of the best finishes to a card this year. And it all happened by itself. Of course, you had to have Mike Perry there. And so that was part of the, you know, the secret to the success. But them doing it on its own, I mean, I, I, I highly doubt that someone told, you know, in the UFC, Darren Till to do that. And, and conversely, I highly doubt that someone told Mike Perry to do that. They just did it themselves. Once again, proving that if you want something, you got to just go do it. And then the UFC will follow suit. And so they're jawing at each other. If you missed it, it's on their YouTube page. If you don't have Fight Pass, you missed a very fun scene. They're going at each other. They're screaming at each other via the cage. It was amazing. But Mike Perry's booked against Santiago Ponzinibbio. I threw out a, uh, a poll earlier. Where is it? Asking the people, who would they rather see fight? Mike Perry's next fight and uh, 74, there's over 5,000 um, votes. 74% say Darren Till, 26% say Santiago Pontanibio. Which I know some of it is, you know, people getting excited about the moment and all, but um, that is the fight to make. just don't understand what's going on here. Should I call him on my phone and I'll just do it like this? I mean, I'm, I'm chatting with the guy right now. I don't understand.
so that was in the main event, and hopefully we'll get uh, Mr. Till on the horn sooner rather than later. Uh, also, as I said earlier, Karolina Kovalkiewicz picking up a big win. Over Jody Escabel. And then afterwards saying that she wanted Jessica Andrade next. And so I think that that's the fight that makes sense. Like you have to book these fighters who are fighting against or who have fought Ioanni on Jacek. You have to kind of match them up together. And so I feel like Carolina versus Andrade is the fight that makes sense next. So we'll see what happens. It seemed like Carolina was upset about some rumor that she was fighting Andrade. And then they had to, and she had to go back and say that that fight was never offered. And she went to the press conference and she said, I'll take that fight. Anyway, Andrade looked great in her last fight against Claudia Gadelia, who was the last person to beat Carolina before this fight. I feel like that's the no-brainer fight to make next. You had the Jan Blachowicz rear naked choke, um, which was more of like a sleeper hold. That was pretty impressive. Like a standing rear naked choke, went from the back. The amount of strength that need to be on display in that moment was just unbelievable. And so that was a big win for Poland's own Jan Blachowicz. Marcin held with a victory on Saturday, finally picking up his first UFC win. Looking good in Poland. And how about our friend... Brian Boom Kelleher said on Monday that he'd be flying out to Poland listening to the program and picked up a nice win himself. Brian Boom Kelleher getting back on track. Of course, Andre Feely defeated Artem Lobov, and that was a very intense one. That almost felt, felt like a main event. Um, you had Conor McGregor there, and he was walking around the cage shouting out instructions to Artem Lobov throughout the fight. And in the middle of the fight, the referee, Mark Goddard, had to tell Connor to stop yelling or he would punish him. Never really seen a situation like that before. That was a weird one. Um, Andre Feely ended up beating Artem Lobov and I spoke to Artem briefly afterwards and he said that he's not necessarily thinking about walking away from MMA but he is going to look at his options now perhaps he goes to boxing Perhaps he, he switches things up. He's not quite sure what the future holds. If the UFC wants him back, I would venture to say that the UFC will definitely want him back. He's got that name. He's got the connection to Connor. You see every show, someone's calling him out. Someone asks to fight him. It's a guy winning. It's a Zabit. He's asking to fight him. I would be shocked if the UFC said goodbye to Artem Lobov. Afterwards, he put out a tweet that he wasn't sure if he was going to keep going, but I... I, I reached out to him afterwards and after the tweet 
And he was saying that he was kind of talking about like looking at his options within combat sports, but not, not necessarily retiring from combat sports. Um, wasn't the best night for him. He got dropped early on. Feely ends up winning the fight. And uh, that was a great win for Andre Feely. He needed a high-profile win like that. Exuded confidence as well. Walked into the cage, mocking Conor McGregor, doing the billionaire strut. And even was talking smack, it seemed like, to Conor afterwards. Conor was very fired up. Kudos to Mark Goddard for stepping in there and saying, yeah, you can't, like, it's one thing to be, and he told our Mark Ramundi about this, and it's a great call. It's one thing to be sitting in your seat, standing up, yelling, shouting, you know, giving up instructions. Um, it's another thing to be walking around the cage. It's another thing to be, you know, following the action. And now you're on the other side and, you know, yelling out things. Um, so I think that Mark Goddard made the right call by telling him to, you know, to back off saying, you don't got to go home, but you do guts to get the heck out of here. So that was a big win for Andre Feely. Also Aspen Ladd with a big win as well. All right, let's go to the phone lines. We have finally, it took us long enough. We have finally tracked down Mr. Darren Till. Darren, are you there? Mr. Darren Till, are you there? Hello, I'm here. Yes, hello, Darren. How are you? Good to hear from you. Are you there? Yes, hello. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, we had some connection issues, my friend, um, but I appreciate you joining us. Congratulations on the win. Yeah, hello, Ariel. I'm, I'm here. Oh, man. Uh Darren, can you hear me? Yeah, thank you very much. Oh my gosh, this is a this is that kind of delay. What's going on, Darren? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Ariel. Okay, let's try to do this. Congratulations on the win. Less than two days later, biggest performance I, of your life. <laughs> yes, I don't know what's going on with this delay. Uh, should we reconnect? I don't think we could do an interview like this, guys. No one's telling me anything, uh, but I think that we are going to reconnect here. Let's let's reconnect here with Darren Till. This is going swimmingly. This is great. You guys got to talk to me. You got you got to you're, you're leaving me out here on an island by myself, guys. You got to talk to me and let me know what's going on. We're going to reconnect with Darren Till in a second, and we'll get him back. You do see there that he is alive, that he is speaking, that he is communicating, and we'll get him in a second. This kind of thing screws up our plans because it's a domino effect. As you know, there's a guest after a guest after a guest after a guest on the show. So we started out well with uh, Mr. Musasi before he went out to the airport. And uh, now we're a little bit delayed, but we'll make up for that time. So anyway, Aspen Ladd with a big win. You see her video of, she was yelling. I feel like that should be like her thing. Sort of like Daphne. Remember Daphne in WCW where she used to yell? She was like the scream queen. I think her name was Daphne. I feel like that should be Aspen Ladd's thing. Just yell. Just be like the crazy woman as you're beating up your opponent. Little bit of an early stoppage against Lena Landsberg, but um, all in all, a very good win for Aspen Ladd, who did not get to fight in her debut back in 
when was it? Uh, July, uh, the day before UFC 213 at the tough finale against Jessica I. Um, she was raining blows on Lena Landsberg and was like screeching. It was great. I enjoyed that. And also, uh, there was a fight between Anthony Hamilton, and I want to get the guy's name right. Anthony Hamilton. Uh, what's his name? Uh, UFC. I uh, just wanted to get the correct pronunciation here. Anthony Hamilton and Adam. I'm going to mess this up. Wichorek. Anyway, that fight was moved. They were supposed to. They were supposed to um, walk out for the ceremonial weigh-ins, and apparently there were some. There was a a group of soccer fans. I don't really know what to call them, but they were fans who support a team that Adam doesn't support. And so for security reasons, I was told that they didn't allow them to walk out. And then they actually pulled the fight on Saturday and rebooked it for Sydney. Uh, a very unique situation. Uh, some, I know in England, they would refer to these fans as hooligans. I don't know if they are as such in Poland, but there was a pocket. I was actually sent a video of them who showed up to the ceremonial weigh-ins and they were chanting all kinds of things in Polish. Um, and the UFC security staff came to the conclusion that it wasn't safe for both of the fighters to walk out. And so they pulled them from the ceremonial weigh-ins because at that point they don't really need to weigh in. That's all for a show. They already weighed in earlier in the morning. So they pulled them from the ceremonial weigh-ins, but still were planning on proceeding with the fight. And then a few hours later, they announced that the fight was getting scrapped altogether. After they both weighed in, they were both set to fight. Um, they didn't provide a reason for it, but they just said that it was getting rebooked for Sydney. But that was the reason. Crazy situation. I didn't know it went down like that. Well, I knew that there were some, you know, there, 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 there's a very uh, passionate uh, fan base as far as soccer or football is concerned, but like that they would get that intense to where they had to um, pull a fight. So I guess Adam supports a, a rival team and, and this group uh, isn't happy with that or so. I don't know. It's a very strange thing, but they rebook it. So imagine you're a guy like Anthony Hamilton, even Adam, who's from Poland, you're, 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 you're flying over there, you're good to go. And now you have to go to Sydney in a month. Um, all because these fans were getting rowdy in attendance. That's a crazy thing. So if you were very much looking forward to that fight, um, it uh, it got moved to mid-November. Well, I'm killing some time here, and I think we're going to move on from Darren and bring him on later in the show. He's still going to be on, don't worry, but maybe give us a little more time to connect with him and go to TJ Dillashaw. Um I told you about Heather Hardy losing. She loses in the second round to Christina Williams. Christina Williams, this is a bell tour on Friday, looked fantastic in that fight. Um, the, the head kick in the second round connected. Uh, Hardy made the mistake dipping her head and, 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 and Christina connected. 
uh, it was almost like her nose, I think it was her knee that connected with her, um, with, with Hardy's nose. Um, but it wasn't a knee, it was a kick, but that's just the point of the leg where it, where it connected. And then it was just instant blood just gushing from her face. Very intense stuff. And eventually they stopped the fight. Um, and they had a lot invested in Heather Hardy and it's no knock on Christina Williams, who seems to be a very exciting fighter who is making her debut, who seems charismatic and marketable and all those things that you want in a fighter. But if Bellator is going to, you know, this has happened to them before they need to balance the promotion a little more. You know what I mean? They, they, they need, they, they can't all be on one person so that afterwards it looks like, oh, you know, there's egg on your face. That's the problem here. It's no knock on Christina. Uh, Christina could be just as marketable, if not more. We don't know because we weren't told much about her. There wasn't a lot pushed about her. And so that's why when that happens and Musasi almost loses, Beltor is in a position where they have to build stars and their fights, you know, it's okay if they're, you know, if they're designed to build the stars. That's fine. That's something that we're not accustomed to in MMA. You know, I was watching the 30 for 30 on Tommy Morrison on Friday. And and Tommy Morrison's like first 20 to 25 fights were all designed to put him over. We're all designed to make him look like a a superstar, to make him look like, you know, the greatest heavyweight in the world, the 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 future champion, all that stuff and more. That's okay. Um but I feel like in MMA and and in particular in in, in you know in, in the day and age in which we live, like things like this can happen, especially when you're 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 matching up a kickboxer with a boxer. So it's okay to push one over the other, but I still feel like you have to push the other a little bit, just you know, as plan B. So that you're not left with a situation where you've got nothing. You know what I mean? And that's what I feel like we were left with here. Hopefully they regroup. You know, we'll see what happens with Heather Hardy. She still has the contract with, um, with Lou DiBella and she could still go back to boxing. And it was clear to me, I was a little surprised when she came in the studio. When did she come in? Uh, around July and announced that she would be returning to MMA so soon. I thought that she was going to take a bit of uh, time off, maybe go back to boxing. You know, she's been doing MMA a lot less time than she's been doing boxing. I mean, that's very clear. And, you know, I don't think that the matchup was the wrong one in the, in the, in, in the experience um, department because they're both, you know, relative newcomers to the sport. But it does seem to me like the fundamentals as far as, you know, using all the tools that you can in MMA and also knowing how to defend them are, are, are a little foreign to her. And if you have someone who's coming over from the world of boxing, even with 20 fights, but isn't used to kicking or defending kicks, um, fighting someone who's a newcomer but was brought up as a kickboxer, the advantage is always going to be with the kickboxer. And you saw that in this fight on Friday. So a tough situation for Heather Hardy. On uh, Friday, she loses to Christina Williams and we'll see what happens there. Her face was, I mean, uh, as gruesome as it gets, she posted something online afterwards. Um, she seems to be in... <laughs> uh, she seems to be in good spirits and uh, we will see what happens there. Uh, also Neiman Gracie winning a nice one. So it seems like I completely jinxed ourselves because now uh, we are trying to find TJ Dillashaw. 
who is MIA. It's almost a, it's almost amazing that this stuff doesn't happen more often um, on the show because we are live because we don't take breaks. But uh, eventually we will get to all these people. I'm I'm hoping. Um, we're trying to get to TJ. If not, we'll go on to the next one. That's the beauty of having nine guests on the program, right? Um, anyway, Neiman Gracie with a win on uh, Friday in Bellator as well. Uh, some other news as we um, effort to get somebody to talk to on today's program. MVP Michael Venom Page, as I said, won his boxing debut, uh, signed to David Hayes promotion. Um, as I said at the top, vintage Michael Venom Page, he was doing the killer crossover. He was moving all around. He was dancing. It was all kinds of fun stuff for Michael Venom Page. Um, Bellator says that he will return in December, that he will uh, probably fight on their Newcastle show. He beat a fighter named Jonathan Castano, who is now 2-12-1. So obviously not the best fighter out there, but this was his debut and it was okay. You know, it's all right to build yourself up. You don't have to fight someone who's 25-0. Uh, um, it was a fourth, uh, it was a four-round fight. MVP ends up winning in the third round. Big right hand, dancing all over the place. And so now he's got some options. I asked Bellator why they let MVP do this, if he was allowed to do this, if there was any kind of issues there. And they said, no, we, we just, we're cool with our fighters going out there. If they have an opportunity, if they're in between schedules, in between fights, we're cool. If they, if they run it by us, we're okay with it. Maybe the opponent, you know, they're not going to let him go out there and fight a guy who's, you know, 15 and 0, but they let him do it. He was successful and uh, maybe ups his value just a little bit. Reported last week that uh, Kamaro Usman and Emil Mech scheduled to fight UFC 219 December 30th. This was first reported by Farah Hanun. Hopefully I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Uh, strong young journalist out of the Middle East, I believe it is. Uh, this is an, uh, a fight that I think uh, some people raise their eyebrows with because Kamaru Usman is on a roll. He was calling out RDA. He wants to fight a, a top dog at uh, 170 pounds and uh, he can't find anyone. His manager told me that uh, they just couldn't find anyone and now they're going to Emil Mech who said, yeah, I'll fight him. No problem. So that's why. It wasn't wasn't part of the plan for them, but that's what they had to do. So look out for that on December 30th. We'll talk more about the news afterwards. But now let's go to the man who we were just talking about, who's kind enough to join us a little early uh, because he is punctual. The one and only Michael Venom Page is joining us right now. Michael, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on a little early, Michael. I appreciate it. And congratulations on the boxing debut, the successful boxing debut on Friday. How much fun did you have out there? You look like you were having... A great time, but now that it's over, now that you got to go in there and actually box, how much fun was it? Yeah, yeah, thank you for that. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I think it's, it's very apparent from all of my fights that people can see that I enjoy. I enjoy what I do, and uh, boxing is, is no different. I enjoyed the uh, preparation as hard as it was. Um, 
But yeah, and when I when I finally got there and stepped into the ring, it was uh, just as enjoyable. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad it went uh, the way it went. What What do you enjoy more now that you've done them both, boxing or MMA? It feels this. Obviously, it's, it's just a different rule set. But um, obviously, I, I'm a kickboxer, and I enjoy I enjoy being able to use my legs as well. So, uh, and I feel like I can be a little bit more creative uh, in MMA. Um, but I, I just enjoy the spotlight. So I, I did have a, a blast doing boxing, and I'm definitely eager to to, to do some more boxing. But um, yeah, I still I still love MMA. Okay, so how did this come about? David Hayes, your promoter, correct? Yeah. So did he approach you about doing this? Did you approach him? How did it all come about and when? So about... Um, he, he, David Hayes is a very good friend um, of my coach, uh, Alexis. Uh, Alexis Paul Hamaris. They're all very good. They're all very good friends. They've, uh, they've done work together before. He's, he's actually um, done some fitness work for his, some of his bouts with my coach before as well. And um, he used to come to the gym a lot of times, you know, just to socialize and talk to, um, and talk to his friends. And obviously he had the chance to, to, to watch some of the fighters that were in the gym. And probably about four, five years ago now, he um, came and watched me spar and I was doing boxing rounds at the time. And he was like, man, you should, uh, you should come over and do some boxing. Like, you're really good at it. And um, from from way back then, it's always been something that I kind of wanted to do anyway, even if it was like a similar to like a McGregor, like a one-off, uh, just spectacle, just so I can experience, you know, the boxing world. Um, but you know, the more he kind of came down, and the more we spoke about it, and the more boxing rounds I did with some, you know, high-level uh, boxing uh, athletes, then. That's the more it kind of made me think. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually capable of doing this, but I don't just want to switch over. I want to be able to do both. Okay, and so then you go you go in this situation. Um, was it hard to get Bellator to let you do? It? I mean, from my conversation with them, they didn't seem to have that much of a problem. But you are a prized possession for them, and this is not under their banner. This is not under their umbrella. Um, was it hard to get their consent, their green light to go out and do this last Friday? Um, so this one, no, um, I was actually supposed to fight beforehand. Um, when David Hay first fought Bellew, uh, we was, uh, pushing, the, the turnaround was extremely quick. I think Bellator wanted to play or just be a bit more involved in it. So we, when we spoke to them initially about wanting to do it, they were happy for us to do it. Um, but then when we started, you know, producing, um, like licenses and this and that, they were like, "Whoa, this is actually going to happen quick." And then we told them the date. It was a very, very quick turnaround, and um, they I don't, they weren't happy at that time. But more, not necessarily for me to block, just the way and how quick it all happened. So they wanted to be a bit more involved. So we had to kind of postpone that. And um, so we knew from the beginning they were sort of in in full support. Um, but we just had to kind of you know work more with them, which uh, which makes sense. So. Uh, we waited a little bit longer, and then obviously the opportunity came for 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 the show this time round. And yeah, they've been in full support. Is your next fight in MMA, and is it December fifteenth in Newcastle? It's what everyone's saying. I haven't, um, I haven't actually had a had a conversation with anybody. But you know, obviously, everyone's excited for me to 
to to jump back into MMA and I if I can my aim is to get another boxing fight and another MMA fight in this year which is there's not much time so I literally straight straight after Friday I was training Saturday just working on my wrestling and jiu-jitsu trying to get straight back into it um I'm still not sure exactly what's going to be happening. Nothing's been confirmed yet, but by, I'd say, you know, over the next couple of days, so by the end of this week, um, I'll definitely have a better idea of where, you know, where we're headed next. Okay, so it could be boxing next? Uh, potentially, I don't know. I think that's, that's the um, good thing about me opening this door to, to box because it allows me to be a bit more active throughout the year. Obviously, I've been very inactive this year um, for, for a, load, a lot of different things, but now I'm, I'm capable of fighting so, so much more um, now. So for me, I think the focus is always going to be MMA. I've still got a lot to prove and a lot I want to prove in mixed martial arts. Um, and, uh, you know, Bellator, they've given me the chance to, to box. So they're always going to have, uh, you know, first, they're always going to be first priority. Um, but I, if I'm, if I'm able to, I would like to be able to box as well one more time, um, as well as a, a mixed martial arts fight. So yeah, hopefully you, you'll see me twice this year. When you, when you were supposed to fight a few months ago and pulled out, what was the injury? Um, oh, oh, sorry. I, my, my knee's gone. My knee went again. Uh, I had a neck injury as well. That was pretty bad. I was, for me, I, I still kind of wanted to do it. It's, it's always the same thing as a fight. You still kind of wanted to do it. My, my coaches are just, they're just not happy if I'm not going in. Um, you never really go in a hundred percent, but if you're not, if you're not going in properly, um, and you know, he's like, if you lose because of a uh, due to an injury, you're not you're, you're going to be equally as uh, as frustrated. And I was I was so eager to fight that time. It was it was in my hometown. A lot of people that come over to support me. Um, like I was I was absolutely fuming. I actually didn't even want to go, but I had a I had a teammates fighting on the show as well. So I was like, I got to make sure that I I, I turn up and support support them but it, it was good for me to be there but yeah it's it's the same old same old and this is what I find with them, the, the the mixed martial arts training it's, it's so much more rigorous on the body and you you are really beating yourself up a lot um, and uh, I'm constantly because of my style as well I'm constantly getting uh, uh, twisting my knees and uh, and, and my, my neck and stuff so it's, uh, it is what it is but um, I'm eager to get to, to get back in there. And of course, when you were at that event, that's when the whole thing with Paul Daly escalated a little further. I saw that you did a scrum after the win on Friday, and you were like, "Oh, who's Paul Daly? I never heard of this guy before." Why is this so hard to make? Why why are we why are we tempting fate here? I feel like we're playing with fire. This is such a great fight. This will get the world talking, especially England. I mean, this is the biggest. This is the biggest fight in, front, in between two English fighters, maybe of all time, and I feel like we're further apart than ever. What, what what's the issue here? Do you do you not want to fight him? Does he not want to fight you? What's the problem? Well, you can only ask for a fight so many times, and it not happen. And for me, I just I'm just losing interest. He's losing fights, calling me out and then not wanting to take the fight. And then he's winning fights, calling me out and then not wanting to take the fight. 
Um, I gen I seriously just have I don't have any I I, I just don't care anymore. It, it's it's legit um, dislike. Uh, I felt he was uh, very disrespectful in one of his interviews when um, we were supposed to be quite you know cool and obviously not the best of friends, but we've always um, we've always been able to you know sit down and talk and and, and have fun. We've been on multiple trips, doing promotions together and stuff. So. I felt disrespected then, so his, uh, I was like, you know what, the best way to sell it is in the cage, and it just feels like it, it, it's, it's a battle to even get the fight to happen. I, I can post pictures of of contracts with me signing, with it signing his name there, and then again, there's just excuses as to why he doesn't want to fight. I, I'm, for me, I know how big the fight could be, but I, I genuinely don't care anymore. It's just not, I'm just not interested. You know, I'm kind of tired of this... Um, this whole this whole back and forward thing. If it happens, then not then it happens. But I, I, for me, I'm not chasing it anymore. It is what it is. Wow, this is this is depressing news, Michael. I could I could understand where you're coming from. There's no doubt about that. So is it is it is it fair to say that you have officially moved on? Like you you are not entertaining this fight, even if it's brought to your attention. Even if they say we want to go to the O2 in February and 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 have you guys finally fight. Like you're done with it. You're not even going to entertain the idea of fighting him. I'm, and well, if see if they get the paper signed first, and I'm and I'm, I'm gonna be I'm being very specific with with this one as well. Now I'm saying the only way I'm gonna fight him is if he puts his whole paycheck on on paper, and I'll do exactly the same. Winner takes all. I'm not. If I was to lose that fight, I don't want a penny for losing that fight. And if I win that fight, I don't want him to get paid. I don't want him to be able to do anything. But the best you're gonna get is your sponsor. So hopefully he's doing well on the sponsorship side. But put your whole paycheck up and then I'm happy that I'll happily fight you. But outside of that, I'm genuinely not interested. There's, 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 so, many big, there's so many big names and big fights out there anyway. And um, I, I know uh, for me, he's, uh, he's, going in, he's, he's going in one direction. I'm still growing. And uh, I don't feel it's the same for him. He, he had a great win in his last fight, but... I think he's trying to be a bit too tactical about things and um, I'm just not interested. Wow. So, I mean, in other words, the fight, I mean, there's no way they're going to allow that, right? We've heard people throw out that stipulation. Oh, give up your personal. It's, I, I don't think they'll ever agree to that. I don't think he'll agree to it. So it's safe to say it's yeah, but, dead. You know, it's, that's the thing. It's, it's, down, it's down to the fighters. For me, like I said, like, this is how much I don't, I, 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 I don't like him. My thing is, I do not want a penny for losing that. I'm being dead serious. I don't want not one pound, not one dollar for losing a fight like that. So he should feel the same. If if he's, you know, he's the one that keeps calling me out right now. I'm not even interested anymore. He keeps calling me out. So there must be something to it. So if you're that confident about yourself, put your purse up. Because if it's, if both fighters are happy to do that, I don't see why the promotion wouldn't. There's no, there's no reason for them to say, no, no, you guys shouldn't do it that way. You know what I mean? It's both of us. So if he's happy, if he's that eager to come and fight me, let's make it a bit more interesting. Put your purse up. Have they brought up the subject again since Friday or in the last week or so? Have they said, we want you to do this? What do you think of this fight? Has his name come up to you at all? No, not yet. Because um, after his last fight, he called me out again. Better to approach him then, um, supposedly. They already they've already approached him saying, Yeah, let's let's get it signed and then he changed his mind in the back office. 
Um, so again, even I think I think even Bellator are getting a bit annoyed with um, hearing him call me out and then not actually wanting to follow through. So wow. like, um, I, now now everyone understands why I'm getting frustrated. Um, but for me, yeah, I'm not. I just I don't care. Like you, you haven't seen me post anything about him. That's why I was like, I don't even know who you're talking about. Um, it's only for, it's only for you, Ariel, that I'm actually even mentioning anything. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate um, it. No. It's, it's just, oh, yeah, there's, there's magic between you two. It's, it's a magical thing when you get two fighters, you know, especially from the same country um, and you're such exciting fighters. I think everyone wants to see the fight. It, yeah. it, it, it kind of bums me out that it seems like we're further than ever. Yeah, well, you know, it, it, it's, it's, for me, it's, it's down to, to them to try and make it all happen. happen. I'm just saying right at, the, at this moment, I'm just not chasing it. There's, like I said, there's, there's loads of other fights to, uh, to make. So I'm just, yeah, I'm just not chasing this fight anymore. It's been one-sided the whole time. I've pushed and pushed. I've, you've seen the post. You've seen all that. That was me trying to entice him to take the fight way back from when he he ended up changing his mind and going towards Roy McDonald. And again, I was very, um, like, again, I understand what, what he tried to do. And I, I didn't take it like uh, personally. I was like, cool, but we still need to make this fight. And then again, straight after that, He's uh, decided to go somewhere else again because the first excuse was supposedly he was going to go into boxing, uh, not boxing, sorry, kickboxing and do a um, Bellator kickboxing fight. Um, so I was like, well, if, if that's your reason, and me and you can kickbox. Let's go over. Let's, let's, let's both of us go over to, to do it. We're both on Bellator banner. Let's both of us kickbox. Then he changed his mind again and said he's, you know, he's got business to, to deal with or something, like personal business. So I was like, okay, fine. And then all of a sudden I'm here and he's calling out Larkin and uh, saying, oh, yeah, I've already signed the contract. So I was just like, I don't understand what's happening. So it just feels like anything I tried to do to get this fight was just being, you know, sidestep. So again, it just, I just, I've just lost interest. I don't even have that kind of fire uh, in me anymore in the same way. Like when it first happened, I was like, man, I really want to punch you in your face. And now... I, I'm just not even bothered. I just see you as a joke and I've lost like all respect for that person. Anyone in the welterweight division that does get you excited, that does pique your interest, that you do want to fight if you return later on this year? Remember, for me, like this is the first time I've ever had, like wanted to, you know, even call somebody up. And yeah. I've, I've been the same since I've, I've started in MMA. I've never actually called anybody out. I just enjoy doing what I do and I feel like I, I'm an entertaining fighter and, and, you know, my name keeps growing because of what I'm, I'm, I'm capable of doing in a cage. And um, yeah, this is just the first time because I felt personally disrespected. Um, and if it was anybody, I get called out all the time. I get people, uh, you know, uh, criticizing my style and criticizing me all the time. But because it was someone that I, you know, I, I always spoke uh, in a very respectful way to, towards because I felt we had a you know a certain uh, relationship, a certain friendship. That's where I felt a bit more uh, disappointed and disrespected. And this is the only reason why there was there was even that fire there in the first place. Um, so yeah, this is the, this is the only reason I, I've, I've called him out. Everybody else is just yeah, just the big names. Everyone's doing. Well, the welterweight division is a is a very competitive division right now. With like the Rory McDonald and. Douglas Liam, I think Douglas Liam is very underrated and he's just, he's, and even though he's the champion, people all seem to uh, believe that he's going to lose. Um, and I think he's an amazing athlete. There's so many the talented fighters that are, yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to be in the cage with him and, and, and test myself. So, um, 
yeah, I'm just looking forward to those kind of big fights. Okay, yeah, because I, I got the impression after the fight on Friday, people were like, this is great. We've seen this from Michael before. He's so entertaining, but I want to see him against the name now. Like, I want to see him against someone that I know um, and and yeah. no longer in these showcase fights. And I would assume at this point you feel the same, right? Like, you want to take that that step up as well. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Uh, these, there's, everyone's, uh, there's, like I said, there's a lot of big names in that division, and I would love to... I'd love to just prove to, to everybody that it's not just um, it's not just a flashy star that can't work against uh, you know high level competitors. I actually know or believe that he actually I usually when I'm sparring more technical guys, uh, I'm actually a, more uh, capable, a lot more capable of pulling off um, some of the moves that I that, I, that I'm able able to pull off. So yeah, I look forward to to, to, to proving that. By the way, I like that you hit him with the killer crossover in the uh, in the match on on Friday. Is that what you did there? <laughs> were you doing the killer crossover? Were you, yeah. were you kind of that was incredible? I never seen that one out of you before. <laughs> it's actually something I've been uh, practicing uh, in this camp uh, in boxing. Um, I was really just inspired by. I remember watching when I was younger and uh, probably around six, 15, 16, I was watching a lot of the N one uh, yes. basketball <laughs> and. and um, I just, I was just, I was, I just caught up on a video that I, I had seen the other day, and I started watching a lot of it. And then when I came into training to spar, that uh, in the next couple of days, I was just throwing it in my sparring, and everyone was like, "What the hell are you doing now?" <laughs> well, that's what I've, I've been saying from the beginning. I'm, I always get like inspiration from random things, and um, I'm, I'm really enjoying, actually, really enjoying it, adding it in my game. So you might see it in the MMA world. I well. loved it. I popped for it hard. Um, Congratulations again, Michael. Uh, you you never cease to entertain and amaze. Um, I'm a little sad. I'm not going to lie about the Paul Daly development here, but who knows? Maybe they all agree to this stipulation and we get to see this fight sooner rather than later. For now, enjoy the victory and looking forward to your return Thank to you. the Bellator cage in the near future. Yes, definitely. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on the show again. Pleasure as always. Thank you very much to Michael Venom Page. Great to talk to him. And, and again, congratulations on his successful boxing debut. He did hit him with the killer crossover, by the way, and it's amazing that it was inspired by the N1 mixtape. All right, let's move along. Um, great to talk to Jesse Taylor right now. I said earlier in the year, one of the best stories of the year, his return, his victory on Tough 25, Redemption. We had him on afterwards. I mean, one of the feel-good stories of the year. Um, unfortunately, since then, he was booked to fight in November in Sydney, but he was pulled from that fight against Bilal Muhammad um, after a... Uh, an out-of-competition drug test came back positive for clomiphene, which is an anti-estrogen agent. A couple weeks ago, or a little over a week ago, the United States Anti-Doping Agency said that he had accepted a one-year suspension, and he's on the program now to talk about that and where he goes from here. Let's welcome in Jesse Taylor. Jesse, are you there? Hey, yes, right here. Uh, good to have you on the show. I appreciate you coming on to talk about this, Jesse. So when did you find out that you were provisionally suspended, that this that this drug test that was taken on August 22nd came back positive for anti the anti-estrogen agent clomiphene? Yeah, I found about, about all this around September uh, 14th. I remember because it was my brother's birthday. And uh, yeah, I was pretty shocked and surprised by the whole uh, debacle as you guys are. And uh, it's kind of a bummer. We, but uh, I kind of just want to, you know, it's a good time to kind of talk about kind of really what, what went down. Yeah. So you had no idea. I mean, you could say here 
matter-of-factly, you did not knowingly take this. Um, when it came back, you had no idea how this got in your system. Is that correct? No. Well, from doing research, we, we're trying to figure it out. Um, we, we're kind of, we think I see this uh, holistic doctor and a lot of fingers are pointing towards him. But just to let everyone know, when, when things like this happen, yeah, the main thing is what Usada says, and I actually do agree with it. You, you are responsible for what goes into your body. So even if you, we fight this and we win, it comes down to we're responsible and what we know, um, you know, goes into your our body. So they would still usually give you a little suspension for it, but the whole process, even if you win it, you're going to be out six to nine months anyways, plus about 20, 20 to 40,000, 20 at the lower end. 40 at the higher with lawyer fees. Um, the test each supplement costs $2,000. Long story short, we kind of have an idea of who it is. I just don't want to throw this guy's name under the bus because it's not, you know, a guaranteed because I okay. never tested the supplements and all that. But uh, anyways, yeah, I was seeing this holistic doctor. Um, I'm guessing it's coming from there. But uh, yeah, I never took knowingly any uh, clomiphene, antiestrogen, or any kind of thing of that nature. Had you ever heard of clomiphene before, before you, you, you found out that you had tested positive for this? I sure have. Right when I found out, I was like, well, that's strange. It's the same thing. John Jones, uh, Brock yeah. Lesnar, uh, those are the two big names, of course. Yeah. I know some others have uh, gotten in trouble with. And so when you're provisionally suspended, you don't get the full one year. There's that, that period there where, you know, um, I believe USADA will work with you and they'll, they'll look at supplements, things like that. Are you happy... You know, with the process, were, were, did you feel like they were working with you? Did you feel like, you know, they were listening to what you had to say? Or did you feel like, okay, you know, now that I've been through it, um, this could have gone a little differently. This could have gone better for me. Um, like anything, they, I guess they will hear all that out. Uh, so they give you, know, they, they let you know, and they kind of give you a month, um, you know, because I found out uh, September, and then yeah. they give you like a month or so until recently, you know, what you want to do, either accept the suspension or start fighting it. They definitely hear you out, but they don't really start hearing you out until you tell them what to do. The problem is once you tell them what to do, you're in a fight. You know, that's when you got to pay lawyer fees. You got to test all your supplements. Um, you got to uh, do an arboration, arbitration. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. A whole arbitration. Process. You know, it's a whole, yeah, yeah, arbitration, a whole uh, process. And uh, when it came down to it, even if we fought it and won, I'm looking at, at the lowest amount, around 20 grand I'm spending, testing all the supplements, um, getting lawyers, um, and fighting this. And I'm still out. Then they got to book you a fight. So I'm still out about nine months, let's say. That's at the low. Even if I come back and they say, hey, you're cool, you're clear. They already pulled me from the November fight. I, I think what you saw this doing, I, like, I actually like what they're do, doing, but I think what's going on, is they're starting to burn a lot of guys. They're not. I think they got to look at some, you know, other outside circumstances. Um, they got to look at out of competition stuff, which this test was, and they got to look at the drug, which was not a steroid. It was anti-estrogen, and they they hear all those facts out, but they won't really start listening to them in case you actually fight it. You know what I'm saying? If you actually go through the whole process. So is that why on your Instagram you you, you essentially wrote like, look, I, I had to accept this one year suspension, like because the alternative was that time frame and, and more importantly for you, all that money you would have to pay to fight it. Is that why it seemed like you were kind of accepting it begrudgingly? Exactly. Um that and even say so you fight it and you win again, the main thing from talking to Jeff and uh from uh, you know, 
being a part of USADA, the main thing they, they, they stress on you is you're responsible for what you put into your body. It says it in there. Um, so these things are kind of hard to win. Even if you, you win it, um, you might get a lesser suspension, um, but you're still responsible um, for what you put in your body. And, uh, you know, this goes to tell everyone, you know, even, you know, I take Trader Joe's, I take a pretty all herbal, all natural, even this uh, holistic guy I was saying was supposedly all natural herbal supplements, but, you know, I'm not testing these supplements before I take them. So um, it's crazy, you know, and it, it's a hard thing to fight. Let's just say that. And if I fight it, I'm still out almost just as long. Yeah. And, and out some money. So you're kind of stuck in a rock and a hard spot on this thing. So right now you think that you know why it was in your system, but you, you're not like a thousand percent sure. Is that accurate? Like you, you feel I, like you know what the I, supplement is? Yeah, I, I mean, I can pin, I, I'm pretty sure I know where it's coming from, who it's coming from. Um, I've never tested the supplement though. You know what I mean? They'll, I could you know, send it in, test the supplement, uh, cost a little bit of money, track down the doctor. But I'm not going to run his name through the dirt, and, you know, in case that was 100 percent the case, and there's yeah. legal things showing that. So I don't have that information though, because I never, I never fought, I never followed through with it. But uh, I, I'm leaning towards like 90 percent that, yeah, it's coming from this guy and this doctor and this uh, this herbal so-called supplement. Why? Why? And do you, you think... got to think. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, I'm thinking because this, this, what he prescribed it me for, it helps with, you know, as he said, it helps with athletic performance. It's a, it's an all natural herbal, uh, what's it called? It said rhodiola and all that, uh, you know, Chinese herbs that I know of. So that's why I didn't, you know, I didn't feel that there was anything else in there, but it also no, why do you think with, uh, it even was in there? What, like why, why would they have put it in there? Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. It helps with, they said, the doctor said it helps with uh, sex and, a vigor and all the kind of men uh, stuff, you know, it helps with okay. um, energy and just all the stuff he was saying. It wouldn't surprise me, you know, if there are some of this, you know, trace amounts, because that's what it came back for too. The They never, you know, said the whole story. It was very low, low trace amounts of clomiphene. So when it, when it comes back, stuff like that, you know, if it was going off the charts, I could understand the suspension. But first off, there is very low, low, low amounts of it. And also the same stuff that it helps for is what this doctor says all naturally it helps for. So I was kind of just putting two and two together. Wouldn't surprise me, you know, like all of a sudden you feel good, you have all the same results that the the herbal stuff says it provides, but also clomiphene provides. So that's why I'm thinking was that. Are you going to move ahead and, and, and try to test this and find out if, in fact, this supplement does contain clomiphene? Or at this point, are you done with it? Um, I, I really just want to move forward with the whole thing. Uh, I was just as frustrated, upset. and uh, I, but, but the thing that's kind of given me some hope, I'm sure you guys saw, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, good. I mean, good. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about that. Situation, and he... He won the whole thing. So I'm talking to my management team. The only issue is now we already kind of unfortunately accepted it all. So it's kind of like, yes, this will give me like peace of mind. You know, maybe I could roast this doctor that's doing this, but it's not going to do me any good. I already accepted the USADA terms. Okay, because I, I was just about to ask you about Lyman Good, who is suing a company after he tested positive. Um, this particular um, th this particular multivitamin uh, came up 
positive for one andro, which is an illegal antibiotic steroid. And this is what TMZ reported last week that he is suing them. Um, and so I was going to ask you if you were going to go that route, but it sounds like you're not. You're just going yeah. you're just going to move on from that, that's, Guido Canetti as well. Yeah, that's crazy. I read that. You know, we're kind of not decided yet. We're uh, I was okay. kind of just going to move on, but then when that came up, talking about management team, we're like, you know, this could not only clear my name, we could go after this guy. So I really don't have an answer on that part yet. Um, we haven't really decided, but um, get, when that Lyman Good situation came to light is when we're like, you know, hey, we might have something here too. So I, I don't know what we're going to do there yet, though. Um, and of course, this is coming just a few weeks or months, I should say, after your victory on, on Tough 25 and the feel-good story of the year. I mean, it was so great. Spoke about it afterwards. Has it been tough to process this? I, again, on your Instagram, you talked about you know people trying to kick you while you're down and proving them wrong. And you've been through the ups and downs before. You're no stranger to adversity. But to come back to the UFC, to win like that, the feel-good story, you get the check, all that stuff, You know, exercise the demons, so to speak. And then this happens. How do you process this? <laughs> it's kind of just like, man, can I catch my break here? Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. You know, it's kind of still all setting setting in. Um, uh, I was I was I was pretty bummed. I was definitely bummed, you know. But uh, I've been here before. The only thing you could do is move on and keep proving people wrong. The thing that kind of frustrates me uh, when things like this happen is, especially in the fight game, or is the smack talking. You know, of course, something like this happens. Everyone's burning you at the the witch's stake. You know, uh, the guy was supposed to fight is. But all the same, you know, talking stuff. And then what really got to me was when uh, some former uh, tough people who were on the show with me started saying stuff. That's when I was just like, come on. Like, I was on the show. First off, they drug test. I was drug tested for the finale fight as well. And the clomiphene comes back in your urine. So it's ridiculous. They're saying some blood. They don't even know what they're talking about. They have none of the facts, you know. Uh-huh. So to try to backtrack it and say I was taking stuff is just ridiculous because they drug test you both. And then. They, they they search you too when you go into the tough house. You you know you had you you got what you got. You know you can't. So they they can't really say you're on anything um, during the show and during the finale fight. And for them to say uh, that this is a, a issue that's been ongoing, it's just super frustrating. It's just ridiculous. I've competed my whole life clean and natural, and you get like this from nothing but hard work from training four to six hours and going back to the gym and lifting more weights and. You could ask anyone I put in my time and uh, for someone like this to come up. Yeah. It's kind of like almost the same, almost not, not even believable. When I first heard, I was like, you know, come on. And then uh, that, that's the most frustrating thing, I guess, just hearing people kind of downplay my victories and uh, because nothing, nothing I've got has been easy. It's nothing but hard work. Yeah. So um, what are you going to do for the next year? I think it's like 11 months or so now. Yeah. You know, it's till uh, August or I know so I'm sorry, September. September, right? Yeah. Um, next September, yeah. Um, so already, you know, I'm, I can't sit out. I'm doing a bunch of jujitsu stuff, a bunch of uh, grappling, super fights. Um, I gotta look more into the boxing and kickboxing matches, but that might even be an option too. Um, I know I'm allowed to compete in the grappling super fights. So I want to do that. Um, there's a fight to win. You know, there's no gi world. There's a bunch of stuff coming up. Uh, that I want to be a part of, you know, stay busy, work on holes in my game and just keep getting better. And when I come back, keep shocking people and come back and do a more new, improved JT money. That's, that's the, that's the goal here. But, uh, you know, I was bummed out, but I, I can't let this get me down. You know, it's like, like I told you, we, we kind of don't know where this is coming from. 
uh, people could say what they, they want, but they did, they did the research and see uh, that there was a very low amounts that came up in the, the drug test, which they don't say anything about. But uh, it's one of those things. My hands were kind of tied on this one, and the only thing I could do, is, and I owe it to the people and myself and my family, is just keep getting better and come back and prove and come back a stronger and better person. By the way, are you allowed to do boxing and kickboxing while you're under suspension? That's the funny thing. I actually don't know. I know, like I said, I know the grappling super fights I'm allowed to do. I got to look into the contract. I have to talk to my manager if I'm allowed to do boxing and or uh, kickboxing fights just because, you know, that would be a good area for me to improve on as well. And uh, but I just don't know the, the contract and the rules with that as of now. Okay. Um, upon returning, and I know a lot can happen in the next 11 months, uh, do you want Bilal Muhammad? It seems like he kind of uh, bothered you with some things as well, some some comments. Is that who you'd like to come back against? Uh, yeah, as of now, definitely Bilal. Uh, I haven't fought him. I think I proved a lot with all the... I'm kind of over what these other guys are saying. I'm, I'm definitely focused on Bilal. Uh, there, there's no respect or honor. He, he didn't know any of the facts over him. You know, just, I'm, I'm surprised how he acted. It was, uh, what was he saying? Again, I want him. I want him to do well. You know, I want someone who's good and a, a contender and a tough guy. Um, so I'm actually, as much as I don't like the guy, I'm pulling for him to win now. For uh, I think uh, Tim Means replaced me. Hmm. So I'm pulling for him to kind of win. I hope he keeps doing well. And then when I get get off suspension, I can shut his shut his ass up. What was he saying that surprised you? Uh, he first said something like, "Oh, he got." Uh, he, oh, that's what he said. Uh, that's not all he needs or something. He said, uh, that's not all he would need. But, it's it. you know, I don't, I don't care if someone says it once, but I guess he kept with it on social media. And I keep hearing him talk smack. Uh, uh, like, he put a picture of Mene up and people laughing. And it said, like, when, J, when JT says he's clean. And uh, that's fine. I kind of like people think that, you know. Let, let them think I've been cheating this whole time and that I'm I, I'm this strong by uh, not natural ways uh you can't get this strong by even taking stuff. I've been, I've been working out since I was 10 years old. Uh, when the training sessions are over, I, I continue to train. Um, that's always been my philosophy. I've always enjoyed being stronger than people. And I, I just, I'm just excited to get back. It's going to be a long ways, but I want to train every day. And the more he talks, the more, the more I enjoy it. So you seem to be uh, taking it as well as possible, trying to put a positive spin, going to look for other avenues, uh, you're you're not. I mean, again, you've been through you've been through more than most. You're not going to let this get you down. Just just kind of reading, you know, your 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 voice and trying to decipher your 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 body language as we're speaking over the phone here. Um, it sounds like you're not curled up in a ball in in, in a dark room and, and crying. You're you're trying to move on from this. I, I definitely want to move on, and and again, it it sucks, but like everything, you got to look at the blessings in disguise. Uh, uh, I, I've been away from my kids a very long time. As much as it sucks, I get to spend a little bit more time with my kids. I get to work on some holes in my game. I get to kind of reflect, take this whole thing in. Um, it, it's still not a good thing. And, and then now I got some fire, you know. Now I'm pretty. Uh, I got some more fire to keep on fighting. I got this this, this allegation against me. So uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I got that fire, and uh, um, I, I feel like everything happens for a reason. I think it's a blessing in disguise, you know. I think. The universe is trying to tell me something, and I'm going to use this as motivation. And uh, I hope the law keeps talking smack about me because I'm going to slap his ass. I want to. I want to get back in there, 
and do some damage. And uh, when I get back, I got six, seven more years left in me, and I, I want to go to the top. Thank you, Jesse. Good luck to you. Sorry this happened, but I uh, really appreciate you coming on and, and addressing it. And uh, good luck, you know, dealing with the suspension, doing other things, and looking forward to seeing you back in 11 months. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for having me on and let me talk about it. Appreciate it. Pleasure. Talk to you soon. There he is, Jesse sure, Taylor, uh, suspended now, out for 11 months. Uh, as he said, hoping to do some grappling matches and return in 2018. Okay, we are less than two weeks away from UFC 217. Earlier today, I put out a poll asking you which three title fights on the card are you most looking forward to? Right now, the overwhelming favorite is Cody Garbrandt versus TJ Dillashaw. We spoke to Cody a few weeks back. Now we're lucky enough to talk to TJ Dillashaw. He's on the phone right now. TJ, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Did you know that? Did you get the sense of the three title fights? Like even at the press conference, you guys weren't getting asked the most amount of questions, but you guys are, I did this poll and a few thousand people voted. Like you you guys have like 70% of the votes over GSP Bisping. And of course, Joanna Rose, are you getting the sense from people that the fans are most looking forward to your title fight among the three? Absolutely. I've I've been feeling that a bunch. Um, You know, I felt we didn't get uh, asked as much at the press conference conference as much because, you know, my my and Cody's deal has been very public now for the last, what, six months, you know, doing the ultimate fire and and all the drama leading up to it. So it's it's all an old talk, but I'm excited to see the fight, you know. Is a part of you, obviously you're excited to fight, you know, it's a big fight for you, another title fight, but are you almost looking forward to just getting it over? Because as you said, it has, I mean, this has essentially been talked about since the night both of you won last December. Are you kind of just hoping, you know, to move on already and and, and move on with your life and get over this rivalry, this feud, if you will? Oh, sure. You know, I guess it's not my biggest concern. You know, my biggest concern is uh, getting my belt back and working my way back to where I believe I should be. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a plus as well. You know, I'm, I'm don't, don't always want to deal with all, all this drama, but, you know, I feel like the longer this has gone on, the, the more it's actually paid off for me. You know, the easier it has been to deal with it. Um, five weeks going to be a whole lot easier for me with uh, just knowing everything is going to be there and that it involves, um, you know, letting them show show how foolish they are on national TV and continuing to act like fools throughout this media and, and talking trash has actually made it my job a whole lot easier. You know, ever since Cody became champion and uh, got attention, it became a tool. You know, he became one of these guys that acts the way he thinks he needs to act. You know, all these young kids coming to the UFC. I think they need to be these flashy shit talkers when really, you know, I think it seems a lot longer to be a, a composed professional. So I think really it's, it's kind of made this whole journey easier the longer it's gone. But uh, it'll be exciting to get across me because I'll have to throw my waist. Do you feel like it benefits you as well because maybe you're less emotional now? If it would have happened in July, it would have been closer to the show and now you've had some time to have some separation? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I guess I tried to stay at least as emotional, emotional as possible. I know that's something I've always had to control in the past. Um, you know, even with my fight with Dominic and really aggressive with that fight, you know, it's something that I've gotten under control and, and uh, something I've had to learn to deal with, you know, but yeah, this is... This... You still there, TJ? I may have lost you. Oh, you got, you got me? Oh yeah, there you are. We lost you there for a second. Yeah, um, um, no problem. We're actually, uh, we just looked at you guys squaring off 
um, a couple of weeks ago in Vegas and you were talking to each other. What did, what, what was being said there between the two of you? Oh, kind of the, the usual nonsense, you know, like I'm going to beat your ass or something like that. Okay. <laughs> you know, I and I was, I was just kind of telling him I can't wait for it. nothing, nothing like out of the ordinary. Okay. Um, and just to be clear, where are you? Tra- like, where's your team now? Because you're, you're in California, right? You went, you moved from Colorado. Yeah. No, I didn't move from Colorado. I still live in Colorado. I just finished building my house out there. Uh, I continue to train with Dwayne out there, but I've been doing my fight camps in Southern California, down in Orange County. We are starting our own gym called the Training Lab. Um, we've had, I don't know, the last five, six weeks of practices out of there. You know, um, uh, start starting our own professional fight team. It's a private private um, gym. It's not a public gym. It's not nothing that's going to try to make money, but it's going to be something that we're going to start a team and a family. Pretty much learning from what muscle farmer and trying to recreate the way that MMA is done, the way that um, athletes are, are treated and the percentages that, that coaches get and really trying to create a team family unity that, that um, we're going to do any kind of money we bring in is going to be given back to the coaches and uh, try to get the best coaches in the world under one facility, which is going to bring the best fighters in, in the world in my eyes. And, and, and so who are the coaches at this team? Well, right now, right now we got uh, Mark Munoz coaching. We got Daryl Christian, uh, Sam Calavita, Dwayne Ludwig's been coming out three, four days a week right now to my uh, training camp. But uh, we're looking for uh, a striking coach to fill his spot. Um, on, a, on a normal basis, you know, because Dwayne's been coming out three or four days a week, which has been amazing that he's been willing to do that. Um, so it's still, it's still a thing that's growing. It's still a gym. Okay. It's, it's just starting getting our feet underneath us. Um, we got some great guys in the gym. You know, we got uh, Juan Archuleta. We got Cub Swanson. Uh, Aaron Pico's been working out with us, uh, doing our strength conditioning and being in the gym. Um, oh, yeah, Felipe Delmonica is also our jiu-jitsu coach. I forgot to mention him. He's a... Uh, Head instructor at Gracie Baja and Irvine. He's been amazing for my game. I've grown leaps and bounds in my jiu-jitsu, and I'm excited to show that off as well. Um, so, is Cub no longer with Jackson Wink? Um, Cub just had a uh, child, and so he's yeah. trying to do whatever he can to stay stay in town and be a family. So, yeah, I think he, his plan is to do his camp here at the training lab in Southern California. And and speaking of fatherhood, uh, you are expecting your first child, and congratulations on that. When when is the baby due? Baby is due December twenty eighth. Oh wow! Okay, so we're getting there. Uh, boy or girl? Yeah, uh, boy. Okay, uh, That's amazing. Congratulations to you and your wife. Yeah. Um, so to find out that you're going to be a dad in the midst of this incredibly important training camp. Has that changed? Do you feel like a different person or do you think that uh, that will only happen once you become a dad? Do you feel like, you know, you're, you're, I don't know, the way you attack things, the way you think about things, your prior, do you feel any different at all now? Well, I guess a little bit, you know, I'm sure it'll become a little bit more, uh, uh, once the baby, even more that way once the baby is born. But yeah, I mean, kind of how you want your legacy be, to be seen. I mean, I've already thought about that in the past, but even more so now knowing that you're going to have a, a child that's looking up to you and learning from you and uh, who you are as a man, you know? So I guess thinking that aspect, but when it comes to training and my, uh, and all that, it's, it's been the same, you know? Um, I'd say that I've been, I've got, I've got, I got some new fire being down here in Southern California and doing some new things. Um, but other than, other than sparking some interest in some new areas, the, the, the baby's just kind of, 
like I said, just kind of holding me to who, who I really want to be. Hmm. It's kind of wild that both of you are um, expecting babies yeah, in the midst crazy. of all this, connected in, in some yeah. uh, crazy way. Uh, we spoke to, to Cody a couple of weeks ago on the show, and one thing that he said that really stood out to me that you don't often hear in, in the buildup to a fight is that he said that you're not a fighter, you're an athlete. And in his mind, there's a difference there. And he's going to sort of expose that in the fight. What do you make of that sort of trash talk, that, that criticism that you're an athlete? Yes, give you props in that regard, but you're not a fighter. You're not tough like a fighter. <laughs> uh, I find that hilarious because it's actually more of a compliment. I mean, I'd rather be an athlete than a fighter. An athlete's going to go out there and figure out, figure out the ways to win and see the holes in the game. I do treat myself more as an athlete than I do as a, as a fighter. Because as a fighter... You're a street thug, you know what I mean. You're going out there, lying on your hand, or trying to knock someone out, and and being overly aggressive, or what it may be. You know, um, I'm going to go out there as an athlete, just as he said, and, and pick him apart using that. Do you feel like he's more of a fighter than an athlete? Oh no, he's. I mean, he's, don't, don't get me wrong. He's very athletic. Okay. He's uh, he he's quick. He he got some some great athletic attributes. I think. Uh, I think, yeah, maybe his downfall is that he realized maybe you know, more of a fighter. You know, he could be more of an athlete. I just don't know if he's smart enough to be that way, you know? So so the team has thrown out this this pretty big-time accusation saying that you're essentially responsible for the, the, the retirement of Chris Holdsworth, that you need him, um, and he suffered a concussion. You you have refuted this, correct? You say that this, this never happened. Yeah. You, you have nothing to do with it. Do you feel like that was a line that was crossed? Like, the, it's one thing to say you're... Oh, you're Go There's ahead. been lots of lines crossed with their trash talking and their accusations on me throughout these last however long since Uriah was trying to get the fight with Cruz. I mean, there's been a lot of trash talk that's crossed the line and that I will, I will never be able to forgive the guys that have crossed the line, you know. Um, that is complete bullcrap. I mean, I mean, even just the way everything has gone down, it will prove that to you. So if I, it's from the way it went down, they said that I got submitted by Chris Holsworth and then I need him in the back of the head while he was grounded and uh, in between after the round or whatever it may be. So you're telling me that I'm needing people in the back of the head in between rounds and ruining their careers, but you want me to stay on your team? You, you're, you're not going to kick me off the team. You'd rather fight to have me stay on the team and you're, you're angry that I left. How does that make sense whatsoever? You know, if I'm a, if I'm a loose cannon like that, um, how, how does that make any sense whatsoever? Why would you be angry that I'm leaving? If that was the case, if I, if I was doing those kinds of things, I should be kicked off the team instantly. I mean, there's no way that that would be something that is acceptable. Yes, have I been overly aggressive in some sparring sessions? Yes, I have. There's things that there's punches and and things that I've thrown and gotten too aggressive to where, you know, I, I've had to like tell myself, yeah, I shouldn't have done that, you know, kind of thing. But I've never blatantly ever beat someone in the back of the head or tried to end someone's career. You know, I've got maybe uh, aggressive and sparring, which we all have. You know, I got thrown into uh, the Lions then when I first got the alpha male. You know, I mean, my first sparring session was against Joseph Benavidez, Chad Mendez, and those guys just bleeding from my face. And it's like they took it easy on me. You know, it was one of those things that we sparred three, four days a week and just got thrown in there. And that's what made me as tough as I am. You know, um, not making any excuses. I, I definitely needed to control who I am as an athlete and as a competitor, but never, ever... Ha- would I ever step to the, li- the lines of what they're saying I did? Um, so you said that they've been crossing the line a lot. Do you remember when it officially crossed, like when it, when it just got too personal, when it got maybe uncomfortable, when you felt like there's no turning back now? Um, not, not an exact line. I mean, it's, it's been so long now, you know, um, 
just all the all the bullcrap stories, you know, talking about PEDs now, me being a um, uh, a guy that, that's that's choosing uh, someone else over when I actually got kicked off the team for going back and forth between the camp. Just I guess just creating all these lies to try to make themselves look good, you know, and and trying to hinder my name however possible. Mm. Um, Especially when you and- spend when you spent six years training with guys and thought you were true friends. And then, you know, and I still have true friends on the team that, that back every move I make that, that understand where I'm at in my life and that we'll continue to be friends for the rest of our lives. But the guys that are not that way, were never my friends to begin with. And that's just kind of what you learn, you know, obviously don't want to look past Cody. It's a big deal, but are you still hoping to get the Demetrius Johnson fight? Yeah, man, I, I would love that. The, I mean, I wanted it when it was, I felt like it should have happened. You know, he's the Pong Tom Kingpin. He's the guy that is on top on top of the world right now, you know, and uh, I definitely think he's a winnable fight. I think that I could have stopped him from breaking the record and it, it could have been something great, you know, a big money fight for himself. Um, and yeah, I, that's something I would love to do, you know, especially knowing that I can make the weight, knowing that 25 is a very doable thing. You know, I was waking up at 140 pounds and feeling great. So um, that's definitely something that'd be uh, in my crosshairs. But like you said, there's no way I'm overlooking Cody one step at a time. Uh, and that's getting my original belt back. Is the plan win this fight and then fight DJ next? Would you like to do that right away? Um, Yeah, I mean, that'd be great, man. I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes down. But yeah, that would be uh, definitely something I'm interested in. You know, um, I feel like that would be a, a huge legacy fight, something that, that needs to be done. Were you impressed with what he did a couple of weeks ago? Did you watch it? Absolutely. Yeah. He looked, uh, he always looks super calm and collected and obviously in great shape and never really makes a mistake. You know, he breaks guys and then finishes them in the fourth and fifth round. And, uh, he looked really good. You know, he did what it did, did what I expected. Um, kind of just picked him apart until it was time to finish him. And that arm bar he finished him with was very nice. You know, it was like a wrestling suck back to a jiu-jitsu arm bar. It was, uh, pretty slick. Oftentimes we hear TJ guys say, oh, I expect to fight my opponent, you know, two or three times before it's all said and done. Considering the the rivalry here, regardless of what happens on November 4th, do you feel like this isn't the last time you'll see Cody? Do you feel like you're going to be stuck in this sort of marriage for at least two fights? Oh, I mean, he's absolutely going to be towards the, the top of the echelon. So yeah, I, I, I expect him after I beat him to get, get right back up to the top, you know? So there's, I'm definitely... Uh, expecting to see the guy around. He's young, you know, he's, uh, <clears throat> he, he's a guy that's going to continue to be there. He's made the, made the rides fast and, uh, he'll, he'll be around. That's for sure. Looking forward to it. Thank you, TJ. Appreciate it. We'll see you next week in New York. Absolutely. Good All right. There he is. TJ Dillashaw, number one contender in the bantamweight division fights Cody Garbrandt, November 4th at Madison square garden. All right. It is always a treat. It is always an honor. When we speak to, in my opinion, one of the greatest ever, he returns finally after a four-year hiatus on November 4th in the main event of UFC 217 at Madison Square Garden. We've been talking about it for so long, for over a year now. We're finally less than two weeks away. Great to have George Rush St. Pierre on the phone right now. George, how are you? I'm good anyway, Ariel. Do you, do you hear me good? I hear you perfect. Thank you. Okay, good. Perfect. I, I, I had like, like a funny head stuff, you know, I never used it before, so... I wanted to see if everything was fine. I'm in the restaurant, so good, perfect. You're the man, George. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's always great to talk to you. So we're we're about to complete your first training camp in four years. What's it been like? Has it been tougher than you expected? Easier than you expected? How would you compare this one to the last one four years ago? 
it's more fun. I mean, it's more fun. Um, and I know what I have more experience now. My The infrastructure of my life and training is much better than it was before. So, I mean, I train really hard, but I do more specific to what I, it's more specific to what I need and less, there's a lot less distraction, so it's a lot, a lot better. So is it safe to say that you're enjoying the process more than you were as you were preparing to fight Johnny Hendricks? A hundred percent. It's a lot more fun. Mentally, I'm in a much better place. And uh, uh, there's nothing, there's no other place in the world that I wish to be uh, never before than in the Akadan place of Michael Bisping. Could I ask you, how much do you weigh right now, George? <clears throat> I'm about, uh, I'm about uh, between one... 195, 200 pounds. Okay. And uh, when you get to New York next week, how much do you expect to weigh? Like, how much weight do you think you'll have to cut? About the same. Okay. About the same. 195 to 200. Then I will make a very easy weight cut. Now that you've been face to face with Michael a few times, do you feel like he's that much bigger than you? Um, not that much. He's okay. going to be bigger, but he's not, uh, he's not like him. A huge higher difference. Plus, you need to cut down to 185, and uh, you're going to be bigger, but I don't think it's going to make a difference in, in that life. We've seen you guys face off a few times, and, and a few times it's been a little bit out of character for you. You've, you've put your hands on him, pushed him away. We saw you guys backstage going back and forth. Has he gone under your skin? Are, are, are you annoyed now? Do you feel like you've, you've kind of, you know, you, you, you've, you've let yourself go a little bit in the sense that you, you, you got a little too worked up in these exchanges? No, I put my hand on him, pushing my word because he put his before. I don't want to him to touch me, you know, like you, you can't say whatever you want, but when it gets physical, you know, get, get out of it. You know, I'm pushing, he, he's playing with, with, if he's touching me, I'm pushing him back, you know, like I'm not a, uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm not going to let myself uh, laugh at you. you know? like, it's okay, you know, like, you can talk as much as you want, when you, dis- when you touch the person, you disrespect him, you know? And I push him back because I, I, I want to keep my distance. I don't want, I don't, I don't want to hit him. Because of fire, but I don't want him to touch me and make fun of me like this. You know, like when it's physical, it's like another thing. You can speak as much as you want, say whatever you want, but don't touch me. So that's why I push him because he touched me, he touched me first. So you know, if you will not have, have touched me, I will not have done anything. Throughout this entire process, George, do you feel like he's crossed the line with anything that he said about you? I mean, he continues to say that you've used steroids. He's called you a fraud. He, you know, all kinds of things he said about you. Do you feel like he's ever crossed the line? No, no. It's I don't take it personal. He sings always the same song. He's terrified of me wrestling him. Terrified. In every interview he does. He's begging me to stand and bang with him. And every other day, he's like, oh, I'm going to avoid the fight and go on the floor and blah, blah, blah. I mean, if you don't know ground, you shouldn't be in a manner. You should be a kickboxer. You know? Go get there. Go pass your blue belt. You know, it's called Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, right. It can be or any, you know, it's fighting on the ground. It's part of the game. So he's terrified. So you want me to, to be like, oh, Okay, I'm gonna stand and bang with you like like a idiot. You know, like I never thought like this. I'm a guy that moves. I have a very big variety uh, of arsenal to hurt my opponent, and that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna use all my tools, not only one tools that I have, 
But uh, that's that's a mind game that he's trying to play with me. In the past, he's talked about training with you and how you got the better of him. Do you remember these training uh, sessions and what were they like? I don't think I get better of him. Like, I don't like when people say that. Like, I, when I train with a guy, I'm never going to go out and talk about the training. Training is training. Sometimes you have a good day, sometimes you have a bad day. But, uh, I don't remember if I have a better than him. Like, you got a better than him. When I train with a guy, what happened in the gym, stay in the gym. It's like a hundred and moves. No, I don't like when guys talk about, talk about that. I think it's lack of respect. It's, 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 there's a rule. You shouldn't talk about this. What happened in the gym, what happened in the gym. We all get out of some kind of a comfort zone. You know? We all get put in situations that we get our ass kicked. I got my ass kicked in the gym all the time. And that's normal. That's why training is for. You know? The more you sweat in the gym, the less you bleed in the fight. Speaking of which, I don't know if you heard this, George, but I would be remiss if I don't ask you about it. A couple of weeks ago, your mentor, Christophe Midou, did an interview with Patrick Cote, and he had some very critical things to say about you and said he was not happy with the training and didn't want you to come back, wasn't going to go to the fight. Um, and I know he's been a big part of your life. Did you hear this interview? And if so, what did you make of his comments? No, I, I didn't hear it. And um, I heard about it. But, uh, wow. Well, I don't know what to say. I mean, Christopher is like my, my first mentor is like that I started with. So I see it as a, as a, as a chance for me to prove, prove him wrong. And uh, I don't know why he says nothing. Uh, I, see, I see it as a challenge, as a motivation hmm. to prove him wrong. So it's a challenge to prove him that. You see? I did it, man. And it's not the first time. A lot of, a lot of my, a lot of people in my life sometimes in the past have said, "Oh, shouldn't do that." And like even in, before when I, when I lost to my career and all this, I never I always proved them wrong. Always proved, proved them wrong once again. If he, but I don't think he really believes that. You don't. Th- are you disappointed to hear this? I mean, to have someone so close to you doubt you publicly like that—does th- it hurt you? Do you, do you feel let down? No, because he was there in my last firing session and he was very happy. He huh. was like, oh, wow, that was very good. So I don't know why. What did he say? Maybe it was different when he did the other thing than what he thinks now. Or maybe he changed his mind or maybe something he doesn't want to tell me. And I mean, he seemed seem happy now. He, seem, he, was, he was all right. I don't even know where he is. I, as a matter of fact, I know he, he, He's a very mysterious person, he's a friend of mine, he's a mentor that sometimes I feel, I feel like uh, I don't know what he thinks, I don't know what he does, I don't even know where he is, I, mean, I don't even know if he's still in Montreal, he's, he's, he's gone, he, was, he was in my apartment then the stuff are gone, I, I don't know. So, okay. I don't, I don't leave, I don't control these things, and I don't let, I don't let these things get bothered me. Before the fight, I stay focused on the positive and stuff that I that I can control. Right. Um, we saw that recently you were training with Jake Shields, who you fought at the Rogers Center in Toronto. What was that like to train with a previous opponent of yours? And why did you bring in Jake Shields? Man, Jake Shields is amazing. We've been training together for quite a little bit now, and uh, we can both both learn from each other and both grow. Grow together, training with each other, and uh, 
Yeah, man, it's an honor to be able to train with him. They gave me a lot, uh, a lot of help. And uh, he's an amazing fighter. He's an incredible uh, tool. The, the pressure that he puts on the ground is just unbearable. It's crazy. It is crazy. And he has a, he's very, very good and very specialized at what he does. Who's going to be in your corner on November 4th, George? Um, Firas, Firas Zahabi. Yep. Um, John, John Danaher, Jorge Blanco, and uh, Freddie Roach. Freddie Roach, wow. That's going to be something else. What a team. Um, you were back in Montreal just a couple of weeks ago at the Bell Center. The ovation was amazing, and I have to admit, it, it, I kind of wished in that moment that you were fighting at the Bell Center just because of the love that you received from the people. Um, what was that like for you to, to return and hear them chanting your name? And did you feel the same way? Did a part of you say, oh, I wish I was fighting in front of these people on November 4th? Yeah, yeah, of course. But maybe in the future, uh, I'll, I'll fight in Montreal. You know, we'll see what's going to happen. Uh, I can't fight in both places in the same time. So uh, there, there's a possibility I go and fight in Montreal again. I hope so. We'll see what's going to happen. George, a lot can happen in four years, and a lot has happened in MMA in four years with Ronda Rousey and Conor McGregor, and there's a lot of new fans. And throughout this sort of build to the fight, I have felt like maybe a lot of the fans currently have forgotten how good you were, or maybe weren't watching when you were the king of the welterweights, when you were on that winning streak. Have you gotten that sense as well that there's a lot of new fans who maybe don't remember that you were one of the greatest ever and that this is a really big deal that you're coming back? Do you pay attention to these things? Yes and no, I, I do not control what people think of me and if people remember me, what I can control is that I go out there and do, deliver the best performance that I can do and the outcome will take care of itself. That's all matters to me. And I actually believe that I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's gonna be a special night for me that night. Is there an outcome that keeps on coming back in your mind? Is, is there a result that you think will, you know, come to fruition on November 4th that you're confident will happen? Yeah, and then I'm much more, I guess, much more opportunist than I was before. I changed a little A lot of things have changed in four years. People say you can't reinvent yourself, but I'm going to prove that you can. Oh, wow. And I'm going to prove it to it. I'm going to prove it to everybody. How, how do you expect the same, to finish them? The same. I'm not, I'm not the same guy that I was when I, when I fought. The last time, uh, I have a lot more tools. I'm a lot better in every aspect of the game, and I'm specialized in different different things. I have a lot of new tricks that I'm going to bring into the game. Oh wow! How do you expect to to win the fight? Do you feel confident about one result? Yeah, I'm going to finish him. That's what I believe. Now, either not help or submission. Wow! What a scene that will be, George. I can't thank you enough. I know you're extremely busy. For you to take out some time really means a lot. Best of luck to you on November 4th. Can't wait to see you in New York next week at Madison Square Garden. It's going to be a lot of fun. Really appreciate the time and good luck in the last few days of training. Thank you, Ariel. And uh, thanks for the, to the fans for the, all the support they gave me through this time. And I'm very happy to be back and they won't be disappointed. Can't wait. Thank you, George. All the best. Thank you, man. There he is. The one and only George St. Pierre says that he has... Reinvented himself, some new tricks. Predicts a finish on November 4th. The consummate pro, one of the first people to wear a suit at a press conference. Now it's, you know, pretty much done by, by most fighters, especially the fighters that don't want to wear the, the Reebok gear. 
But I do truly believe, and I have started to feel this way for quite some time, that there are a lot of new fans in MMA, and this is no knock on the fans of today. Of course, there are fans from way back when. Of course, there are fans who watched George, you know, win the belt against Matt Hughes at UFC 65, win the belt again against Matt Serra at UFC 83. I know that those fans exist, but there are also a ton of new fans, a ton of fans who were introduced to mixed martial arts when Ronda came on the scene, a ton of fans who were introduced to mixed martial arts when Conor McGregor came on the scene. And those two fighters in particular really made a name for themselves. I know Ronda was around uh, before, Conor was around before as well. Uh, Ronda came into the UFC um, a little bit before Connor, a little bit before as well. But, you know, they really became the stars that they became, the household names that they are post GSP. And I feel like there are so many fans who follow them to the sport who don't really recognize how great GSP is, who don't really recognize how big of a deal this is. We can nitpick about the feud. We can nitpick about whether, you know, this fight should have been made. We can nitpick about the buildup. We can nitpick about the delays and the press conferences and all that stuff. But to me, anytime a legend, a living legend, like one of the true legends of the sport, one of the very best to ever compete in any sport, like when we're talking baseball, basketball, you know, Jordan's, um, Jordan's hiatus was shorter. Big deal. Anytime someone comes back who's that good, it is a big deal. And then when you add MSG, and then when you add the fact that he has a chance to fight, you know, for another belt in another weight class and be one of four people to hold two belts in two different weight classes, Conor McGregor, BJ Penn, Randy Couture. And then when you add the, the Bisping, like, I really don't know what's going to happen in this fight. That's what I love so much about it. You can sit here and tell me, oh, Bisping's too big. Yeah, but Bisping's been out for a year and change. Bisping is, is banged up. Bisping hasn't fought anyone. One of the things about GSP that I've always respected, we could criticize and, and, and nitpick again in, in the past, like some of the fights haven't been the most exciting. There's no doubt about that. And, and he may be one of the first to tell you that. But his fight IQ, his game plans have always been second to none. The way he's been able to point, pinpoint his opponent's strengths and weaknesses exploit them, fight fire with fire. He's done that against all the opponents that he's faced. And so I'm so curious to see how he looks in this fight. I'm so curious to see how, how he adapts, how he looks after the layoff, how he looks at 185. It's fascinating. Unbelievable. I can't wait. All right. So that is coming up in less than two weeks on November 4th. Appreciate George for stopping by. Uh, still got a bunch of guests left. Uh, Rose Namajunas in a matter of moments. Scott Coker, Colby Covington, and we haven't forgotten about Darren Till. We were supposed to talk to Darren Till now, but apparently uh, New York Rick is telling me that his phone just broke. What in the world is going on here? His phone just broke. Uh, 
This is just wild. Ariel, this is a message from um, Darren Till that I just received two minutes ago. Ariel, my phone is broke. I'm going to buy one first thing tomorrow morning. It's the same phone from the last time with the cracked screen. Can we reschedule? Sorry for the inconvenience. What in the world? This has to be one of the weirdest situations of all time. Uh, does that mean we can't do Skype? Anyway. Okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see about that. That is unfortunate news. Um, but in a minute, we will be joined by Rose Namajunas, who meets Ioanni on Jacek at UFC 217. And that is one of three title fights on the card. Of course, George St. Pierre, Michael Bisping, the other one being TJ Dillashaw versus Cody Garbrandt. Let's go to the Magic of Skype now and welcome in Thug Rose Namajunas. Are you there? There she is. Hello, Rose. How are yes, you? Yes, I'm here. I'm good. You're a little quiet, though. Let me see if I can... Um... Oh, shoot. As loud as it goes? Okay. Can you hear me now? How do I sound? Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you. Uh, it's still soft, but I can understand you. Okay. How are things? When we came to you there, you, you had like a bit of a frown on your face. Are you okay? <laughs> I was so upset. Oh, damn. <laughs> No, no, I'm I'm good. You're good? We're we're less than two weeks away now. Yeah, yeah. Are you at the point now where you just want it to happen already? How how would you describe your mindset? First title fight in the UFC. Yeah, I've I've pretty much been here for about the entire training camp. <laughs> I've been wanting okay. it to happen. So uh yeah, I've been I've been uh ever since seeing, you know, you wanna become champ, I've been wanting to fight her ever since and, and uh become the best myself. So it's uh it's been a long time coming and um you know, I'm just uh, tired of waiting, but, you know, I got to stay patient. I want to go back to a couple of weeks ago in Las Vegas. They had this press conference and, you know, you, GSP, Bisping, TJ, Cody, Joanna, you're all there. Um, and, and you and, and Joanna kind of sh- stole the show as far as the, the face-off is concerned. And your demeanor was just so fascinating because she was trying to intimidate <laughs> you as she likes to do in the face-offs. And you were just stoic. Like, I, I rewatched it last night. You didn't even blink. You, you didn't even move. You were just like, I mean, you were stoic. That was the best way. What is going through your mind during that? Do you just block it all out? Like, can you put us in in your head at that point as as you're staring at her and she's trying to rile you up? Yeah, um, you know, it doesn't matter, uh, like, as, as, uh, as much of a, you know, a great champion as she is, um, as much as, yeah, I'll take those. Um, oh, my bad. Uh, <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, yeah, maybe these be better. There we go. Um, yeah, it just doesn't matter who I'm standing across from. It's I'm I'm gonna be me every time. I'm gonna be you know I'm not gonna let nothing rattle me. What's going on around me? It doesn't matter. All I can control is myself. And um, no matter what she's doing, whether she's you know trying to give me high five or whether she's trying to spit in my face, it it really shouldn't have any effect over me and my emotions. What What was she saying to you? Do you remember? Um, I think she started out by saying like mentally unstable and she said something else that I kind of just like when she said that I think I just like blanked out uh like I don't remember what she said in the middle 
<laughs> and then I think towards the end, as she was like walking away, she said, I'm going to fuck you up or something like that. And I don't know, kissed her hand, but, uh, I couldn't make out everything, but I wasn't, I was kind of like in this weird trance state where I was getting, you know, a few words here and there, but yeah. Do you do that? Like, do you do, you do that? We're even looking at another picture where you, you had your hand, your head on your, um, you know, your, on, on your hand, you're just like, you look like you were kind of like bored or maybe not wanting to let any of it sink in. Do you put yourself in that mindset so that it doesn't rattle you? Yeah. Um, you know, there's no room for, of course, uh, fighting is one of the most emotional things that you can possibly do. You have to constantly deal with your emotions, especially myself. I have so many that, um, that's where I get my energy from, but it's, it's, it's a matter of controlling them. And, uh, yeah, I just don't let nothing affect me. What do you make of her trying to do that? Do you find it silly? Do you understand why she does it? Do you have any take on it? No, it's just it's just a script, you know? It's the same script that she's been playing over and over again. So it's to me, it's kind of played out. But, uh, you know, that's just who she is. That's what she does. So, um, you know, uh, I don't know. There's nothing really, no, no thoughts on that. Okay. Um, of course, last time we spoke <laughs> yeah. to you, was during Pat's interview um, a couple months ago and you made a, a brief cameo and you guys really put out a lot out there. Um, what kind of feedback did you get after that about to, wearing your emotions on your sleeve? I know you're not really on social media these days, so maybe you didn't get any feedback at all. But if you did, what kind of feedback was yeah. it? Um, I think that uh, Pat actually got a lot more feedback than myself. Um, I think he got a lot of people that were really inspired by his message, you know, because, you know, a lot of people can relate to that story. And, um, you know, uh, you know, drug addiction and all this other stuff, it's a, it's a real life problem, I think. And, and I think, um, you know, just mental, mental uh, health is definitely like something that I think needs to be brought to, uh, needs to be talked about a little bit more. And I think that people are struggling with a lot nowadays, especially with, you know, tragedies that go on and stuff. I think that, um, I think that there's a lot, um, that people want somebody to say, you know, or talk about it. And, and I think, um, one of the, instead of focusing on the problem, you know, we can focus on the solution and that's kind of what I'm fighting for right now is, you know, martial arts to me is, it is the answer to all those problems, you know, uh, to me, you know, you want to say I'm mentally unstable and this and that, but, and, and she might be right, you know, uh, <clears throat> I have a history of it in my family, you know, and, uh, but I think that's what makes me so great of a fighter, you know, I'm crazy as hell. So, uh, and fighting, fighting, uh, helps me with that. And I think that, um, if more people would hit a bag and more people would, uh, train martial arts the right way, I think there'll be less tragedies in the world and less, uh, you know, fucked up things that would happen. We saw how it affected you leading up to the Carolina fight. So how, how are things at home leading up to the most important fight of your career? Yeah, um, <clears throat> this training camp has definitely been, you know, no training camp comes without its challenges or struggles. Um, this training camp, everybody is uh, on point, you know. Pat is, Pat is, I don't know how to describe it. He's just amazing, you know. He, he uh, swings to the fences for me every day. And, um, you know, Tony, Trevor, everybody's just in such a great state of mind, you know, like no matter what is in our way, we're just, you know, we just keep trucking forward. We just keep pushing forward. And it's not, um, you know, I don't know. Everything's been great. You know, my life, I, I can't complain. I have a beautiful house that I've worked so hard for, you know, beautiful animals and family and friends. And uh, this is just what I've created for myself. And I'm going to continue to do so. 
since that fight at UFC 201, you had the one fight against Michelle Watterson. You looked fantastic in that fight, and now you get the title shot. Does a part of you kind of wish that you had a couple more wins before um, the title shot, you know, for the confidence or not necessary? No, um, it's all internal, you know, no fight, uh, no, no matter how many fights you have, you're always going to be nervous stepping in the cage. Uh, you're always going to have those jitters and stuff just, and not because of the other person, it has nothing to do with Joanna. Um, of course she's, you know, she, she can, <laughs> sorry, she has a uh, certain strengths, you know, like her intimidation factor and this and that, you know, but all in all, it's just, it's all the same, you know, everybody that I fight. Um, they end up doing the same thing. You know, they can't figure out what's going on the outside. I, I, I have a, you know, I have this movement that's just really hard to figure out. And then, you know, eventually they try and grab me, you know, one way or another, whether it be take me down or try and clinch or whatever. But it's all the same. And I think that uh, I think Joanna is going to turn to be her version of the same chick, but she's going to be the same chick that I've, I fought every time. Have you watched a lot of her fights? Are you the kind of fighter to do that? Uh, <clears throat> um, I try and catch what I can. You know, that's not definitely something that I focus on. Um, we take like a smaller portion of the training camp to kind of like, you know, figure out what are the likely scenarios. You know, let's prepare for those. Let's prepare for their strengths. And let's also keep in mind their weakness too. Like where could, where could we also potentially attack? But really in all uh, the same formula goes for everybody. You know, you, I just be the best version of myself, dedicate maybe a week or two to preparing for whatever they might bring and then bring it back to me and, you know, kind of, I guess, put it, uh, put on the finishing, you know, polishing touches and, uh, and just get ready to fight, you know, whether that be, and you know, that's another thing too. Like, of course, you know, you watch your, watch your opponent just to see what's the likelihood of this or that happening. But you have to be ready to adapt to any scenario. I mean, for all we know, uh, Joanna might pull out, you know, and then they could replace it with somebody else. You never know what's going to happen. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but uh, you just got to be prepared for anything. I mean, even even maybe it is her, but what if, you know, all of a sudden she has this crazy wrestling, you know, skills that she's been hiding this whole time. You know, you don't want to you don't want to sleep on nothing or nobody. She has obviously been undefeated in the UFC. Um not many, you know, slip ups, but maybe if there's one criticism, maybe it's that she starts a little slow, right? Against Claudia Gadella, she started slow. She had to come back maybe a little bit against Andrade. Do you, do you agree with that assessment that she starts slow? And are you going to look to, you know, expose that? Are you going to look to try to start really fast to counteract the fact that she starts slow at times? Um, I don't know. You know, I think that is definitely kind of a, habitual thing that you know you kind of see and whether that be because of her or whether that be the other person um does they start really fast i don't know um to me i think maybe it's just because of her composure in there and she's just like really you know takes takes a few to kind of like snap into her zone i don't know um really it's all specu speculation and stuff but for me um i'm gonna do what i do regardless of, you know, what her pace is, you know, I'm going to set, I'm going to set the pace, you know, so I'm going to, everything that I'm doing, uh, everything that she's doing is because I'm making her do it, you know? Did you think that at 25, you'd be fighting for a UFC belt? Did you think this would happen so early in your career? Um, actually, yeah. Uh, I said a while back that I wanted to be a millionaire by the time I was 25. So I wow. don't know what, if that meant become a champ or that become, you know, I don't know, like find a 
treasure of gold. I don't know, <laughs> but I know, uh, but it, it kind of makes sense, you know? Um, and I, like I said, I've created this for myself. I've, I've, uh, I've done all the steps to get to where I'm at right now, you know? And, um, I've kind of just visualized, I, I said, I wanted to have a house by the time I was 25 and, and, um, make a million dollars somehow. So, well, we'll see. And, you know, I make this mistake all the time. I always do this. This is your second UFC title fight. For some reason, the Carlos Barza fight to me, I, I don't, I don't know why I always make this mistake um, when it comes to that fight. And I'm, and and that one was different because it was after the show. Maybe it's because I feel weird about the Ultimate Fighter, but that's a different story for a different day. But it leads me to this question: <laughs> yeah. how, how would you compare this Rose two weeks before to the one who was fighting Carla? Like, does it does it feel different as well for you? Yeah, definitely. Like. There's some similarities, you know, like with every fight preparation, I always go, oh, this feels kind of like this time or that kind of feels like that time. And you start getting all these like superstitious thoughts and stuff. And it's kind of like, and then you just tell yourself to shut up. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, if I go off of like things that matter, like everything is almost kind of like opposite, you know, um, I'm way more stable, way more, uh, you know, just in tune with myself. Um, yeah, I'm like, I don't know. It's just, just way more control of my thoughts too. Do you get nervous before big fights? Yeah, of course. You know, uh, that was funny. Um, you know, a friend of ours uh, was like, you know, Texas was like, oh man, did you see this or whatever? They they look scared. They look nervous, and we're like. Yeah, so are we, you know, yeah. it's like, it's, it's just, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's the name of the game. I mean, we're getting in there, you know, half naked in front of thousands of people, all the world's watching, like everything's on the line, all this stuff. And then at the end of the day, it's just a fight. It's just another day in the office. And literally one day we're going to look back at this and, you know, it's just going to be a memory in our, you know, our scrapbook. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so maybe in the, like, as this one's obviously a lot more magnified, it's bigger than the one on the tough finale. It's Madison square garden, pay-per-view GSP and all that. Are, do you feel like you're enjoying the, the ride a little more than you were going into the tough finale fight? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that there's just like less pressure, you know, um, less pressure that I put on myself, yeah. less pressure, I think, and expectations from other people. Um, I can, you know, shut out like just kind of dumb stuff that, you know, other people um, that people don't, that don't really know the fight game or, you know, you know, the typical people that come up to you like, are you ready? Yeah. yeah it's oh, like, is that you the know, worst? like just those kind of things are easier to shut out. Yeah. It's like, that's the worst. Or like the other one is like, are you excited? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. Excited ain't the word to even describe it. So, right. <laughs> Yeah. My favorite thing was when uh, people would ask Nick Diaz, are you excited? He would go on like a 10 minute rant about why he hates that word. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was classic. I learned that I very early on in my career. Have you ever seen him talk about the word excited? It's great stuff. No, no, but I, I'm definitely going to look that up now because that, that sounds hilarious. <laughs> um, what that about used to the, be like a huge, like just pet peeve of mine. So yeah, I, yeah. Can't imagine. <laughs> I, I can't imagine if someone, you know, asks you, are you ready? To, I mean, I just can't imagine. It's like, I, are you excited to die? You know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> what about the break from social yeah. media? Are you done with it? Are you enjoying life without it? I don't know. It's just something that I'm trying out right now. See if it, you know, has some type of, see, just doing a, yeah, just doing a social media, social experiment. <laughs> 
I, I commend you. I don't you. know. I, I'm I'm like in a silence and, and you know, and just kind of focusing on what's going on in my my personal life and just my day to day, you know, personal interactions. Yeah. So there's no part of you that feels like, oh, I need to promote this or anything. Like oh that. man. Yes, please. What? Oh, the light's not on, is it? What oh, okay. I was gonna say, uh, our tomatoes are so much bigger now. Okay. Yeah. Let's see them. But I don't know. The our our girl tent light isn't on though. So I don't know if we can see them right now. We're so excited. Let's but, try. Can we try it? I know. <laughs> I got so excited. Let's Should see. I go show them? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, bring one out. <laughs> oh, he's going to bring them? Or are you going to yeah, go? Yeah, he's going to bring one out. Okay. Um, no, I'm, I'm going to just sit up real quick. I had these, uh, these like, I don't know if you've seen these before, but these leg boot thingies. Oh, yes. And they like yes, squeeze yes. your legs. Yes. What does that do? Oh, it just like pushes out the lactic acid out your legs and stuff. And it just feels kind of good. I don't really know what the scientific applications are, but I like it. Cause especially like after, um, I just did like a nice fast, quick run. Here we go. Uh, Oh, wow. Look at that. We got tomatoes. Look at that. Looks great. Indoor. Yeah. You eat them? So, Have you eaten them yet? How do they taste? Not yet. Those, those, they're still green right now. And so okay. those are like the first ones that popped up. So we're still waiting. I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of wondering if they're growing a little slow right now or what. I don't know. <laughs> but they're a beefsteak to me. Huh? I know. Pat says that they're getting a lot bigger every day. I just like, I guess I need to keep working on my perspective. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who who who's like in charge of the of the garden? Like who who takes the lead? Is it you or Pat? Um, I definitely like I'm the overseer of a lot. Okay. And then Pat has been helping me a lot with like watering. Okay. And he's gotten really good at um because we even do like our little pH stuff sometimes. Um, and so he's in charge of the pH, and uh, and then I'm in charge of like kind of making decisions. Although we got, I don't know, we just, we like work as a great team. Like it's kind of like bike camp in a way. <laughs> yeah. By the way, are you eating Where a brownie? We both work together equally. No, there's a, um, a banana bread that my mom oh. made for me. Wow. How lucky are yeah. you? Banana <laughs> bread is the best. I know, um, right? You don't have to cut a lot of weight? Yeah. Um, this time I'd say this is probably the most that I've had that I'm going to have to cut. Yesterday I was like 126. Um, but it's kind of like the same as last camp. I was a little bit bigger as well. Okay. I think I'm just like one pound heavier than, than last camp. By the way, did you guys uh, see each other in the hotel and did she try to like mean mug you or something? What happened there? Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, when you were in Vegas, I was like talking to, um, yeah, yeah. We were for the media thingy. Um, we were checking into our hotel. I was talking to, um, Chris Bovino and he was saying something that like made me laugh or something. So I was already laughing. I was like smiling. And then I like felt something. I was like, I could feel her energy, you know? Oh. So I was like, I look and I was like smiling at her. Oh no. <laughs> and then she was like, like scowling with her hat like this. And she had her, um, her little baggie or whatever, like her little roller bag. And she's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she rolls to the line, like behind us, like with a whole, like a scowl. I was like, Oh, it's starting already. Yeah. So, did you did you guys say yeah, anything to was, each other? She was looking pretty hard with that uh 
<laughs> with the rolling uh, luggage. She was looking hard with that roller bag. <laughs> Did she say anything to you? Um, no, no, no. She was, she was just watching me. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, Madison yeah. Square Garden. Does that mean anything to you, Madison Square Garden? Like, do you feel like this feels different or is it just another place for you? Um, I mean, everybody is saying how great of a, how great of a venue it is and how important it is and all the best have, you know, performed there. So I'm, I'm just waiting to just, you know, kind of feel it out in the moment. Um, I know it's a big deal at the same time. Uh, you know, uh, arena is an arena, you know, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I've been to New York a few times. So I'm kind of like getting used to it or whatever each time I get there. Um, but it's kind of just like every typical like city, except just way more packed in than, yeah. you know, um, from what I'm used to. But this is a, I mean, Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier, the fight of the century, uh, the Knicks, the Rangers, Elton John. I mean, the, the greatest of the great have competed there. You could win the UFC title in just the second UFC event ever there in the most iconic and famous arena in the world. Yeah. Incredible. You can't write a better script than this. Yeah. That, it is true. And it's, it's where, um, it's where you wanted, wanted to fight. It's, uh, you know, she's, that's, I'm, I feel like I'm going into, you know, devil's territory. I'm, um, I'm going to take the flag, you know? A lot of Polish people in New York. Are there a lot of Lithuanian people here as well? I don't know. Is there a big Lithuanian community? Do you know? Um, I think I'm not sure in New York, but I know that they're like heavily concentrated in Chicago. Okay. So, um, I'm not sure about New York though. Do you have a big entourage coming? I'm sure there's some like, uh, from what I know, not not that I'm aware of. Um, I think that uh, you know, my first title fight, my mom and everybody was there, and I think that uh. Mm, I think people understand to like give me my space now. You okay, know? it was a little much. There's still some people that were letting me know that they're coming and stuff, but I think that uh, not like the, not like the typical people that used to be coming to all my fights and stuff. Okay. Yeah. What about Mishka? Is she coming? Oh Hell yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't leave yeah. home without her. She's the good luck charm. Mm -mm. What's your record with yeah, Mishka? Yeah, yeah. She's a. She... Let's see. Uh, one, two, three, three and one. Three and one. All right. Yeah. Looking to go four yeah. and one. Do you, do you have a finish in mind? You've had some pretty <laughs> amazing finishes throughout your career. The, uh, the flying arm bar, the, the Watterson finish was fine. Do you have a finish in mind for this one? Uh, Every every fight, the the mentality is punch them in the face, take their back, choke them out. So okay. that's what I'm looking to do. Wow, what a scene that would be yep. at MSG, choking out Ioannia on Jacek. I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to this fight. Happy for yeah. you. Good to see that you're in good spirits. Appreciate you doing this. I know it's hectic um, getting close to the fight, so it's great to check in with you, Rose, and looking forward to seeing you in New York, in New York next week. Yeah, see you there. Okay, thanks so much. All the best to you guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you. All right, there she is. Bye -bye. Thug Rose Namayunas stopping by. What a trifecta. What an amazing trio fights. Not to mention, I mean, the rest of the card is, is great, but I would argue once again, as I said in my, uh, my little rant a couple of weeks ago, I would argue that this trio as a collective unit better than the trio last year at UFC 205. I would argue that. 
I really would. I'm looking forward to it. Rosenam Yunus against Yuanium Jacek. TJ Dillashaw against Cody Garbrandt. George St. Pierre versus Michael Bisping. Come on. As far as three title fights go, they haven't had a lot of them. But this one is, is, is pretty darn good. Let us just pray that it remains intact, that everything's good for the next, uh, what is it? Eight, 12 days. And uh, I, th there were some reports and uh, I heard Joe Rogan talking about this, about ticket sales and them being a little slow. Man, the, 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 the tickets are priced high. And it's a balancing act. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I think I saw a report in the Wrestling Observer last week that they uh, they were still a couple thousand off at least. So we'll see what it looks like. Of course, the first time that they were at MSG, $18 million gate, that's the most ever in the history of the arena. Like, uh, like it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, boxing, Knicks, Rangers, concerts, most ever belongs to the UFC. That is insane. I would love to know what that gate would have been with Connor and without Connor. Would it have been the most ever without Connor? Like just the fact that it was the first event in, in MSG's history, MMA event. I would like to know. Of course, we'll never know the answer to that, but I'm curious. I'm very curious how much of that had to do with Connor. And, and I guess we'll find out next week, you know, what round two looks like, what the second foray looks like. But I'm very excited about it. Of course, excited always that there's a home game and that it's relatively close to where I live. But uh, anytime you can cover an event of any kind at the world's most famous arena, home of the 2017-2018 NBA champion New York Knickerbockers, it is always a very exciting thing. It's always a very exciting time. Speaking of the uh, women's strawweight division, UFC announced last week that Michelle Watterson is returning uh, December 2nd, uh, UFC 218, 218 in Detroit, Michigan. So I'm looking forward to that. And that card is really shaping up to be a very, very solid one. UFC 218. Sometimes these random pay-per-views end up crazy stacked. Sometimes they don't end up stacked. It's very strange how it works out. But uh, that's a solid fight in the strawweight division. Michelle Watterson versus Tish Torres. I mean, there's no clear-cut number one contender at... Uh, at 115 after Rose. So perhaps that fight will produce the next contender at 115 pounds. Also speaking of UFC 217 in uh, less than two weeks, uh, Corey Anderson was supposed to fight Patrick Cummins. And now he's fighting Ovin St. Preux. Ovin St. Preux uh, replacing Patrick Cummins after Cummins uh, battling a staph infection. So that fight has been added to UFC 217 as well. All right. A uh, big weekend this past weekend for Bellator in Connecticut at the Mohegan Sun. We spoke to Gegard Musasi earlier. Now let's talk to Bellator president Scott Coker. Wanted to get his take on the card. And of course, Bellator 186 in less than two weeks as well, crowning their first women's flyweight champion, the return of Ryan Bader, et cetera, at Penn State. Let's welcome back our old friend, Scott Coker. Scott, how are you? Doing great. How are you, Ariel? I'm doing great as well. It's great to talk to you. It's been a minute. Uh, by the way, how nervous are we about the Warriors? Is this just a product of going to China and everything, or are we getting a little nervous about their their slow start? 
Yeah, don't worry. Last year, uh, I uh, went to the opening day, and, and they lost that game as well. So I think it's just you know something that they're used to, and they'll bounce back. It's a long season, but I think that we have a really good shot uh, to repeat this year. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think everyone uh, does as well. Um, okay, so let me ask you about Mr. Musasi. We spoke to him earlier. He was very fired up about the critics, about the fight, about his eye. What did you make of his performance in his debut? I mean, you know, Gayard came came in, you know, fought his butt off. I mean, to fight with an orbital fracture for two rounds, I mean, the guy's a warrior. You know, a lot of people could have just quit. And, I, and at one point, I thought the doctor was going to step in and stop the fight. Uh, but uh, he, let, you know, he thought that uh, Gayard could continue. But uh, it just goes back to... You know, we've got great fighters in, in Bellator and Shlomenko after 59, you know, 60 fights. The guy, the guy's a killer. And, uh, you know, he, he did what he had to do. And, and at the end of the day, it was a close, close fight. I think that Gegard won the first round. I think Gegard, uh, I think Shlomenko won the last round. It, it was the second round that was in question. And, uh, you know, the judges saw it Gegard's way. So if, if, if he would have lost that fight after the, you know, the doctor looks at him and says, no, nah, you know, we can't. We can't let him continue. Would that have been a disaster for Beltor, considering how much you invested in him, how big this debut, the name that he that he is? How would you have described that if it would have, you know, if it would have ended up in a loss due to the doctor stoppage? Yeah, I mean, listen, those things happen in in fights, and and uh, you know, we would just go on to the next event and next event, and Gegard would come back, and and I think this definitely rose uh, Slavenko's stock, win, lose, or draw. I mean, I think he had a great performance, and people see how great of a fighter he is. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, is it devastating for the league? No, there's not one fighter that uh, that uh, in a, that you know just says, hey, this is what Bellator is. It's not just built on one fighter; it's built on many fighters, and we have a lot of great fighters that can fight anybody in any league uh, in our company. And and Gegard is, you know, uh, I call him the prodigal son returns home. Huh. And uh, I think he had a great performance. And, uh, you know, it's he was in a tough fight with a tough, tough guy. And I think people should give credit to Solenko. Um, has, you know, some, some of these free agents that you've spent money on that you've brought over from places like the UFC primarily, and there are maybe slow starts in Bellator, has that made you think twice at all? on your strategy as far as free agency is concerned? No, not at all. I think it's quite the contrary. I mean, you know, when I was in Strike Force, you know, it's, you know, they always try to send the propaganda, uh, you know, UFC fighters are better than Strike Force fighters. Well, I think Strike Force proved that, and we can just leave that door shut because, you know, we had some of the best fighters in the world, and they proved it. And, uh, you know, we, we already know all the names that we, we talked to in the past about right. that have, have had great careers. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I think that uh, that's, that's the same thing here. It's like, look, we got some of the best fighters in the world, and they can beat some of the best fighters in the world uh, from any league. It doesn't matter. You, it's, not about, it's not about the name of a league. It's about the players, about the fighters. And uh, that's how I feel. Um, so, you know, that's kind of a debate that we were having last week. In, in a way, you know, when, when I don't know, uh, a Patricky Pitbull beats a, a Benson Henderson or a Schlemenko, it, it almost proves that, okay, Bellator is, um, is, is here to stay. It's no cakewalk when you come over here. But I think we can't deny that Gegard Mousasi coming over and, and the amount of money that you're paying for him, it, it's probably, it probably behooves the company that he is successful and that you know he almost makes it worth the investment. Do you look at the fights that way? Like, okay, you, you don't maybe have to win, but you have to at least prove that it was worth going out there and paying you all this money to come over and fight for us. Yeah, I mean, I think that, look, you know, he... 
you know he he's a great fighter and you know does his stock go down if he if he lost i i don't know it depends on the fight i mean it was you know it was a great fight and they went back and forth and and uh, like i said it, it went down that second round um but um you know as far as bringing over the best fighters that that we have that we can that's still my job and that's still going to continue and if you're a free agent i mean give us a call you know and uh we're going to continue to sign uh the fighters that are available that go to free agency and that's that you know so it's it's my job to make sure that we continue the free agent pool and uh, and to grow our free agents but at the end of the day it's up to the fighters to fight and uh you know it's it's something that, that they have to go in there and 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 do their best and if win lose or draw look we're in business with them you know that's that's how i feel we're in business with gary Masashi for years we're, we're in business with benson henderson for years from with ryan bader for years so it's not just going to be based around one fighter and uh win lose or draw uh that's just how you know it rolls out sometimes so to put a bow on on musashi is it fair to assume that his next fight will be for the middleweight title well, I think that um, you know we had the fight in December and yeah. uh, in Florence, and uh, you know we're, we're going to wait to see what happens there. If Gegard is healthy, uh, I think he has to have surgery on his eye when he gets home. Yeah. Uh, so who knows how long he might be out for? Uh, eight months to a year. Okay. So a lot will depend on his health, and uh, and also we don't know what's going to happen in in Florence either. So you know let's wait to see what happens in Florence, and then get the doctor's report from Gegard maybe in two weeks after the swelling goes down. And then uh, we can we can have a, a more um, you know current conversation about yeah. that, that that belt. And and that title fight is um, Rafael Carvalho against Alessio Sakara that you're referring to in in Florence. By the way, I saw that you were asked about this, and I'm wondering if uh, your your stance has changed at all since Friday. Will Bellator be moving to five round non title fight main events? Do you think that that's the way to go after, you know, the UFC has done it now for four or five years. Would you like to see that in your organization as well? You know, it's something that we've debated internally. And, uh, you know, like I said at the press conference, it's like, once you do it, you can't go back. Yeah. And, um, so there's, there's been, you know, some thought on both sides, but, um, you know, right now we are going to continue with the three round main events, uh, and five round title fights. But, um, you know, it's still being debated internally, and, and I think it'll be a matter just of, of when it happens, but I think eventually we'll head in that direction. Do you have a stance? Like, if, if there was a vote right now, what would you vote for? Five-round or three-round main events? You know, I'm not opposed to three rounds, to be honest, because okay. it's uh, something that, you know, when you, when you, when you go in there and you, and you know, it's three rounds, you, you're going to fight your, you know, you're going to fight your ass off for three rounds and go at it, you know, and, and, um, you know, that there's, you know, like you can't pace yourself. It's going to be much, much quicker paced fight than a five round fight. But, um, you know, I have people debating me here and, uh, you know, so it, it makes a lot of sense because if this fight was a five round fight, clearly, you know, I think it would have went, uh, Shemenko's way. Right. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, you know, you're kind of, in, I'm kind of in the middle here, but, um, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's being debated. That's for sure. Um, the general consensus consensus on online after the Heather Hardy fight was that it was a disaster, that you have a lot invested in her, that you've been pushing her, and here's this little-known Christina Williams who's making her debut, and she completely, you know, she breaks her face. Her nose is busted, bleeding, all that stuff. How would you describe the fight, and more importantly, the outcome? You know, 
like I said, you know, it's it's our job to put the fights together, and then you know, it's up to the athletes to perform. And um, you know, Christina Williams, that was her pro debut, and here was this, you know, young lady in the middle of this, you know, big arena on national TV, and it looked like she had probably had forty or fifty pro fights already in major stadiums. I mean, yeah. nothing rattled her. I was really surprised. And uh, I was talking to Rich. I go, oh, I think she's going to run out of gas. I think she's getting a little nervous. And, and uh, But she didn't. She just kept bringing it and bringing it. And, you know, um, Heather did take a lot of damage. Uh, and I know Rich talked to her over the weekend. And, you know, she said, I'm Irish. I'll be back. I'm not going to go out like this. So, uh, you know, we, we are expecting her back. But, you know, we can only tee up the fights and, and make the fights happen. Uh, as far as a disaster, because you put so much time, energy, and marketing. And listen, it is it is what it is. I mean, you know, we can't, we can't uh, you know, fight for the fighters as well. Um, but we can only put the best fights that we can on. And, and whatever happens at that point, I, I feel that, look, as a promoter, we just let it unfold like, as it unfolds. That's that's certainly the the right kind of approach. Um, do you know what kind of injury? Like she she broke her nose, right? That's fair to say. Do you know what kind of injury she's yeah, sustained? Yes, yeah, she has. Um, um, I think the only thing structural was just her nose was broke, and um, she has um, you know some pretty black eyes, and uh, it was. I, I I saw her in the hallway uh, or the lobby. Um, uh, when I was on my way up to to bed, and I ran to her and and I gave her a hug. I said, you know, hang in there. How you feeling? And she's like, I'm fine. You know, I'm fine. And uh, you know, she was uh, looking to go get some rest, and and she'll be out for a little bit. But I believe she will be back. Okay, so you don't think that she's going to go off to to boxing now? Well, listen, uh, you know, Lou DiBella was there, yeah. and we had a great conversation. Uh, we sat down and talked for 30, 40 minutes about just the different possibilities of, you know, with Heather, uh, with his other fighters that he has in his stable. Some want to come to MMA. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, we'll do some business with Lou uh, with oh. some of his other fighters as well. So, you know, uh, we have a good relationship with uh, Lou. And, you know, if he, if he wasn't supportive of this, you know, it definitely wouldn't have happened. And, um, you know, Heather, if she wants to go box, and you know, you know, then that's what it is, and we'll go with our box. What other what other fighters are we talking about here? Well, he, he we didn't get into specifics, but he's got a couple girls uh, that want to come over and 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 test themselves in MMA, and and I said, well, I encourage them to get into an MMA gym as well and do both, and you know, kind of uh, you know learn learn to become a mixed martial artist and not just a boxer. Sure. Um, and and uh, you know, and he said that uh, he's going to give me a call this week. We're going to talk in in further detail. But as far as working together, I mean, the door is wide open for Lou and I to uh, to do some fun stuff together. Amanda Serrano, one of those names discussed. Um, we didn't we didn't mention any names. But, okay. Um, I think he has a couple of other female boxers that he represents that uh, or he promotes that that want to get into MMA. Speaking of boxing, one of your your brightest young stars, Michael Venom Page, made his boxing debut on Friday, and uh, I was talking to someone in the organization saying like, "Why would you let him do this?" And and the response that I got was. We let guys do things if if they want to do them and 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 they clear with us. We don't have a problem with you know standing in their way and 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 guys going out there and, and testing waters elsewhere as long as you know they're 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 part of the organization. But if they do well, it's good for the brand. Did you have any issues with this? Like this, you know, if he gets brutally knocked out, I know he wasn't fighting the most experienced opponent, but it's still a new venture for him. Did you have any issues with MVP going out there and and boxing while he's still in their contract with you? No, not at all. And uh, I talked to. Um, 
Richard Schaefer about it. I talked to Bruce Pinkow about it because uh, they were co-promoters with, um, I think, David Hay, David Hay over there in the U.K. Um, and I said, look, you know, as long as it doesn't interfere with his his uh, fight schedule with us, then, you know, we're fine with it. And so, you know, they put this fight together. Michael really wanted to do it. You know, we talked about it. And I said, look, if it's important for you, uh, then go ahead and do it. And, uh, you know, go, 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 go do it. Go be, try, you know, boxing and see how it works out for you. And, and um, if you enjoy it or not enjoy it. But at the end of the day, you know, he's continuing to train. Boxing is something that if he gets better, you know, it's going to be, you know, better for him when he fights in the cage for us. Uh, he's just gonna up his stock over there in the UK and keep building his brand there, and and, and we we had no problem with it. I'm I'm very sad, Scott, because earlier today, uh, Michael said to me, he said he's he's kind of over the Paul Daly fight, and uh, he's moved past it. And the only way he does the fight is if, um, if he if there's a stipulation that if he beats Paul, he gets into the tire purse, and he will also put this same the same stipulation on his contract. If he loses, he wants to give up his purse. He doesn't deserve any money. Um, and I feel like that's not going to happen. So to me, I feel like the fight's not going to happen anymore. Is this possible? Could we possibly be seeing this fight just kind of go away? It has to happen, right? It's, it's, it's magical between these two, these two English fighters. They don't like each other. Exciting fighters. Are we, are we really going to let this fight go away? Come on, Errol. You know we do the big fights. Yes. We're gonna, What's going we're, on? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make that happen. I mean, at the end of the day, that fight should happen. And uh, winner take all is what he's proposing. I mean, to me, that's not maybe maybe that's what we propose, we propose to Paul and say, oh, hey, you know, here's a winner it? take all scenario. Let's do it. Let's get oh. it on. <laughs> I love this. Oh, I thought you would for sure poo poo that idea, but you're into it. No, listen. If they want to put it on the line, you know, we're gonna pay somebody. We'll just pay the winner. That's incredible. Okay. Yeah, so I you're not it. you're I not over it. the fight. No, I want to see that. Personally, I want to see that fight happen. I think that's a fight that needs to happen. And, uh, you know, I think that, um, you know, Mike, Michael's probably over it because Paul's called him out twice and then reneged on the, on the call out, right? Right. So, you know, I don't blame him. He's probably like, this guy's just nuts and, uh, and uh, I want to get away from him. But for me, as a promoter and, you know, as uh, president of Bellator, that's a fight that needs to happen in Bellator. And I think that it'll be something that will, uh, you know, drive great attendance, great TV ratings. And uh, I think the whole world will be watching when those two guys fight. The next time Paul Daly and MVP step in a, in a Bellator cage for a fight, will it be to fight each other? I feel like we're, we're playing with fire here. Would they need to fight each other next? I mean that. I mean, to me, this is the first I've heard that you know that they want to just. I mean, he's willing to give us purse. Yeah. I'm going to get off the phone with you. I'm going to call Paul Daly. Say, hey, he's willing to give oh. up his purse. You know, step up. Let's do this. Let's do it. Yes. When are you going back to London? I feel like we should do it in London. Yeah, it has to happen in London. Yeah, that yeah. definitely has to happen in London. And and um, you know the. Um, the beauty about London and, and having Viacom ownership is that they own Channel Five, which is you know yeah. like uh, the, the the main the main station there, and the whole world, the whole country will be watching there, okay. and uh, the whole the whole world will be able to watch you know through all the distribution channels we have. But um, you know it'll be on Channel Five, and it'll be a big big deal uh, oh. there and everywhere else. But we we got to make it happen. That's that fight's got to happen. You know what? I'm going to tell my I'm going to huddle with my team after this thing, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna create a, a timeline here. Oh really? Okay, because you're actually talking about like it's you're saying. It, it, like present, like it is going to happen. It seems like you're very confident that it will happen, despite the fact that literally an hour ago MVP said he had moved on from it, that it wasn't going to happen. 
well, he moved on unless the money was, you know, sure. on the on the line. So we're going to go put the money on the line. Let's go do this. This is like, okay. you know, let it, let it ride. And, and come on, Paul, you you could you you're, if you're if you're that confident, you could take MVP's purse too. This is great. Okay, we're getting things done here. So let's. Okay, so we got that done. Now let's move on to the heavyweight division. What can you tell us about the heavyweight division? When are you going to crown a new champion? Well, I think that uh, we'll probably crown a new champion. Uh, I want to say first quarter of next year, and then uh, we'll start, you know, having a lot more fights in the heavyweight division. And, oh. you know, it's, we got we got some great great heavyweights now. Uh, there's a lot of matchups that I can't wait to see. And, and um, you know, uh, I'm excited about 2018. I think 2018 is going to be a very busy a year, a big growth year for Bellator, and the heavyweight division will be a big part of it. Could you tell us about title fight contender or something like that? Well, I think you could kind of, you know, put the the names in the mix. I mean, I, I, th- I think of, you know, Mitrione, who had the victory over Fedor. I think of, you know, Roy Nelson. I think of, you know, Chuck Congo. I think of, you know, there's there's a lot of guys that uh, that I think. I think even King Mo, you know, who could uh, uh, be, he beat Crow Cop two years ago, and then he lost last year. But he's beaten Congo, and he's he wants to stay at heavyweight. So I think really? somebody that, yeah, that will will stay in the heavyweight division uh, in 2018. One of the last great things that you did in Strike Force was the Grand Prix. Any chance you bring that back? Um, you know what? Um, I would like to ha- uh, crown the champion, and then we'll okay. take it from there. But uh, I think, listen, outside of the the Pride the Pride tournaments uh, in you know in in Japan, I think that the Strike Force tournament was one of the you know the greatest tournaments in the history of our sport. Yeah, and. Um, I had such a great time promoting that. And, and who was the first person I told? Me. You. That's right. In a hotel Ariel. room in St. Louis, December of 2010. Yeah, that was that was an amazing tournament. Come on, that's when they had great. a young Alistair Overeem, and it was you know a young Fabrizio Verdum, and Fedor you know was in his prime, I and mean, it was just just great, great stuff. And and you know we always like doing a lot of fun stuff like that. And yes, and uh, and who knows, you know. But let's let's go crown the champion first, and then and then we'll go from there. Is there any chance that you guys bring back Rampage Jackson? I'm not sure. I mean, I, you know, I I'm understanding that he's. You know that he's with uh, Zufa now, and uh, that he's fighting for the UFC. But uh, I'm, not, I'm on, not sure about his, uh, you know, his contract status. He was on my show a couple of uh, weeks ago, and he was kind of up in the air about where he would fight again. So I was wondering how you ended things off with him. Yeah, I mean, we honored our agreement with him, and we, you know, fought his fights out. And and uh, I'm not sure if he's a free agent or what, but uh, you know, maybe we should give uh, give them a call. But you know, as of right now, I thought that he was already, you know, headed okay. to, uh, to to UFC. What could you tell us about Dylan Dennis? Is he ever going to fight for Bellator? I think I think he will. I mean, I think that he's you know just training and trying to get, figure it all out, and and uh, I think it's just going to be a matter of time because. Uh, you know, uh, everything that I've heard is that he does want to fight MMA, um, but uh, he's something that he's somebody that I, I did read about over the weekend. Uh, there was an article, um, and I just flashed at the headline. I can't, I can't remember exactly what it was, but you know, I said, "Hey, we should reach out to that guy and see yeah. when he wants to come in and step in," because you know, evidently he's got an amazing jujitsu game, yes. and uh, you know, hopefully he's working on his stand up and his you know takedowns and all this, all the other stuff and. Uh, it takes to become a great MMA fighter because um, you know he's going to need it when he steps in the cage because you know it's not just about grappling. Um, are you going to book Chandler versus Brent Pimmers too after what happened at MSG? Is that the next fight? And if so, when when are they going to fight? 
Chandler was um, kind of complaining recently that you know he wanted to get back in there. A fighter complaining? Come on, that never happened, Daryl. <laughs> come on, you know that. <laughs> no, we're we're working on that. We're working on a couple of things that uh, we're not ready to announce, but you know, hopefully so. Do you believe, Scott, that there's that it's possible to have too much MMA? You know, um, between last weekend and the end of the year, there's 11 UFC events, only one weekend off Christmas. There's mm -hmm. seven Bellator. Mm -hmm. So between the two of you, there's 18. Mm -hmm. And that's not to mention all the other ones, you know, the, the, the PFLs sure. and the ones. Is it possible to have too much MMA? Are you ever worried about oversaturating the market? You know, all I can say is this. It seems like a lot of fights, but you know what? Our ratings have been solid all yeah. year and uh and our ratings are going up and uh our, our sponsors are extremely happy the network's extremely happy and uh you know the the quantity of fights are really driven by the tv stations or the tv networks so I'm, I'm thinking that you know all these networks are pretty happy otherwise they wouldn't do that many um but um you know uh i can only speak to bellator and you know spike loves having the fights and, and probably wish we did more than 24, uh, 26 a year. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Um, speaking of which I saw a commercial on Friday during your broadcast for the Paramount network. So in 2018, Spike becomes the Paramount network. How does that affect Bellator? If at all, you know, uh, we're just going to be on the Paramount network. It's, That's it's it. just Spike turning into the Paramount network. And, and, and I'll tell you, it's, it's going to be a great, great time because uh it's going to be rebranded they're pouring a bunch of resources a lot of money into the rebrand they're going to pour a lot of money into original content and uh you know the um premium uh shows that they're going to create and with big big stars uh are exciting and uh, and and we're going to be a part of that and our budgets are going to go up <laughs> fighter signing budgets are going to go up our you know free agent budgets are going to go up and so we're excited because um, I look at it like this. It's going to become like HBO or Showtime in the sense that you have all these great shows. Then twice a month you'll have uh, this, you know, our, our, you know, Bellator MMA will be the sports block instead of HBO boxing or Showtime boxing. Okay. Um, and, and that's really, I think what you'll see, you'll see, you know, Homeland, Game of Thrones, not, not, not to say on, on Paramount, but they'll have all this original programming that's going to be, you know, really really premium and uh, Bellator is going to be the only sports content uh, on, on the premium network. Okay. So uh, no, no cause for concern. This doesn't mean that they're completely rebranding and getting out of the MMA business. Oh no, 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 okay. no. That's, that's not going to happen. No. I mean, I, if you, if you heard that, that's totally false. I mean, no, I, I didn't hear that, but I was just curious. It's a totally yeah. different logo. It's a different feel. I, 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 I didn't yeah. know what the direction was going to be. Yes, I'm telling you, it's uh, we're gonna have more resources and uh, more premium shows around us, and um, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's gonna be to me, like I said, it's just gonna be like HBO, running all these great shows, and then Saturday night twice a month, here comes uh, instead of HBO boxing or Showtime boxing on Showtime, it's gonna be Bellator MMA. Okay, um, we are itching closer to Bellator 200. Are you gonna make that into a big deal? Bellator 100 wasn't really a big deal. What do you think about Bellator 200? Boy, where was Bellator 100? I don't even remember. I wasn't was around, I think, at the time. Yeah. 
It was a, it was a nothing event. It wasn't even that big of a deal. I'll tell you where it was. It was at Grand Canyon University Arena Arena on September twentieth, two thousand thirteen, in Phoenix, Arizona. I knew that off the top of my head, Scott. That's how much I love Bellator. That's how much I've invested in the brand. <laughs> that's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. I, that's what I want to hear. Listen, you know what? Um, I wasn't around for that fight, but I can tell you this: Bellator uh, two hundred will be a much bigger deal than the Grand Canyon uh, <laughs> Arena show. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like? So, so you are planning on making this like a special thing? Well, it'll be it'll be you know it'll be one of our ten pole events. Obviously, we'll be in a bigger okay. stadium. We'll put on some great fights, and um, you know it'll be a, it'll be a special night because you know when you hit that two hundred mark, that's that's an accomplishment. Yeah, and really, it's a it's a it's a testament to you know um, Viacom and Spike and Kevin Case continued commitment to to drive the sport and because it's something that they love. Yes, they have been there since, uh, what, 2006, so over 10 years now. Um, Bellator 186 is a little less than two weeks away. It's the night before uh, UFC 217, so it's on November 3rd. Would you prefer to not be on the same weekend as the UFC? Do you feel like like it's better for the brand if you guys can separate, or it's impossible now with so many events? Yeah, I mean, listen, we have a business to run. They have a business to run. These dates are not scheduled, you know, to kind of go against each other on either side, I believe. They just happen to fall where they fall. Traditionally, we like to go on a Friday night uh, instead of a Saturday night because, uh, except for the West Coast, which is tough because no one can get to any venue here in the West Coast on a Friday night. So it makes it very, very tough. So we go on Saturdays on the West Coast. But traditionally, we like to go on Fridays just to stay kind of in our own uh, our own date and let them do their thing. But uh, you know what? Sometimes they have crossover, and sometimes they're on the same weekend. And that's listen. That's a big fight. We have a big fight. I think that uh, uh, I think that it's going to be a great weekend for MMA, you know, fans because they get to watch, you know, the great fights that we have on Friday and then watch it on Saturday. So, what a what a great weekend! Uh, Ryan Bader defending his title for the first time. Phil Davis returns. Ed Ruth both back at Penn State, but you're also crowning your first ever women's flyweight champion. And I'm wondering, you know, with with again with UFC bringing flight, how do you feel about the current state of women's MMA? Um, in in some people's eyes, you are a pioneer when it comes to it. You put you know women's MMA on a stage when other promoters weren't. Most notably, the UFC. Do you feel like the the, the talent depth is there? Um, to share a 120 because the great thing I thought about Strike Force was the one thing that you guys had that they didn't have were the women. So you had all the 135ers that you wanted, all the 145ers that you wanted. Now you have to share, and there's also Invicta in the mix as well. Do you feel like there's enough for at least three promotions to have you know pretty deep rosters? Yeah, and you know I don't even know their full rosters, but I'm I'm happy with the roster that we have and that we're developing. And and, and when you talk about the history of this, you know, female fighting, you know, we were the first ones to do it in California, and we we were doing kickboxing 25 years ago, uh, female fights that is. And um, you know when I think about um, you know the the sale of Strike Force to the UFC, basically, um, you know, had UFC going into the female uh, right fight business but if if it was ever sold because we were already doing it for years Gina Carano fought Elena Maxwell in 2006 and that was our inaugural launch of the female you know division for MMA um, and you know but you know UFC was not in the female business until we sold them the company that had all these contracts to fight and then you know and then Ronda became a big star and then the rest is history um, but you know that that's really the history of the, of, of the sport of how it unfolded 
and so you know as far as the first first to do it and support it and really embrace it it, it was strike force yeah. uh, and uh, and now you know there's, there's enough women believe me there's women all over the world we get emails you know off every day you know maybe 10 15 emails from fighters male and female coaches all over the world uh, with you know sometimes the next best thing the next greatest fighter Last question for you, Scott. One name that comes to mind, rising star, someone that uh, maybe the casual fan hasn't heard of, you're very excited about. You, you have a lot of them right now. I mentioned Ed Ruth, um, AJ McKee fighting next month. Unfortunately, James Gallagher got injured, but hopefully he'll be back in mid-2018. Is there one name that hasn't quite reached that, you know, that big time, that main event status, but you think could be the next big thing in Bellator? Who comes to mind right off the top of your head? Wow. That is a good question. I mean, listen, you, everybody's heard of Pico and yeah. AJ McKee and, you know, and, uh, and, 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 uh, Gallagher, you know, but, uh, it's hard just to name one. Right. But I think that, you know, besides the guys that already know the, the three guys that I just mentioned, because they're kind of on their way already. Uh, I, I look at a guy like, uh, Terrell fortune as oh, a yeah. guy that has a lot of potential and, uh, and don't uh, underestimate this guy. I think he's gonna do a lot of great things. Okay. All right. Uh, a name to look out for. Uh, thank you very much for the time, Scott. We look forward to Bellator 186, November 3rd, Penn State, the return of Phil Davis, the return of Ed Ruth, and two title fights on the card. Ryan Bader defending his title against Linton Vassell, and of course, Alima Leigh McFarlane against Emily Ducott for the women's flyweight title. First one in Bellator history. Looking forward to that. Thank you, Scott. Good to catch up, and, and, and I'm happy to hear that you're not sweating the Warriors. It will all work out. I'm, I'm pretty confident about that. Hey, and also, don't forget, Friday, uh, November 17th, the fight in Tel Aviv. I want to see you there. That's right. Yes, I will be there. I will see you there at the uh, the Wailing Wall. We'll do uh, Sabbath there beforehand and go over to the arena. You got it. I'm there. Okay. Thank you, Scott. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Appreciate buddy. the time. Uh, okay. Also on that card, by the way, Zach Freeman returns. Remember, he shocked the world against um, Aaron Pico at MSG's fighting Saad Awad. And Ed Ruth, by the way, fighting Chris Dempsey, a big step up, I think, in competition. That is a solid card the night before UFC 217. All right, before UFC 217, it's the UFC in Sao Paulo this weekend. They are back in Brazil. The main event is, of course, Derek Brunson against Lyoto Machida. The co-main event is a fascinating one at 170 pounds. It's Damian Maia against our next guest, Colby Covington, joining us via the magic of Skype. There he is, Colby. I appreciate it, my friend. I appreciate you coming on. We've been moving you around. We've been jerking you around. And thank you very much for the, the, the patience and for being flexible. It means a lot. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Ariel. I appreciate it, buddy. Are you surprised? Be honest with me, Colby. I feel like you were a little surprised when I reached out to have you on the show. I feel like you and I have gotten off on the wrong foot. Is that accurate? How would you describe your emotions when I reached out to have you on this program? Uh, yeah, a little bit surprised, you know, I just, I seen some prior interviews you did, you know, with, with the fake Woodley and, uh, you know, you just, and guys asking what you thought about me and you just kind of always shrugged me off and didn't really believe in me or thought I had any potential, but you know, it's all good. You know, everybody has their favorites. Everybody has the guys that have the hype on them, but you know, I'm earning my way around this business. And I feel, by the way, I feel like that's not a hundred percent true. Uh, I think what really put us over the edge was someone asked me if, 
uh, a win over Maya would uh, allow you to cut the line. And I said, I didn't think so, just given some of the other welterweight fights in the mix right now. And and you tweeted this to that person and, and to myself last week. You said, it's a good thing nobody who matters cares what Helwani thinks. He is the mouthpiece for basement-dwelling World of Warcraft virgins. That's what you tweeted. And I was like, when I read that, I was like, well, now I have to get Colby on the show. This is perfect. Um, so you don't really believe that, do you? I mean, come on. Basement dwelling world of Warcraft virgins. What's that all about? No, man. It's, it's all just fun and games, man. You know you know how this business is, you know? It's, yes. nothing, it's nothing personal to you, Ariel. You know I respect you and what you do as a person, you know? And I got nothing but love for your work. Thank you. I appreciate that. And same here as well. Uh, you've been doing a lot of good things, but you have, there, it, there does seem to be like lately, especially on social media, um, even, you know, the past couple of days, SBG and all like you have up your trash talking game. Did you feel like you weren't getting noticed? Did you feel like, okay, something has to change here. I need to rattle things. I, I need to poke a few people. I need to pick some fights because for whatever reason, whatever I was doing before wasn't working. Cause it seems like there's been a shift over the last few months. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, I just, I want to get people interacted. I want to get people engaged. I want people to watch me fight, you know? So if they want to see me get knocked out, if they want to see me get saluted, good. As long as they're watching me fight, that's all I care about. So, you know, I'm just speaking a lot of truth. A lot of things I'm saying, it's a lot of truth. You know, I'm not saying things that aren't true. So, you know, if I have to go on social media and be a little bit more vocal to get the big fights, that's what I'm willing to do. Um, you've talked about Woodley, who we'll get to in a second, but you've also talked about RDA. You end up with Damian Maya, who some still believe is the toughest guy in the division, and you're getting him in his home city, in his home country. What was your reaction when you got the call, when you got the offer? Maya in Brazil. Oh, man, I was ecstatic. You know, I was, I was really excited, you know. I know that he only wanted to sign the dotted line to fight me if it was in his backyard where he could have the judges and the crowd on his side. But, you know, it's okay. I'm willing to come to this dump and fight him. It doesn't matter. You know, title shots, champagne, and caviar on U.S. soil after this, Helwani. <laughs> it's not nice. That I've never been to Sao Paulo. What's it like? Is it a dump? Oh, dude, it's a dump, man. The AC is not working here, man. It's, I'm sweating my nuts off on, out here in the Amazon. But it's okay. They'll be extra sweaty for Damian Maya when I drop him on his face on Saturday night. Wow. So do you believe that you beat him? You get a title shot? Do you really think you'll cut the line with a win on Saturday? Yes, I do believe I'll cut the line Saturday. You know, I, I think that Robbie Lawler, he wasn't competitive in the fight versus Woodley. So why redo that fight if he beats RDA? It doesn't really make sense. That fight didn't sell in the first place. And, you know, RDA, you know, he, the UFC knows that he was ducking me and he didn't want to fight me. So... You know, I think that I will duck the line. His his wins haven't been impressive. And after this Saturday, the UFC will know that I am the uncrowned king of this division. To the best of your knowledge, did they reach out to RDA about fighting you? Yes, they did reach out to RDA several times. They wanted to, us to fight in UFC Singapore, but he didn't want to fight me. He turned me down multiple times. And this is when no one else in the division had anybody to fight. So it only made sense that me and him fought. But... He didn't want to fight, and that's why he got put behind me on the Singapore card, and I got a bigger fight. I, I got, at the time, Jung Hum Kim, who was number seven in the world, and they put me ahead of him, and he got a guy that was on a losing streak, Tarek Safadine. So, you know, I think the UFC knows that these guys are ducking me right now. 
You know, it was interesting. I remember watching that and I remember what you said on the mic afterwards. And I remember the talk, you know, you put that picture of him behind you or you behind him at the press conference. And I was like, wow, I thought it was a missed opportunity. You could, you were there in the same arena as him. You could have said, look, you ducked me. Now we both won. You have to fight me next, but you chose to go after Woodley instead. Why did you do that? I did that because, you know, I'm past RDA now. He's, he's a thing of the past, man. He's got a couple of fights left in his tank and he's going to be done. If they would have given me RDA, I would have been the guy to put the stamp on his career and send him into retirement. But since they didn't, you know, I'm look, I was looking for bigger fights. I wanted uh, Tyrone Woodley, Damian Maya, Stephen Wondergirl Thompson. I wanted a top five fight. I feel like I had earned it. So, you know, I wasn't. I didn't really care about RDA after I beat Dung Hum Kim. He was number seven in the division. So why would I want to go backwards? Fair enough. Um, it's very rare to see two teammates involved in something like this, and and you know. Uh, to be fair, he's not the one doing a lot of the talking. I asked him about you, Tyron Woodley, that is, when he was on my show a couple months ago. Like, he wouldn't even say your name. He didn't really want to go there. Um, and yet you're very vocal about him and you say a lot about him. You write a lot about him. You tweet a lot about him. What's the the the, the genesis of this issue that you have with him? When, when did this all start? Because you don't often see two members of a team involved in something like this. First off, I don't consider Tyron Woodley a teammate. He trains at Duke Rufus, you know, Rufus is in his corner every fight, you know, so he's been doing his training camps at Rufus Sport. He has an ATT affiliate in St. Louis, but, you know, okay, whatever, just because he branded an ATT so he can make some money and he had an investor, I don't consider that a teammate. He comes to our gym maybe once a year and that's just to make cool with Dan Lambert, you know, he just wants to stay on his good side. I mean, who wouldn't want to stay on Dan Lambert's good side? The guy's one of the greatest people in the world. So, you know, besides that, you know, Tyrone Woodley, he just he's an easy fight, so that's why I'm calling him out. You know, he I'm in his nightmares. You know, the reason he don't want to say my name is because he knows what happened last time we did train together a couple years ago. And let me tell you one thing, Helwani, it wasn't pretty. He quit in the gym. Really? What happened? Tell us what happened. What can you tell us? Yeah, so we were supposed to spar like five rounds that day. He was getting ready for Rory McDonald. He wanted the guy that was going to pressure fight him, you know, back him up. And he did his typical ways, you know, back up to the cage, try and do that. And I put him up against the cage and. And, and within two rounds, he quit. He said, no, I'm done for the day. I, I quit training. His coach, Din Thomas, is like, okay, you're done for the day, Colby. I said, hey, man, I thought we were going five rounds today. He's like, Tyron doesn't want anymore. Two rounds, he's done. The pace, the pressure, he couldn't handle it anymore. And that's what's going to happen when we fight. He's not going to be able to handle it. Wow. Um, so you uh, like when, when you see him, do you, do you ever see him in the gym? Do you guys ever interact? Or are you always, like, is he never there when you're there training in South Florida? Because I think his last camp was there, right? Uh, he came for his last camp for like three or four days, maybe a week max. But okay. that's the only time he's been in the gym in the last two or three or two or three years. So, you know, I don't really cons- I don't really I don't see him in the gym at that time when he was in the gym. I-, I was still just coming home from Singapore. So I went from Singapore to my home in Oregon and I didn't get to see him in the gym. So, you know, I, I don't know what he's saying about this stuff. Oh, he's shadow boxing under my poster, all these lies. He's just manufacturing lies to the media like he always does. And that's why I call him the fake champ. Did you watch his fight against Maya? And if so, what did you think of the fight? Yeah, I did watch it. It was one of the worst welterweight title fights in the history of the UFC. It was an embarrassment to this division. And that's why I'm here to resurrect this division. Because Tyrone Woodley's not going to resurrect this division. It's going to be me that resurrects this division. The least strikes thrown in a title fight? That was a joke. Once I beat Damian Maya, Tyrone Woodley's going to make up these preemptive injuries why he can't fight me. 
Hey, but it doesn't matter because I'll just bitch slap him with my interim belt. <laughs> you, do you think that's possible? You think they'll give you an interim belt? I mean, he is one of the more active champions in the UFC. I think that he's going to make up some injuries, you know, and start saying, oh, I want the money fight. I want Bisping or St. Pierre. But, you know, he's not a money fighter. He couldn't sell 100,000 pay-per-view buys if his life depended on it. So, you know, it doesn't make sense to give that guy a money fighter. He's always pulling this victim card. Oh, everybody's racist because they don't want to watch me fight. Like, no, no one wants to watch you fight because you just back up and you don't do anything in fights. So, you know, I'm just sick of him playing the victim, and I just want to expose him. I hope the UFC gives me the opportunity very soon. How does Dan Lambert, who owns ATT, feel about this situation? Uh, you know, Dan, he kind of stays out of it, but he understands. You know, he had Robbie Lawler and Tyrone, who were both kind of under the ATT banner, and they had to fight. And this is the fight business. This is no team when you're in an individual sport. We all want the same common goal. That's the world title. You know, I think Dan, uh, Dan just stays out of it, and he's not... He's not worried about it, but, you know, it's, it's a feather in his cap. Having the two best fighters in the world fighting for each other under his American Top Team brand, I think that says something about Dan Lambert and what he's doing in the fight business. Um, welterweight might be one of my favorite divisions right now um, because you have the guys at the top that we all know about, but there's this, like, crop of youngsters that are coming out and really looking great, including yourself. Kamaru Usman has looked good as of late. Um, uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio had a big win recently. Of course, Mike Perry with a big win. And then just this past weekend, Darren Till with a fantastic performance, I thought, against Don Cerrone. However, uh, according to your Twitter, you didn't seem all that impressed with it. Is that accurate? Yeah, I wasn't that impressed. I mean, he beat, he beat an aging vet who's worn out. Donald Cerrone's had a lot of fights. His chin's not the same. You could see in that fight, he got touched and, and he was already asking for a way out. He didn't get put out in conscious. You know, that's an aging, worn out vet that his time's up. His time's been up, you know. So, you know, I'm not that impressed with that win, you know. In this sport, you got to be well-rounded. And I don't think that kid is well-rounded. Uh, you said something like he went from being an utter nobody to just a nobody? Come on, Darren Till, he looked great, undefeated. Finished Cerrone. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he finished Cerrone, but, you know, Cerrone, he's not getting those lucky vitamins from Jackson Wink anymore. His, his body's dramatically changed since USADA came around. So, you know, I don't think that, that victory is that impressive. And if you look at the way Cowboy fought, that's a completely different Cowboy than we've ever seen in the years past. So, you know, I don't really think that victory is a very adequate victory. What did you think of the exchange between him and Mike Perry afterwards? I thought it was good. You know, I thought those two young kids can fight for the gatekeeper of the division. You know, the, they could be the outsiders looking in. I mean, I think it's a good fight for them. I think they should fight for that type of fight. You know, those guys in the, in the 15 range in the world should fight for that opportunity. But I'm on to bigger and better things. I'm on to Damian Maia and Tyrone Woodley. You know, I'm out here on this dump they call Sao Paulo. Damian Maia's home. It's a joke, man. They got me out of here, man. It's like hell out here, man. I'm just ready to get home to U.S. soil and fight for a title back home in the U.S. Are you worried about calling it a dump while you're there? I mean, you could be upsetting some of the locals. Does that concern you at all? No, I don't think the locals are going to like me anyways once I beat Dad Bod Maya. You know, <laughs> so at the, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Sao Paulo is a dump. That's a known fact. They fucked up bringing me down here, Ariel. I'm a problem. I'm sending their hero to hell. Shit, he might thank me. Hell's probably an upgrade from this place. Did I mention this place is a dump yet, Ariel? Yes, you did. You did. Um, 
SBG, you seem to have an issue with SBG. You're tweeting a lot about SBG. What's your problem with them? Um, I don't know. I just think that they claim to be bigger than they are. They're claiming to be the best gym in the world, and everybody knows the American Top Team is the best gym in the world. So let's just make that clear. They're not winning fights. They haven't won a fight in years. I can't even remember the last time they won a fight. I mean, I think it was Connor about two years ago. But besides that, they're not winning fights, and they're claiming to be the best gym in the world. So, you know, if you're going to claim these unlawful lies, then I'm going to call you out on it. Okay. Uh, Well, they have one, like James Gallagher's won in Bellator. Connor won at MSG. Uh, last year, they've got guys coming up. So, that, you know, I don't think it's been years, but uh, maybe Artem losing this past weekend and, you know, some 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 of the maybe more re- gunny, but that was somewhat controversial poke in the eye, right? He got poked. You saw that, right? Santiago, a teammate of yours, isn't he not? Yeah, yeah. Santiago's a teammate. That was a unfortunate ending to the fight. You know, you just never know what's going to happen. Uh, I did see the eye pokes. It was unfortunate. You know, maybe they should run that back and they should put Till versus Perry. Okay, I like it. Um, by the way, speaking of best team, you're involved in this angle for Impact Wrestling uh, where Dan Lambert, and I must say, Dan Lambert just killing it on the mic. Uh, you're in the ring. He's got all his old belts there, and it's you guys, uh, ATT against you know the Impact team, and, 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 and it seems like you're having a blast, but I have to ask you about this angle. Is it not weird that Stefan Bonner is on the impact side of things? I mean, he's an MMA guy. Why is he on the rest? Why is he defending pro wrestling? He should be, or is this all leading to him turning on the impact team and then siding with American top team? Is that what's happening here? Did you see me choke Stefan Bonner unconscious last week on national television, Ariel? Yes, I saw you seem to be in, in fine form. Yeah. I mean, I had to expand my brand of violence to impact wrestling because nobody in the UFC at the time wanted to sign the dotted line. So, you know, that's why I'm over here in Impact Wrestling, you know. Shout out to Impact Wrestling and all, all the, the pro wrestlers out there. Also, make sure you all tune in to Bound for Glory only on pay-per-view November 5th. We'll, we will have American Top Team's own Dan Lambert, the greatest manager extraordinaire ever to grace on earth. And he will present two of American top team's finest, King Mo Luol and Bobby Lashley versus Moose and Stephen Bonner. Only on pay-per-view November 5th. Bound for wow. glory, baby. In Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, I do believe. Will you be there? Yes, I, I should be there, Ariel. Wow. Did you grow up a pro wrestling fan? Yeah, I did grow up a pro wrestling fan. I was, I'm a big advocate of it. You know, I loved I loved back in the day, you know, it was a lot more enthusiastic and a lot more, there was a lot more attitude and it was a lot more enjoyable back then, you know, it's a lot watered down these days and, yeah. you know, but that's what we're bringing, we're, we're bringing life back to pro wrestling, you know, the angle we're running with American Top Team, the MMA versus pro wrestling side, it's a lot more enjoyable and, and that's why we're doing this. Will you wrestle as well? Are you going to actually be in a match? You'll have to tune in. I okay. can't give away that secret information. Unless you, you got information to King Jung's ill strike codes, then I'm not going to give you that no. information. No, no, I don't. I don't have that kind. Of, I have other information, but not that information. Um, do you have to get UFC's clearance to do this? How does that work? Yeah, I had to get UFC's clearance. Uh, Dan Lambert had to reach out to Dana White and ask if it was okay. And, you know, I thank Dana White and the UFC and everybody for giving me this exempt to kind of go wrestle on the pro wrestling circuit with Impact Wrestling and, you know, I'm thankful for them kind of letting me do that since I'm in contract with the UFC. 
Um, last thing for you, Colby. Do you feel like a win is not enough against Maya? Do you have to do something spectacular? You know, sometimes people say, oh, you know, it's not the most exciting fights. Uh, the Kim fight was kind of criticized as well. Do you have to, you know, put on a show here? Do you have to finish him? Do you have to do something out of the ordinary to really get people's attention? Are you thinking that way? No, I'm not thinking that way. You know, I'm just thinking about destroying Damian Maya and sending him to the retirement home. Luckily, we're in Sao Paulo, Brazil, so it won't be too far for him to get stretchered off to. But, you know, I don't think I have to perform. I just have to do what I always do, and that's win. I'm a winner. I'm a proven winner. Look at my track record. So, you know, I think when I finish Damian Maia, there'll be no clear evidence that I am the champ, and I will get the next title shot. All right. Are we cool now? Are we buds? Yeah, we're buds, Ariel. I got a lot of respect and a lot of love for you, man. I appreciate it, my man. Thank you very much. And by the way, I have no problem with basement-dwelling World of Warcraft virgins. I mean, they're fine people as well. And I, I didn't take it as an insult. For the record, I thought it was funny, and that's why I wanted to have you on the program. One of the many reasons. Every life matters, Ariel. We know that. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you, Colby. All the best to you. Good luck on Saturday. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks a lot, I appreciate it, man. Take care. All right, there he is, Colby Covington stopping by. Big fight for him against Damian Maia on Saturday. He has certainly been making some noise, uh, much to the chagrin of many people online. A lot of people get upset uh, by some of his tweets. In particular, I see about uh, the SBG team and some of the other fighters in the welterweight division, including Tyron Woodley, who you'll recall was on this program uh, several weeks ago, we asked him about uh, Colby. He did not want to uh, to get into that. And so he is making some noise. And and I do believe this. Welterweight. Look at welterweight these days. We know what's at the top. We know Woodley's there. Masvidal's fighting Wonderboy. Uh, Lawler's fighting RDA. But I'm really excited about those, you know, that 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 group of six or so. Um, Ponzinibbio, Perry, Darren Till, Usman, Colby Covington. I'm still not... Counting out Gunnar Nelson, still think he's in the mix there. I mean, they really have a nice little crop of young guys. And not, not the youngest guys, but guys who, you know, are very hungry, it seems, to get noticed. Emil Mack coming back. Uh, really like what's going on at 170 in the UFC these days. Um, and so I still believe that the fight to make, I really want to see that Darren Till versus Mike Perry fight. If they do Till versus Ponzinibbio and have Perry fight the winner, um, excuse me, uh, Perry fight Ponzinibbio and then have Till fight the winner, great. But, um, God, after what happened, I mean, that scene was just so much fun. I enjoyed it immensely. Speaking of Darren Till, it does appear as though his phone has just died, which is just heartbreaking. You heard him there, right? We had him on the phone, uh, sort of, but it was like he was in uh, a cave somewhere, you know, like millions of miles away. And uh, it was on a, uh, like the, the worst kind of delay that I've ever had on this show. And so, you know, we still have a little bit of show left. He has gone MIA, which breaks my heart a little bit because I really want to talk to him and I really enjoy speaking to him. And I was just so excited about that performance. I was in such awe of it all. Um, but for now, he is, uh, like I said, he is missing in action. We'll still work on it. And you know we like to deliver. Thus far, we've had eight great guests. It's been a fun show uh, despite the issues. Now you understand it. I hope there's no hard feelings. But we'll pop. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Look at that. He just popped up on, on WhatsApp. Breaking news. Just now. It just said online. Let's see. You ever use WhatsApp and they have the, the check marks? That means someone read it. But his doesn't have that. Let's see. 
Is he back? Oh no, the online went away. Damn it. He said he broke his phone. My phone is broke. I'm going to buy one first thing tomorrow morning. It's the same phone from the last time. Remember last time he was on the show, he was in the gym and it looked all blurry. It's because his phone was broken. That's why it looked like he was using a, a, a webcam from 1999. So, oh, oh, blue check, blue check, typing. He's typing. Come on, Darren. Come on, Darren. Do it for all of us. Do it for Liverpool, Darren. Come on. Do it for the Echo Arena. Oh, no. oh now it said online that it went back to typing. Come on, Darren. Here we go. Typing, typing. Oh, he gave me a new number. Wait a second. Hold the phone. Breaking news. Wait a second. Wait. I would have been. Come on. Come on, Darren. New number. New number. Wait. Hold the phone. Don't count us out just yet. Let's go, Darren. Could he do it? Will he do it? Can he do it? Can he pull off his second upset of the weekend? Everyone was counting him out. No one thought he'd beat Donald Cerrone. No one thought he'd show up today. See, the thing that confuses me about the English, there's a lot of numbers and it's not like the American numbers. You understand? Do we have an update? It's all very He says he's got his phone in me hand. In me hand. It's a lot of numbers to type. I told him to please stand by. See, is it, is it, do you add the zero? Do you not add the zero? It's very confusing. Maybe you don't. What do we got, New York Rick? Come on, I believe in you, New York Rick. Father to be. Where are you? Talk to me. The show wouldn't be the same. Yes, we've had George St. Pierre. Yes, we've had Rose Namunas. Yes, we've had TJ Dillashaw. We've had Scott Coker. We've had Musasi. But we need Darren Till. We must be talking to Darren Till. We must hear from Darren Till, one of the brightest stars. The future, as Dana White put him. Some of Dana's best promoting was done this past weekend. Darren Till has woken up the sleeping Dana White. He has woken him up. He's back. Where are you? Is it ringing? I believe in you. What's happening? How could this be? He says the phone is in his hand. I see the blue check. We're typing to each other. What is going on? Am I writing the wrong thing here? Oh, what just happened? He just called me. 
He's saying it's not ringing. You're calling the wrong thing. so confusing with these international numbers. Well, I can't have, it's a problem with having him call us because then it's a long distance call for him. You see what I'm saying? I could send him a check. I'd be happy to send him a check, a PayPal message, something like that. But I don't want the guy to pay long distance. How could it be? What's the problem? He's holding the phone in his hand, he said. Did I give the right number? Oh, no. I wrote the wrong thing. Ah, I wrote the wrong thing. Mm. Uh. See, this is what happens. We're going to lose him now because of my stupidity. Uh, uh, Boom. Do that. Do that. Quick. I wrote the wrong thing. Um, that's the... <laughs> he says, I haven't got a clue, mate. Wait, wait. <laughs> this is riveting. Did I get it? Oh, come on. Did I, I wrote the wrong number. I added an extra number. What do we got? Any update? Where's Darren Till? Where's the future? Where's the future champion? Where's the pride of Liverpool? Where's the scouser himself? Okay. No, no, no. Drop the zero. Drop the zero, someone tells me. Drop the zero. Do you understand what I'm saying? Ah, uh, how is this possible? <sighs> okay, we're going to get this. We're going to get this. How is this so difficult? Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Any luck? We're going to get this. What do we got? Any luck? Okay. What do we see? What do we see? What do we hear? Whole lot of nothing. How is this possible? Is it possible he's giving me the wrong number? Okay, breathe, everyone. Breathe, 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 breathe. Here 
going to get this. We're going to get this. Everyone pray. Pray to the podcast gods. Pray to the podcast gods. Okay. Wait a second. He says he's going to call us. Okay. He says he's calling us. Let's see. I hope you gave us the wrong, the right, the right number. Okay, we're going to get this. We're going to get this, everyone. Who believes? Who believes in me? We're going to get there until I believe it. And we don't do, we, we wouldn't go through this effort for everyone. But this is, this is a big deal. Darren Till, we must speak to him after the win on Saturday. We must be the ones to say that we spoke to him after he rolled through Poland, rolled through Cowboy Cerrone, and cemented himself as the top dog, the man to watch, the name to remember at 170 pounds. I see that he read it. I don't know about you, but I'm sweating. I'm sweating like, like, like I, like I just ran a marathon. I was going to say something else, but I'm not. Wait a second. Do we have him? Is he on the line? Oh my gosh. Is he there? Darren Till. Yo. Are you there? Yo. Oh, <laughs> this is unbelievable. You you are a gent. Oh my gosh, Darren. I would have, you know, Darren, we've talked to GSP. We've talked to TJ Dillashaw, Rose Namutis, Gegard Masasi, all on the show today. I would have gone home so depressed if I didn't speak to you this afternoon. I would have been so sad after what you did on Saturday. It would have, I was telling my, my producer, this day has been the worst day of my career. I was so mad. And you come through. I love you, Darren Till. Way yeah. to go. <laughs> all the time, brother. <laughs> oh, my God. And I'm sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send Did you call us or did we call you here? What happened? No, bro, I called you, but don't worry at all about that. I, I would have called you from the start. You just needed to tell me. Oh, I would have definitely God. called you guys. I didn't, want to, I didn't want you to pay. Oh, my. What happened to your phone? It's, you remember last time when you spoke to me and it was the crack screen? I think my phone's just on its way out, but I'm just too lazy to buy a new one. I just need to buy one now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, I think you won on Saturday. You beat Donald Cerrone. It's time for a new phone, my friend. You deserve it. Yeah, yeah, I think I do deserve a phone after beating a legend like Cerrone, so I'm going to buy one. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about it because we don't have a lot of time to waste here. I don't want to keep you on forever. Yeah. Two yeah, days later, okay. Darren, you, you have a performance like that. You go through a legend. You called it, and then, some. in my opinion, you exceeded the own, your own expectations that you put out there. I mean, that was a yep. star-making performance. Dana White is calling you the future. Everyone's talking about you. What's yep. it like two days later? Does it feel like your life has changed? Uh, no, the, uh, Ariel, I, I, I've, uh, I've visualized this for, for a long time now, and uh, I'm just living in the moment. I'm not taking anything for granted. There's just one thing, one thing I do know is that if MMA will not be the same when I finish with it. I, I, I know I'm going to take over this whole game. I know that for a fact. What was it like just being a part of the event as the main event, the headlining act? Like all eyes are on you. This was your show. This was your opportunity to take that step. Like the whole the whole experience last week in Poland. What was that like for you? Was it like you dreamed of? It was incredible. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it many times when I've been training. I've seen it many times when I've been sleeping. It was incredible. It was it was such an opportunity. 
Cowboy gave me the opportunity. He did not need to give me that opportunity, and he did. And, you know, it, it wasn't the best uh, decision from himself because, you know, he didn't know me when he took this fight. But the thing with me is, when, when you, you know, you might not know me, but when you get in that cage against me and you look across and I'm standing there, you know that it's fucking real and my confidence is real. And as soon as he stepped in the cage, Sati, I knew that he was a broken man and I knew that he was mine. He was mine. He was in my world because my confidence is is not fake. It's it's a hundred percent real, and you know that's what it is. How did you know that he was broken? He just walked in the cage. He wasn't the cowboy I've seen fight Bobby Lawler. He wasn't the cowboy I've seen fight all these years. He just he he he, he looked at me and he could just see a twenty four year old monster in front of him. He was trying to make himself like get hyped while he was in the cage. I could see him walking around and, you know, I'm just standing across him, just looking and smiling and just confident that I was going to take him out in a few minutes. And, you know, I just knew, mate. You know, it's weird because when I saw him as well and he didn't cut his hair, I just kind of felt like he was kind of going through the motions as well. I didn't have the same experience that you did, you know, standing next to him, but it, it didn't feel like he mm. was incredibly motivated for this fight and even what he was saying about you before and I know that's kind of his MO but I felt like he was just kind of going through the motions you got that impression as well yeah at the end of the day Ariel he's been around for a long time and what does he expect does he expect to just keep fighting and beating guys and you know beating kids like me you know I am a kid at the end of the day everyone keeps calling me a kid and I am a kid but I'm different and you know, you can't come into the cage with the attitude you do against other guys, what he has done. I'm different. I, I'm not there. I'm not here. In this, I'm not in this fucking world to mess about. And if you give me the opportunity, I'll do what I've done on Saturday to Cowboy. You know, my past few fights, people said I look too relaxed. I'm, you know, playing too many games. And it's true. I was not playing any games with Cowboy Saturday. And my next competitor will be a top competitor and I will not play games and I will not play games with the champion when I knock him out. I know you were confident going into the fight, but was it almost easier than you expected it to be? Uh, it's never easy, Ariel. It's just what I state. I know I am the greatest fighter on planet Earth. So, you know, when I beat all these guys who they say are the best, it doesn't come as a, as a surprise to me because I know I'm the best and it's, it's very simple. It's as simple as that. I keep saying it, and it just keeps coming true, and it'll just keep coming true. Because I know I am the greatest fighter alive. I know this. Um, there's no denying that, like you jumped over a lot of guys by fighting Cerrone, now beating Cerrone. Is like when you were envisioning your career, and I know you're exuding confidence, you're oozing confidence. 24 years old now, headlining a show, doing what you did to Cerrone, Dana calling you the future. Is this sooner than you expected? It is, it is, Ariel, I have to say, it is sooner than I expected, you know. I know one other guy, you know, in Conor McGregor, who, who, who rose so fast, I think he had like three fights and then was main event in his hometown, and, you know, there's not many other guys who've had fights like, I've only had four fights in the UFC and then I was main event in my fifth, so, you know, it did come very soon, but it's not what I didn't expect, like, you know, Cerrone was saying that he had more performances of the night than I've got fights, but has he looked at how many fights I've had before MMA? Because I've had probably more fights before MMA than he's had fights in his life. And that's the truth. So, you know, it's only what I've envisioned. 
Um, so then after, so not only was the performance amazing, but the post fight stuff was equally as entertaining. You call out Mike Perry right away. Like you didn't even allow yourself to enjoy the moment. Why did you go straight to Perry? Why did you get so worked up about the guy? I didn't, no, I didn't work, worked up. I don't care about Perry. I don't give a fuck about anyone. They, they're all worked up about me. The thing is, you know, they're all trying to hype themselves. I could see in Perry's eyes, he's trying to hype himself for me. I don't give a fuck about him. I'll, I'll get in that cage and I'll fucking shut his light straight out. You know, and I respect Perry. This is the thing, you know, we're, we're hyping this fight. I respect the guy. He comes to fight. He's, you know, he's a fucking good fighter. But, uh, you know, he, he, he said that Calby was going to beat me on Twitter and I said he wasn't. You know, we went back and forth a bit. And I didn't even call him out because he's matched to fight Santiago, so I'm not going to call him out. You know, he needs to get past Santiago, a guy I want to fight, who I think is one of the best guys in the, Uf in, in the UFC welterweight division. But, you know, I just said that, you know, you talk shit, and I'm going to say your name. He jumped up on the cage, and then I just went over to him and, you know, just let him know that my presence is there. You know, he's all doubted me. Every motherfucker doubted me. And now they're all tweeting about me. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, what were you guys saying to each other when you were yelling at each other through the cage? It was incredibly entertaining, as I said, but what were you actually saying? Do you remember? <laughs> well, I was just telling him that he's a lightweight and he needs to get in his own division. Don't be coming in this welterweight division that I rule already because I ain't no welterweight. I'm a light heavyweight fighting at welterweight. Just get back to your division and stop trying to make a fight with me because I'll shut his lights straight out. <laughs> and, you know, he was saying that no one's hit me like he's hit me. And, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's given it, He's giving back what he's getting said. We're, we're, we're both just going back and forth, which was fun. I enjoyed it. You know, he, he's a crazy guy. I love it. <laughs> it was phenomenal. It was incredibly entertaining. By the way, how much do you weigh? Like on fight night, how much did you weigh? <laughs> 90 kilos. 90 kilos. What is that? Do you know what that is? And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do that right now. About 200 pounds. Holy smokes. 200 pounds. That's insane. <laughs> 190. Yeah. I ain't no welterweight. I'm a light heavyweight fighting in the welterweight. They, it should be illegal what I'm doing. The UFC should ban it, but they can't because I do it naturally and I do it professionally and no one can do a fucking thing about it. So fuck them all. How's the, how's the weight cut? Well, I had a glass of Coke before, so what do you think? It was easy. <laughs> how do you do that? How do you, how do you cut so much weight and how do you just, gain it all back? Just, just, just the week of the fight, Ariel. I see every other fighter moping around doing 20 minutes on the treadmill and jumping off saying to the coach you're tired the week of the fight area I was still I was still training three hours a day I was training in the morning I was training the night I was caught on that weight you know my coach is the best coach in the world he's so scientific with everything and he keeps me grounded and that's how I made the weight I didn't even have to sauna this time I literally cut the weight training hard the night before do you think eventually you'll move up to 185 yeah, I'm definitely going to move up to 185 and then I'm going to go to like heavyweight. I've got plans and that's what I'm going to do. You know, Connor, Connor took Storm. He, he took the feather. He took the lightweight. People might take this as arrogance now, Ariel, and it's not arrogance. It's just confidence in me. And I know I'm going to take every division higher than me by Storm. I know this. I can see it already. Wow. That is, so what do you think? Okay, so now you're a welterweight. What do you think is next? What do you, what do you feel like is the next move for you? I just... I just two things there. I just want to wait for what the UFC gave me and Dana. Obviously, I want to make a lot of money with the UFC and I want to make them a lot of money. But I would really like them to bring it to me hometown, Liverpool, where it's never been. Yeah. Echo Arena, right? That's, That's what, what I you want. want? Yeah. I want the Echo Arena. I think Dana thinks that he's, his, his best atmosphere was in Dublin. I think the Echo Arena will top that twice. 
Have you talked to Dana since the fight? No, I just seen his post on 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 there, uh, on Instagram, which I was truly inspired by. You know, him calling me the future. You know, he's the boss of the UFC. He's 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 the president. You know, but I haven't spoke to him. You know, hopefully he reaches out and we will we'll we'll have a chat. You know, who's that's the perfect? What it is. Who's the perfect opponent for Echo Arena? For the debut Echo Arena, you headlining, Darren Till headlining, Liverpool's own, the Scouser comes home. Who's the perfect opponent? Who do you dream of fighting there? If, if Mike Perry gets past Santiago, me and him can get it on at the Echo, but, uh, you know, I just think a guy who brings it, Ariel, a guy, a guy who doesn't want to be a bottom fighter, you know, there's many bottom fighters in the division. A, a guy who comes to actually try and kill someone in that cage, knock someone clean out. If a guy comes like that to fight with me and I come with the same mentality, you can only expect, you know, fight of the year. Everyone thought that me and Calway were going to be fight of the year. I knew, I knew he wasn't because I knew I was going to kill him straight away, knock him straight out. And that's what I did. But, you know, we need a, I need a tougher competitor. I need someone who's very strong at welterweight because I am too big for these welterweights. So, so, um, Mike Perry's fighting in December. Are you going to wait for that fight to see what you're going to do next? Do you, do you want to take the rest of the year off and then you'll have to wait several months after that? What are you thinking? Or is it possible that they yeah, just... I believe that. Go ahead, go ahead. I believe that what my coaches told me was true this year. I've had a, you know, active year. They, 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 they think I need to rest now, which is true. So, yeah, I'm going to see Christmas out. I want to see what happens with Santiago and Perry. I believe Santiago beats Perry because... Of, I believe Santiago is one of the best guys in the welterweight division. And, you know, Perry beat them, hats off, you know, good, good luck to him. I, I hope they both, they both come off with a good fight, but I'll wait and see what happens. But the UFC could ask me to fight Christmas now, and who am I to turn them down? You know, my, my debut aerial, I said, you know, I, I came in nine days notice. They didn't have a main event for Cowboy. I said I'll be main event. If they ask me again, I will say yes. Are you hoping that they remove Santiago from that fight and that you get put in there? <laughs> if they do, I'll definitely do it. I mean, I'll shut Petty straight out first round. <laughs> Simple as that. I would love that fight. Um, by the way, I, I got to ask you about this. Colby Covington tweeted, I've changed my mind about Darren Till. He's no longer a complete <laughs> nobody. He's been upgraded to nobody. What do you make of Colby Covington and what he's been saying? <laughs> I just laugh, Ariel. It's, it's funny, you know. Colby's a good guy. He's a good guy, but he needs to worry about Damian Meyer because that guy, after me, is the best welterweight in the division. So Colby needs to stop worrying about me. I'm worried about Damien, but I laugh, Ariel. None of these tweets get to me. I, I just laugh. <laughs> I don't give two fucking shits. <laughs> Spe- speaking of people coming after you, it seems like some people accusing you of steroids. I saw you addressing these people. What's up with that? <laughs> That's what happens, Ariel, when you work hard as a motherfucker. People accuse you of taking steroids. So, you know, I hope that you saw the turn up at my door every day because... The only thing I'm eating is donuts. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you back in Liverpool? Yeah, I'm back in Liverpool right now. What's the scene like? How were you received back home? <sighs> I, I can't move in the city. Everyone's just supporting me. It's so overwhelming. Photos, you know, people saying how much they think I'm going to be champing. That's why I really want to bring the UFC to, to my hometown, the, the support I'm receiving. Does it 
Is it like a little overwhelming, all this happening to you? You know, overnight you've become the sensation. I see everyone talking about you. Yeah, it's overwhelming, but it's not that I can't handle. You know, a lot of guys, a lot of people always say, how are you dealing with the pressure? If I couldn't deal with the pressure, I would just not fight. You, you, as a fighter, you don't need to fight. You need to be able to handle every pressure, media obligations, fans coming up to you when you have them through to take photos. You need to handle all this shit. I can handle everything that's thrown at me. I might be 24, but I haven't got the head of a 24-year-old. How old do you think you'll be when you fight for your first UFC title? Uh, 25, 26. 25, 26. Okay, so in a year, year and a half. Yeah, definitely. Did you ever, did you ever get that beer with Donald afterwards? I saw you guys greeting each other. You went up to him. I thought it was very classy. Did you ever get to drink with him? Uh, no, I didn't. I, he went off to the hospital and then he went straight to his room, which, you know, he's probably down. But I'm definitely going to see Donald in the future sometime. And I just want to buy the guy a beer. The guy's a... The guy gave me the biggest opportunity in my life, you know. He didn't need to give that to me. Donald is who he is. He's, I'm a fan of Donald and, you know, fighting's fighting, but every fighter, doesn't matter if it's Donald Cerrone, Mike Perry, whoever, I respect every fighter and I respect Donald. Great stuff, Darren. I'm so happy that you came on. You have no idea. I really appreciate you going the extra mile. <laughs> I hope that you get that phone fixed soon, my friend. And uh, just, just so impressed. I, I'm blown away by what you did on Saturday and how you've handled yourself. The UFC has a new star. You are the future, my friend. Enjoy it and looking Thank forward you. to what's next for you. Thank you very much for having me on the show. I'll take care. All right. We'll talk to you soon. There he is. The one and only Darren Till stopping by. What a mensch. What a gent. What a class act. Goes the extra mile to be on the program. Calls us long distance. We got it done. At the 11th hour. You all doubted us, but we got it done. Now it's time for everyone's favorite segment. Now it's time for... And now it's time to open up your ears and there it your is. minds. Now I'm happy. Fans, it's time for Rick's Picks. Rick's I am so picks. happy. Rick's Picks are lots of fun. And his hair is in a bun. You have no idea how happy I am. You already know what it is. I was going to be so mad if we didn't get it done. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's the moment you've all been waiting for. You got to do the slow reveal. I don't think Rick was ready for his close-up. There he goes. So happy. Uh, 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 I don't smoke. I've actually never put a cigarette to my lips, but I feel like I need a cigarette. How about you, Mr. New York Rick? I'm feeling all right. (laughs) Can you tell us what it was like? When everyone was doubting you, when no one thought you'd be able to call long distance. And in the end, you actually didn't figure it out. He called us. There was nothing to figure out, my friend. What was the problem? The numbers don't work. <laughs> you're, you're, you're just take out the zero, which uh, I also got on Twitter. Yes. I, I professionally do this. I didn't ever include the zero. Every zero, that uh, the, the zero in front of that number... That you put in, I never dialed. The numbers didn't work. I would have been so sad if we didn't get him on the show. You know, it's not really only about Darren Till. I hate when we promote that someone's on and they don't show up. You know what I mean? We've had a pretty good track record. We've had a good track record. There's no doubt about it. But this was a big one, you know? No, of course. When I Uh, say that someone's on, I want them to be on. Because I don't want people to think I'm a liar. We're not some of these other programs baiting you. The people have to understand. There's things that are out of our control. But Darren Till having a Nokia brick phone. 
from 1994. Um, it's out of our control. I am so happy right now. But he made it work. Your Rick's picks could be the worst ones ever, and I'll still be happy. What do you well, got? Fortunately for you, they're the best okay. ones ever. <laughs> what do you got, my friend? What do you got? Let's celebrate. Nine guests promoted. Nine guests arrived. That's a lot of guests. Yes. I mean, we also had, you know what? We won't even talk about that. What happened? Oh, we had to switch TJ and there was a lot, and but Michael that's why Page. you get pay, paid the big bucks, right? Shout out, to, shout out to the to the god Michael Page who uh, just comes on early, just filled in right away. Called him first minute, no he problem, was ready to go, no no worries. Okay, what do we got? What do we got? No time to waste. We start with the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. One Darren Till sending this picture. Interestingly enough, sending this picture to you, Jess. Yes, just to me. Just to you. <laughs> See, we have that connection, Darren and I. I'm able to pinpoint the future stars. Long now, before did it, arrive, did it arrive via carrier pigeon? How did he exactly get this to you? Was it a fax? No, what do you mean? I'm wondering his technological... What are you talking uh, about? His phone broke, for God's sakes. Give the guy a break. Oh, now all of a sudden... Wait a minute. Wait, his fo- no, I really believe... You don't believe that his phone broke? No, no, of course I do. But what I'm no, but it actually is, explains the last time he was on. You remember how yeah, yeah. it looked? No, yeah. And it also explains why calling it doesn't work. Yes. Um, I was, we were able to Skype. I Skyped with him 30 minutes before that new time. And then after that, it was no good anymore. But uh, let's not harp on it because we got him. Yes, we, we made it happen. So happy. And now we're going to move on. Yes. Uh, Darren Till sending Ariel this photo of him uh, eating a little tiramisu. Yes. And but you see, this is the difference. He did it after the weigh-ins, not before the weigh-ins. Big difference. You can still, I mean, you can still mess yourself up with that. You got to be careful what you're eating. Tiramisu? Are you kidding me? That's God's food. I would eat tiramisu before a fight. Only my mom's though. I don't touch that other stuff. Top notch, my mom. I told you about my mom, right? You've said this before. Yeah, 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 yeah. your mom makes the best. Uh, I used to have it for breakfast, like legit. I used to eat cake for breakfast. Well, that's Darren how we lived. Ate the lucky tiramisu. And uh, got the job done. Well, thank you. Thank you, Darren. Here, we're going to bring the audio down just a little. We have Darren calling out Mike Perry. I love that. This was so funny. The best part was Mike Perry punching himself in the face. I'm a real welterweight. Look at this. And now we have the post fight. I love this. This is my favorite feud of the year. We got to be professionals about this, and we got to sign the paperwork, and we're going to make it happen. I'm pretty sure that it's going to go down. I look forward to it, but I got work to do first with Santiago Ponzinibbio and Winnipeg. The matchup's coming up. I'm sure you'll that, that whole yeah. scene. That has to happen. With like the, the back and forth, and then him showing up on the broadcast afterwards was like straight out of wrestling. And I love this. You see, like guys have to create their own destinies, create your own feuds, create your own stories. You got to do it. No one else is going to do it but you. Don't rely on the UFC. This was phenomenal. And kudos to Gooden and, and Hardy who kind of let the moment breathe. You know what I mean? Like they didn't, they didn't get all over it. They didn't, they didn't get in their way. They kind of just let it all happen. It well, great. when you're wearing that jacket and you have that haircut, you just let it, you let it ride. By the way, I reached out to Mr. Perry. He's currently traveling throughout Europe with his uh, significant other. So he was a little busy, but we will get his... They, they need to make this. His fight. thoughts on the show soon. Yes. Oh my. Do God. not do not botch. This. What, what do you do? What do you do for them? Do you remove Ponzinibbio? We will. Let's let's talk about okay. this later. All right, all right. As you can imagine. Yes. There are quite a few questions about this. Um, one more from this or related to this fight, not uh, Till and Perry, but Till and Cerrone. The fight that happened, uh, Cowboy with the Instagram post saying basically, uh, great job to Darren Till. Broke the f out of his nose. 
doesn't make excuses and just posts a photo of himself getting mashed. Um, that's just, Did you that's get just that? awesome stuff. I, I, I'm weird when it comes to these things, right? I'm weird when it comes to these things. But when I saw Donald... That can apply to a lot of situations. Yes. But when I saw Donald with the long hair... Oh, you, no. I really thought... This like, is where you're going? I swear. I swear. I wish someone was there that I could... I was with my kids at a uh, at a, like a, a, a fall festival. That's how I was watching this fight on my phone. Um, shout out to Fight Pass, by the way, who allows me to do this. Um, yeah. And I saw the long hair and I was like, man, like when you just kind of don't really, you know, people say like, oh, you know, you look good, you feel good, you fight good. I just felt like he was phoning it in. I felt like in this fight, he was phoning it in. I could be completely off. I could be reading too much into it, putting too much stock into the hair, but it just kind of felt like, look, you've reached a point. Like Donald Cerrone is in 25, right? Yes. Let's find out. How, Accurate. How old is Donald Cerrone right now? Uh, Donald Cerrone is 34. Donald Cerrone is 34, turns 35 in March. So he's, Closer to 35 than he is 34. Mm-hmm. And, or 33. And when I heard, like, he, he never heard of Darren Till. He's not going to look up Darren Till. That's kind of his shtick. That's his MO. And we all love him for We respect him. But at some point, should the question be asked that, you know, maybe you need to evolve? Or maybe we don't believe him. Maybe he does know who Darren Till is. I and mean, maybe that's all part of the cowboy persona. Like, you, at 34, 35, you, with the fights you've been in, with the wars you've been in, with the damage that you've taken, with the punches you've been hit with, you can't go into these fights against these guys who are 10 years younger than you and not knowing what to expect. I just don't think that that's smart for the longevity of your career. But maybe not for chasing title opportunities. But How about just for winning? But if that's, I mean, it's kind of who he is. It's, it's kind of the, it's the gimmick. It's the... But does the gimmick it, need it to change? Him, it's the essence of what he is. Or, or how about this? Maybe 170 isn't for him. I'll say this. I'm sure his coaches aren't not looking at tape of, of the fighters and not knowing who they are. I'm sure the team at Jackson Wink knows exactly who, you know, Darren Till is. Um, are the 170s maybe too big for him? Robbie that's Lawler, another que- Masvidal, yeah. Darren Till. I mean, but it was size the factor here? I just think, Darren Till was hungrier and, and got it on that. I mean, Darren Till weighed 200 fight. pounds, he says. Sure, but That's insane. Darren Till is going to outweigh a lot of welterweights and he's not going to defeat every... Well, let me not say that. Maybe, maybe he will. Maybe he will defeat every single one, but um, may, you know, they're, not, they're not all going to be like this. Um, Cerrone won eight in a row going into that RDA fight, gets starched yep. by RDA, RDA and then yep. comes back as a welterweight and had three and wins. well. Had four yeah. wins, excuse me. Um, I, just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I Look, think, age is age. Age is 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 the undefeated opponent, right? I mean, it always wins. I think age is much more significant than necessarily the you know lack of preparation because you know who knows how how real that is. Who knows how little he does or does not know about the opponent? But um, I'm sure his team prepares him properly, and it's I, I, I'm thinking it's it's. People will be very quick to say that this is, you know, the the the, the sign of the decline and jump on that. Um, I think a, a better fighter won that fight that night. Obviously, better, younger. But I mean, I'm not reading too much into it just okay, yet. Okay, has the fall happened quicker than you expected with Cerrone? I mean, it seems to happen with everyone no, in the No, because of game. the nature. He's going to take a fight against it. And it's the same way the title shot wouldn't come as quickly. And when it came, maybe he wasn't, um, in the best position to to capitalize on it, just because he's going to take a fight whenever he needs one. He, it's it's not necessarily like his career is not exactly calculated. 
Um, no, yeah. When those fight opportunities come up, he jumps on them regardless. And so I think, you know, who knows if he was an, even healthy? Like, there's so many factors sure. that could go into this. And I'm not ready to say that was the this f- is a sign of something. Fair, but that was the first time, and correct me if you felt otherwise, that I watched a Cerrone fight and thought to myself, he's just getting older. That was the first time that it that it was mm. noticeable to me. Yeah, I mean, that could be accurate. That could definitely be accurate. You know, in his last fight, the Lawler fight, which was that, like, I, I didn't promise you, yeah. he will win his next fight and everybody will forget. Against two. I guess it depends. That's a good question. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but anyway, the point of this was to shout out that Instagram post, n- never makes excuses. Um, and he's a badass. Speaking of not making excuses, Artem Lobov having a frank conversation on Twitter here saying, not sure what the future holds, don't want to be retiring and coming back a thousand times, which as somebody who has long rallied against the MMA retirement, I greatly appreciate this. Um, he's going to think about the future and uh, update everybody. Um, but, but So I did I did speak to him, as I said, um, earlier in the show, and I didn't get the impression that this is it for him in fighting. Maybe looking at a boxing match, maybe looking at other options, but and maybe seeing what the UFC is going to do. Correct, sure. correct me if you feel otherwise, I don't think the UFC is getting rid of Artem Lobov. For no reason. I, I would see no reason to. He's still a viable it, it, I got the impression that he was wondering. He was wondering if they still have use for him. If they would cut him. And I don't think they are. Yeah. I, I really don't think they I, are. I don't think He so. gets called out almost every show. Um, he's only lost two in a row. Uh, Feely is, is no joke. And then prior to that, it was Cub Swanson. You know, like I, I, I don't think that he's. I mean, I'd say he's in a very valuable position, in fact. Because... Typically, the fighters with this type of name recognition who get called out like this and have name value are probably carrying a higher price tag than um, him because he's up and down. He's not exactly, you know, putting together huge win streaks. I would think that he's actually in a a very advantageous position in terms of, you know, getting fights. Um, So I I would think that he's he's secure, but who knows? Um, What did you make of that whole scene with Connor? We'll talk about that later, okay. too. I know Gerald Harris says we don't show him love. Can I just say something about Gerald Harris? Sure. Gerald Harris... Okay, go... No, no, no. Give, give this its due. I'm sorry. I didn't see the clip. Ugh, I don't want to see this. Jesus Christ. No, no, it's not that... Ugh. It's not that bad. It was horrible. By the way, Weston Shepard sending this to World Star is classic. No, actually... So, Ugh. not don't bury Weston. Somebody was trying to send it, and he was just... You know, help facilitating. But um, what I was going to say was just Gerald Harris is uh, very mistaken. Um, I've shown him. He's very mistaken. A ton of love on this show. He, he's kind of gone like into the territory of trolling, I feel like. And, and like he's coming at me and he had these weird tweets to me. Uh, when was it? UFC 216. What did I I wrote something on Twitter about. Uh, oh, I, I wrote about. Um. Kevin Lee crying. I said it was very emotional after the fight. Like mm. not editorializing, not making fun of him. Trust me. I respect the crier. I have no yep. problem with criers. And he's like, bro, for, for a journalist of your stature to make fun of a fighter for crying. I was like, what the heck are you talking about? In fact, I even tried to mute him. That's how much he was annoying me. And he's unmutable. What do you mean? I tried to mute him and it just wouldn't mute. 
He kept coming at me and then he was getting into arguments with other people. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to see this anymore because he's in the verified tab. The verified tab on Twitter is my safe haven. That's where like you, you don't see any of the annoying, you know, riffraff. And it's very rare for someone who's verified to be annoying. And so I see I all the I tweets about this. and I, and I was like, you know what? I can't deal with this right now. Gerald Harris, you're, you're accusing me of making fun of a guy crying. And then you're getting into arguments with other people. I'm muting you. And guess what? You could it unmutable. Are you, were you using Darren Till's phone? Per unmutable. Chance? He you, is uh, unmutable. Kudos um, to him, but he's unmutable. Look, the reality is I featured all his slam KOs always have. Yes. I think they're incredible giving him the due credit and it is what it is. We'll move on. Listen, I feel bad. I feel bad for Gerald Harris. I think he was supposed to be a part of the redemption series. Got, yeah. got, got uh, injured. Yep. You know, he's had some, some bad luck. I didn't think that he deserved to get cut when he did yep. from the UFC. He had the slam, David branch, yep. all that stuff. I don't know what happened, but don't take it out on me, man. I, I had nothing to do with it. Well, congrats to Gerald. Good win. And congrats on being Highlight. unmutable. Highlighting this, this slam. For uh, the record, this is, he's not muted right now, by the way. I know, you couldn't do it. You've told us. Yeah. I think he, um, I think he's got four of these, if not more. Uh, but uh, it's, it's become a thing. Okay. Here, uh, we weren't able to show this earlier when we had Michael on, but we have uh, Michael's there it is. TKO victory over Jonathan Castano. Uh, in boxing. Let's see it again. Three. Let's see it again. Did you see the killer crossover? It's of not in this. How cool is it that it's copied from N1? It's amazing. Look at this. N1, N1 is what I grew up on. I know. Bang. Look at that right hand. Boom. And then just leaning over the ropes. He knew. He knew that one was done. Now, again, worth repeating Mr. Castano 2 12 and 1 now after the fight, but still wins a win. Pro debut. Look, what were what were you expecting from no. him to make his Floyd pro debut? Mayweather. People, people who are getting all up in arms. Uh, look, if you said another fighter who's O and O, one and O, sure, I'm not going to argue against you there. But a guy, were you expecting him to be in there with a killer? Were you expecting him to be in there with a guy who's five and O, six and O, seven and o? like what's the the line here? Um, this this type of matchup happens very early in boxing careers regularly. So I'm not uh, I'm not too mad about it. Um, congrats to to Michael Venom Page on his uh, boxing pro de- debut. Okay, mixing of worlds here. We've got Francis Ngannou posting a picture with David Beckham. Yes, from the UFC Performance Institute. I don't know what. There's not much of a story or a reason I picked this other than the fact that um, David Beckham and Francis Ngannou are together in a picture. That's that's the summary of why this is Rick's pick. Well, it's funny because uh, Francis Ngannou is always at the Performance Institute, right? Right, that's his home gym. Yes. And um, uh, Dana White said that he's like his neighbor now. He's there so <laughs> often. Um, and so it was funny that this picture was taken at the Performance Institute. Now, why was David Beckham there? Uh, well-dressed, I mean, clearly not working out. Very interesting, but... Um, you just mean that moment, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you're mean, not, I you're guess... You're not editorializing on David Beckham's physique, right? No, 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 no. Clearly not working out. No, no, I mean like in that, gotcha. in that but he didn't catch him between sets, you know what I mean? <laughs> I gotcha. um, but I think David Beckham is involved in the uh, soccer ownership, MLS. Doesn't he have a team with Miami? Hmm. Something like that. So maybe he was looking at training, you know, facilities, things like that. Who knows? But yes, good on Francis Ngannou. I can't believe Francis Ngannou beat Andre Arlovsky in January. 
and he's going to finish the year fighting just twice, hopefully. You know what I mean? Like if you would have told me he beat Arlovsky in January, he's a heavyweight, he's injury-free, that he'd only fight twice, and it was on the you know first month of the year, the last month of the year, it feels like it was kind of... The issue is the timing, though. Yeah. If, if you're holding out for that title fight, and rightfully so, you, you're at the mercy. It's, 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 uh, it's not easy to, to fill these slots in. Um, we highlighted a few of these last week, the GTA-inspired posts by both Conor McGregor and Tony Ferguson. Now we've got our third update. Oh. No caption. Oh, but wait. just Nate Diaz looking down the barrel. Wow, I didn't see this one. Of a gun here. Huh. Um, I'm, I'm guessing he has uh, somebody in his sights, somebody in his targets, but who that is? Do we know? I don't know. Got nothing? I got, I mean, oh, I, I thought you were like being facetious. No, I'm asking you. Clearly it's Darren Till. God, how, how, that, how much fun would Mike Perry or Darren Till versus Nate Diaz be? Mike Perry versus Nate Diaz might break my dear God. MMA. My dear, dear God. Although I feel like that might be a scenario where like they kind of respect each other and don't go over the, the line initially. Um, and then at some point, somebody does something that pisses the other off enough to, to get them to, to get heated. But I feel like they're both each other's type of fighter and probably wouldn't... Like their personalities, I think, would mesh better. Yeah, um, I think they'd uh, they'd be on the same. Page. I'm just so into that little feud right now. I'm so I oh, yeah. just love it. I love it. That scene where he's punching himself. Do you see him punching himself? In the of face? course. I'm a yeah. real welterweight. I'm a real. <laughs> and Darren Till making the point that uh, he's actually a light heavyweight. Yeah, I love it. He skips over middleweight. Um, here we had a, a tweet that picked up a lot of steam. Oh, uh, oh yes, from from a guy named Edge. K- oh no, I skipped it. No, by you accident. Didn't. No, you didn't. KFC. KFC. Um, Wait, you, follows eleven people. Oh, you just skipped it now. Yeah, okay. KFC follows eleven people. Yeah, uh, five of them are the Spice Girls, and six of them are people named Herb or Herb. Uh, the the joke being that uh, they have eleven herbs and spices. Yeah, Herb Dean, our very own MMA referee, Herb Dean, is one of those eleven herbs. Uh, and he tweeted out after after this became popularized, he tweeted out, my commitment to be one of the 11 herbs and spices has never been stronger. I will continue to do all I can to promote flavor. Okay, so I have a few things to say about this. It's phenomenal. It's brilliant. First Amazing. of all, KFC social media, uh, incredible. That guy, Edge, who figured it out. I don't know if he works for them or it was, it was leaked to him. I don't know. Tremendous. Two things to say. Is that like a known thing for KFC that yeah, they have a lot? Like that's like their 34 flavors or 31 like, flavors. Yeah, exactly. Basket. I, I never knew that. A. B. I want to take credit for the Herb Dean thing. I'm the one. I was the first. I, I, and, and correct me if you saw someone earlier, but I looked at who they follow because I was curious. And then I saw Herb Dean and then I tweeted our own Herb Dean and then everyone jumped on the bandwagon. So I kind of feel like I didn't get the credit for that one, for that uh, discovery. Well, we'll give you the credit now. Thank you. Ariel Helwani, the first to report that Herb Dean. (laughs) I loved it. Although it was unfortunate that Herb had a typo in his tweet. That always kills Yeah, that's okay. We glossed over that. (laughs) People don't need to know. If you're you're watching, forget about it. If you're listening, Uh, I read it and I was like, damn it. (laughs) Damn it, typo. But it's great. And now I'm wondering, is Herb an ambassador? Like officially? Like, you know, I'm wondering what the nature of it is. Um, But keep promoting flavor. Flavor, rather. Uh, Well done, Herb. Yeah, that's great. Bill Steinmetz uh, caught my eye with this quick Photoshop. Yes. 
um, of a PWG wrestling show. Yes, I see everyone tweeting about this PWG. Yes, I, I'm. I have to admit, I'm not super familiar. I'm, I'm shocked because it seems like it's like the hipster thing to to like in pro wrestling. I'm not a hipster. So you're usually all over that bandwagon. You're still on the NXT train. It seems like all the hipsters have moved on. Well, only I've NXT. never been to a PWG show, but I'd I'd go. Yeah. If, if I was invited, but uh, you're still stuck on NXT, which seems it was to great. Be very. I went twice, and it was amazing. Oh, stop! <laughs> I well, I did go in like 2015. Yeah, I know that's what but, I said. Uh, it was good. Um, but anyway. Photoshopped by Bill Steinmetz um, with the whole MMA fighting crew. Uh, I was actually there. I'm not a Photoshop, but everybody else Photoshopped in. Has anyone, was anyone actually there in that picture? I'm pretty sure Esther, Casey, Mark, oh, okay. all of them went. Yeah, no, yeah. Not in this exact picture. Oh, okay, okay. But uh, I'm pretty sure they went. By the way, did you see that Kurt Angle returned yesterday? I didn't. Well, you didn't hear this news? I saw it on Twitter. I didn't see the thing. No, no, no. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I didn't see it either. Yeah, no, I know that. I know that uh, Kurt Angle was lacing him up at 40-plus years old. 17 years to the day that he won the WWE title. Oh, that's right. You tweeted. For the first ah, time. I missed one. I should have put your tweet. That was the, I couldn't believe it. Every October 22nd, I send four friends an email wishing them a happy anniversary, a happy No Mercy anniversary. We drove to Albany from Montreal to watch No Mercy in 2000 in Albany to watch Kurt Angle meet The Rock and become the first, uh, to become the champion for the first time, WWF champion. Also on that card. Were you a fan of Kurt Angle? Why was this I so lo- special? We loved Kurt Angle. He was hilarious. Okay. But we also just went because it was a pay-per-view nearby. But also on that card, Rikishi was revealed as the driver who hit Stone Cold Steve Austin and it was a big reveal. It ended up being a dud. But it was just fun to go to a pay-per-view. Let me, let me ask you a question here. Yes. You send an email around to yes. people every year. Every months. year, four friends. How did we get to the point where you are so out on I'm so out professional of wrestling? Uh, How did we get to My the- friend MMA History Today said, will you even like try to find the clip? I, I, I couldn't have less interest in it. I don't know why. I don't know what How happened. How did we get here? I don't know. Honestly, if I'm being honest, I, the Chris Benoit thing really turned me off. Ooh, yeah. That incident, I just kind of felt weird about it. Yeah. Um, I worked for Spike TV I was backstage at a TNA event and just walking around and seeing these grown men and women dressed up and like just the vibe backstage, seeing behind the curtain kind of turned me off a little bit. Um, That's understandable. It was just a gradual thing. I used to watch Monday Night Raw when I first moved in with my future wife and she was like so baffled by the idea why I would watch this that like slowly but surely I just kind of got less and less and she's never the one to deter me from doing anything but like Monday was really I felt like if I stuck with it might have been an issue I don't know you sound like good reasons to me I was just but October 22nd 2000 I remember that that is such a that is such a like significant like in thing to be doing yeah and now fast forward evolved I'm out of it you got no love for it Um, my son has actually asked me about John Cena uh, I think one of his friends was dressed up as him or something. So, uh, you know, if he gets into it, I'll get into it with, you know, with him. Fair enough. You know, sort of like my, my Yankees. We're all in on the Yankees oh now. You know, fell short in game seven, but I got to tell you, we went to if game you're four. all in on the Yankees, we're no All in on the Yankees. Love it. 
The really know how to pick winners, Ariel. Baby bombers. Yeah, I'm the bad luck charm. But anyway, October 22nd, 2000, I send an email and then I see this thing that he's coming back and I'm like, wait a second, it's close to October 22nd and it was 17 years. Now, did you, it. did you send this one early? No, I saw the tweet and that was, yeah, it was, oh, yes, yes, I said that. Not before the tweet. Yes, I saw, usually I wait for the 22nd, but this yeah. time I had to send this it out on the 20th when it came sure. out to, to tell all my friends how exciting this moment was. And there was some brief discussion about coming together to watch again but of course i don't live in montreal so that was not possible you could, could skype in i have to say though i felt a little weird about you know angle with the neck injuries and the way he looks these days i mean he can't even move his neck have you ever seen him in person and he has to move his whole body and, and by the way you know how crazy this is 17 years to the day that he won the belt but also exactly 10 years to the day that my jerrypark.com website launched I launched it my my you know my my foray yeah. into the world of journalism and my first guest on October twenty second was Kurt Angle. Now, did you do that on purpose? No, I swear, I couldn't because believe it. That would you would have been how many years deep into the into the emails by that point? Seven years. Uh, yeah. So, se- well, that was two thousand seven. So it's been eight years since. No, what am I talking about? Ten years since. No, I'm saying, well, when when was the the anniversary that you two thousand seventeen. So, so you were then seven years into that email. Yes. You had to know you're posting this on October 22nd with Kurt Angle. I really don't remember. You know, you're right. Maybe. You have to think, you had to put that together. I know how your brain I'm going to go back to the one that I sent on October 22nd. Yeah, go back to that. Be like, guys, I'm posting <laughs> oh. the Kurt Angle interview. Oh my okay. God. Okay. Um, our last clip here is from Matthew Heath. Let's oh. put the audio up. Yes. This guy's a legend. Um, this was wait can we pause it or is it too late no. oh Jesus <laughs> this is it this is the promo that was not me lying this is the promo that I talked about that I wanted to see for 217 we have all been wondering what is going on with George St. Pierre he came on this program said that he was itching to get back Old and studio. he was ready to resume his fighting career I'm not gonna be the old GSP. If I come back as the same Jacques Saint Pierre I used to be when I when I was very successful, I think it gets I'm pretty serious after this. Yeah, night. it's great. Uh, so, so a couple of weeks ago, remember when I went on the rant? I said that I I wanted. It's official. I'm back. Yeah, it's hilarious. But you see, fans didn't get it. They were like, no, the other one was better. These are two separate ideas. This was the one that I requested. No, but the other thing wasn't a promo. That's what I would have done had I been at the press conference. It's totally different. This promo was what I said, hey, video editors out there, get on it. And guess what? Matthew... (laughs) Sound effect. And guess what? Matthew Heath got on it. Wait, there's the ending. Oh no, there's one more. It's so great. By the way, this is way better than the promo that he paid a million dollars on. I believe right now I reached the perfect peak of athleticism, knowledge, and wisdom as a fighter, and I'm going to prove it to everyone. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. The saying is not, if at first I don't succeed, I'm going to fucking run off and cry like a bitch. Yes, thanks to my promos. Well, Matthew, oh you're, you're a value or a credit to, to the MMA world. Now I want to see my Winnipeg one. Where's that one? Listen, you can't just demand <laughs> free work out of this guy for, for the rest of time. <laughs> oh my God, this is great. By the way, speaking of anniversaries, you know what happened seven years ago today? Kurt Angle something or other? No. What? They actually sent it to you. 
might be too late. Casey and Esther, have you seen it? Have you seen the clip on Slack? Oh, no. Let me look now. Seven years ago today, it might be hard to... Ah, uh, uh, yes. Can you put that up there now? I can. Let me see. Let's... Um, Seven years ago today yeah, talk, was talk UFC it. 121, Anaheim, California. A few notable things happened that night. A, Daniel Cormier and John Jones met each other for the first time backstage at the pond. That's when they first met. And that's when John Jones said to him, oh, you're the Olympian. I bet I could take you down. Remember that? That's the genesis of the whole damn thing. Also of note that night, Cain Velasquez became the UFC heavyweight champion when he defeated Brock Lesnar. Remember that? The scar on the cheek that's still there. It's kind of under his eye, under Lesnar's eye. Remember that? Anaheim, California. And, and also, one more thing. moments after this happened. Helwani post fight at UFC 121, where Kane Velasquez just beat Brock Lesnar, and we're here with the Undertaker, sir. What are your thoughts on what we just witnessed? Okay, this is uh, fascinating. I'm a little bit shocked, you know. <laughs> I, I thought Brock was going to come out. Michelle McCool like back there, you see her. Um, I thought Kane's Sam Scott, Randy would Couture. be better if they went in you know, the fourth or fifth round. Okay, so pause it for a second. Can you pause it? Okay, so right here I'm like, wait, can you pause it? Or we're gonna lose it? Okay, right here I'm like, okay, Taker's like shocked. He came to support his friend Brock Lesnar. You know, he's kind of sad. He's, you know, I'm catching. I'm like, this was when the UFC would let us go out there. I, Jim Byrne is right there. You know, Jim Byrne, yep. PR extraordinaire man, right over there. You see him. He's looking down, pretending to be busy. I think he was really doing nothing, but I give him a ton of credit because he used to work at the at the WWE, then the UFC. And I said to him, Jim, could I talk to the Undertaker after the fight? Win or lose, I want to talk to him. Goes up to Mark Calloway. He's there with his wife, Michelle McCool. And uh, he says, will you talk? He says, yes. I have no. I just want to talk to the guy. So you see there in the first answer, he's just like, yeah, I'm a little bit chuck. Okay, keep going. James, a hell of a fighter, and he did a hell of a job. Do you think, considering the size difference, that he'd be able to manhandle him like that? No, I didn't, okay. I didn't think so. I think Brock's We're talking. size would over. Okay, now look at his eyes. Look at his eyes right there. You see? Pause, pause, pause. Cardio battle. Pause. You see his eyes? Look at his eyes. You see his eyes right there? Now he sees Brock. But here's the most fascinating thing about this. When someone leaves the cage, they usually go the opposite way. We were on like Dana's side of things where the celebs are, but that's not where they leave the cage. So at this point right now, Brock Lesnar is actually walking out of the cage and they lock eyes. You see his eyes right there? He's looking off and he's kind of pausing and he's wondering, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Okay, keep going, keep going, keep going. I've watched this a million and, uh, times. Look at the eyes. Look at the pause. I'm Look, he's moving over. Surprised. He's moving over to talk. Almost like you're at a loss for words yeah. there. Look at this. You want to do it? There was Brock Lesnar right there. Okay, pause it, pause it, pause what it. What did you just say to him? Pause it. You see that moment right there? So he's so he's moving over to him. He sees him and he goes, you want to do it? And I'm like, what? There's, there's MC Hammer, by the way. You see MC Hammer? Off, it's like the, this is like the Zapruder film of MMA interviews. And so it's like a who's who in the background. And all of a sudden I'm like, what? But I didn't hear him say you want to do it. You know how loud it was in there? It was crazy loud. They're playing, uh, what are they playing? California likes to party, right? So it's crazy loud in there. I didn't hear him say you want to do it. So I just see him. I'm like, wow, I can't believe Brock just walked over. I'm not looking at him. My back is towards the whole thing. I can't believe Brock just walked past us. And look at look at MC. You see him? See his eyes? See him right over there? Bottom right. There he is. Okay. So I say, what did you say to him? I didn't know what he said. I thought like, hey, better luck next time. Okay, now, now play it. Now play it. I, I, it's kind of a personal thing. Uh, 
what? I'm like, you know, wait a second. I think maybe he needs to. Uh, now he's talking yeah, smack. He's to train a little harder. What? Um, are you guys cool? Now I'm like, what? Personal. Whoa. Who are you rooting for tonight? Okay, so pause it, pause it, pause it. So then I'm like, okay, he doesn't want to talk about it. He says it's personal. So I have to take a step back and just kind of assess, like, who are you actually here for? I thought you were here for Brock. But no. Play, play. You know what? I uh, I got background with Brock, but, uh, you know, that just showed you something right there. Wow. Are you a fan of this sport? Okay, so now I have to take a breath. You're one of the first guys to actually introduce MMA to pro wrestling. I needed to buy some time to assess what just happened because my mind was just blown. And I like to. So we're talking about MMA. Things that I can bring from MMA into into what we do. Obviously, there's not many people prepared for it. You know, and you know, it's. I just, I'm a big fan. Perhaps 20 years ago, if this sport was as popular as it is today, you think you would have done it? Safe bet. Real safe bet. I'm blown yeah, away at this point. It's a little late in the game for me to start now. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, this is just years surreal ago, stuff. I'd be all over it. The freaking Thank Undertaker. Thank you so much for the time, sir. Right. Very much appreciate very it. Much. I, so after this, I get this interview, and I'm like, what the hell? And I'm walking to the back, and who do I see? Paul Heyman. And Paul Heyman is there for Brock Lesnar. And he's like, did it? Did that just happen? And he wouldn't tell me what just happened, and I couldn't understand. And then I found out that Undertaker was going to I still don't know if it was a work or a shoot. Do you know? What do you think? Yeah, I've got the insight. You do? All these years later. I've, uh, I I've still case. have never gotten the answer as to whether or not it was a work or a shoot. I mean, the fact that Brock seemed to not know what was going on in that moment. Now, granted, he had just gotten beat up in a cage. Possibly concussed. Possibly concussed. The fact that he had the presence of mind to walk past us. Yeah, but it seemed like he wasn't really in on it. You don't think? He was walking past us. He, he didn't have confused. to walk out that way. He looked confused. My God. The fact that Taker, and then people thought that I was in on it. I, I, you know what? TMZ did a thing saying that it was all work. And I've never said this before. I actually called Dana White. I personally called Dana White and assured him that I was not in on some wrestling angle because I didn't want him to think like, they let me go in there. I'm a credentialed media member. I don't want to be a part. I went home that's, that Sunday and I remember logging onto Twitter and seeing that Bill Simmons had tweeted the clip. I couldn't believe it. It had like four or five million views. It was insane. The whole thing was nuts. I still don't know what it meant. One of the great regrets of my life is that they didn't bring, I thought they should have brought me in as like a special guest ring announcer or timekeeper. I mean, like I don't want a referee spot, but just like someone who's sitting off to the side when they finally met at WrestleMania all those years later, or I think it was SummerSlam. I got to do something with Paul Heyman, a video about it, but that was, I mean, seven years ago today, we were there when it all happened. You want to do it. The most famous, you want to do it. The most famous four words ever uttered in MMA history. Okay. Thank you for sending that, Casey and Esther. That, uh, yeah, that one was uh, it's a great moment. A great moment in MMA history. Seems like, you know, October 22, 3, 4 has been good to you. That's, um, true. That, That's true. That was it for Rick's picks. Okay. Thank you very much for those picks. Stand by, sit tight. Now what we're going to do is pause for a moment. If you've been watching us on YouTube, if you've been watching us on Facebook, if you've been watching us via MMAfighting.com, we are going to switch on over to MMAfighting.twitter.com. That's where we'll be answering your questions for the next 30 minutes or so. We call it the MMA After Hour. It's when we really get freaky. If you think this show has been nuts, just wait for what's to come. So, 
Go to MMAfighting.twitter.com. It's called the MMA After Hour, and it starts right now. Yes, we are back. Time now for the MMA After Hour. And by the way, say hello to my three new friends on the desk. Over here, we have Fedor with his infamous sweater. We've got Hoist Gracie wearing the gi, black belt, as you know, and the newest member of the squad. We've got Randy, the natural couture. So we've got America, we've got Mother Russia and Brazil. Of course, we've got the Canadian flag here. We've got a nice little United Nations things going on. And uh, of course, this is all courtesy of our friends at Bellator. They've hooked us up with these bobbleheads. They are giving the couture one out November 3rd at Penn State. And this one has been... This one has been met with mixed reviews, I think. A lot of people unhappy with the fact that they're going with Couture, that maybe they should be doing a Roy McDonald one, perhaps with a turtleneck, perhaps with a suit. Do you think that they should be pushing their own guys like a Michael Chandler, a Roy McDonald, a Douglas Lima, you know, one of those guys? What do you think? A King Mo, a Ryan Bader, or is it fun to do the legends? I feel like you got to stick to the legends. Even though, like like here, Randy Couture is wearing Bellator gloves and shorts. He's never fought for Bellator. He will never fight for Bellator. Yeah, but it's like, the, these guys are Mount Rushmore-esque faces. These are forever. So you're okay These are that. eternal. Whereas, you know, a guy who's like a current fighter, who knows where that goes, you know? These, these are safe. These are safer options. Um, and also, you pay homage to, to those that have come... Previously, I think I think it's a little too new to do the bobblehead. Who would you do next? Kimbo couldn't be bad. So you know, I I I think Kimbo's the best one because he has like the coolest look and everything. But do you think that that's inappropriate because he passed last it's, year? It's respect. It's okay. tribute. All right, all right. So I would go with Kimbo. I mean, maybe you wait. I don't know, but in my opinion, I think it's respect. I don't think it. They're not making these bobbleheads to go to laugh at them. No, I know. It's, it's a know. you know. Yeah. Um, it's a tribute. By the way, speaking of Twitter, which we're on right now, I'm mafighting.twitter.com. Uh, Doyle Chandler. You're, you're, what's up with your voice? My voice we, is just. Are we done? Are we, are we almost out here? I mean, it's been a roller coaster <laughs> of emotions and the voice hasn't helped. But uh, Doyle Chandler writes on Twitter that guy, Edge, who pointed out the 11 yeah, KFC yeah, yeah. followers is my friend and probably noticed the 11 followers while pooping. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do have to question. <laughs> Do you think someone just found out on their own? Well, you have to question how somebody knows who KFC follows. I've never once in my life been inclined to find out who KFC follows. Yeah. You have to wonder how somebody stumbled upon that. Right. Um, so Edge, let us know if you've got a story. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd like to hear. Okay. Questions. We'll start this the way we start this every week. Yes. With Ariel Hawani's questions. I mean, you're getting liberal with this. I mean, it's like almost like two questions every week. <laughs> Next, we're going to be having five questions. You give him a little rope. Yeah. Um, okay. A lot of questions. First, first question of this week. Uh, who do you want to see Mike Perry fight next? Yes. The options were Darren Till. Notice I didn't say, who do you want to see Darren Till fight next? Right. And, uh, well, Darren, yeah. I mean, you could have done this. No, because, way, no, because Darren. He's got more. Well, Darren's not booked. Perry's the one who's booked. Yeah. Um. 76% in favor of Darren Till, 24% in favor of Santiago Ponzinibbio. Now, I'm not one to take away an opportunity, but like that is just too much magic between those two. It's kind of like MVP and Paul Daly. Like, you can't let these things linger. You don't know what's going to happen. I agree. By the way, what do you, you make of that whole MVP thing? With the what, purse? What, uh, with, 
He's saying, I'm not going to fight him unless my purse is up versus yeah, but his gonna, purse. Coker said he'll do it. I know. Were you surprised? No. That's awesome. What a great stipulation. What a great gimmick. Yeah, it is a great gimmick. Do it. So yeah. So what do you think about this poll? Who would you pick? You have to, you have to do uh, Till and Perry. But, but, but Apologies. You, you do it in Winnipeg? Like this fight should be in Liverpool. That would be an insane. Like Darren Till's next fight needs to be in Liverpool. Having Darren Till fight the baddie on the bottom somewhere. Gosh, having Darren Till fight in in uh, in Winnipeg against Mike Perry is the utter definition of promotional malpractice, is it not? Yeah. So I don't know. It's a tough call. Um, no, it's not a tough call. Do that fight. Okay, in Winnipeg. No. Take away Perry and Ponzinibbio from Winnipeg? It's not fair to the uh, the Manitobans. For the love of the game. For the love, love of the, the game. game. Got to do it. Maybe there's another fight that they could put in there. So yeah, maybe you give them, them you give them a make good. Okay. But you got to do it for the love of the game. Okay, question number two. Yes. Which two of, uh, sorry, which UFC 217 title fight are you looking most forward to? Yeah, so it's Bisping GSP, Garbrandt Dillashaw, Young Jacek, Namunas, those were the options. And the reason I asked this question is because I was starting to feel like people, like like I said before, like weren't recognizing how big of a deal this was. And lo and behold, 62% in favor of Garbrandt Dillashaw, 27% in favor of Bisping GSP, and 11% said Ioannia Jacek and Rose Namunas. Are you surprised? No. You're not? The, the bad blood, it's there. Okay. Are you? Um... Man, GSP. Yeah, but it's the matchup. It's not, you didn't put, are you excited for the return of GSP? I still feel like they would have picked this fight. I mean, the bad blood. And it's funny, right? Isn't it funny how everyone's always like, oh, you love the drama and you love the crap talking and this and that. And look, they're all picking this fight. Well, it's a great fight on paper, but part of the reason why I think we're so emotionally invested in this fight is because it's teammate versus teammate. And we've been talking about it for the last few months, if not year. Yep. But this is GSP. GSP versus this cup excites me. I mean, that's a big deal. It's freaking GSP. Bisping is versus Bisping too. Is is a big deal. Bisping as champion. I mean, there's a yeah. Anyway, you don't. The 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 beauty is you don't have to pick. I was just curious where everyone's interest. I, I am most excited for that fight though. Which one? Garbrandt and Dillashaw. Really? Are you going? By the way, they're in their prime. Um, likely, very likely. Are they hooking you up? I'll very likely be there. With a guest? No. By the way, you can't go to that. Why not? Your wife's going to give due, uh, give birth any any day, any second now. Can't not, leave. Not exactly. Later that month, though. You got to be home. <laughs> She's this due. Is, this is from you, of all people? You got to be home. Um, what are you talking about? When 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 my wife is, is due, I take like a two-month break. <laughs> the only time I leave her site is when I come to do this show. But you just said to come do this show. Yeah. So you're not there. Well, she's not due to give birth. Yeah, neither is mine. Oh, okay. Not yet. Is this a surprise all of a sudden? Is this a secret? No, what? You showed us the, the, the sonogram on the show. No, what I'm saying is she's due in late November. Yeah. It's, I'm not, I can't not leave her side By the for way, a month. Have you ever heard of early deliveries? Look, if I need to leave... If you're, if you're asking me if I will leave, first of all, I'd be closer to where I need to be hospital-wise if I was at the event than if I was home. But if you're asking me if I would leave UFC 217 for the birth of my child, the answer is unequivocally yes. Confirmed here. 
<laughs> that, well, I, I, I would. I, I was would, not. I would jet. By the way, I was I not would, asking that. I would jet out the door. I was just saying, so. do you feel comfortable going out on the town, watching MMA? <laughs> going out on the when you. Could, <laughs> by the way, my my wife was seven months pregnant. Yeah. Two months away from giving birth. Yeah. And I wanted to go see the Knicks and the Lakers. Jeremy Lin against Kobe Bryant. Remember Insanity? that? Insanity. Remember that Friday night game on ESPN. I don't recall it. What are you talking about? That was like oh, the greatest one. Game winner, right? Game winner? No, no. By Jeremy Lin? No, or, that no, was he Toronto. Dropped like, he dropped like 40 he or something. He dropped like 38. That was the one yeah. where Kobe was like, who? I've never heard of this guy. And it was a Friday night on ESPN and he just completely oh, went insane. Lin Sanity Lin was Sane. a moment. Yes, and I cho- I could have gone and I chose not to go to to be home with my wife. And that, and that was two plus months away. So I'm just saying. Listen, not to compare. My wife watches the show. You are really <laughs> ruining my life. <laughs> Uh, really that's her first problem. Here. That's her first mistake. Don't watch the show. My wife certainly doesn't. She could not care less. She has no idea where I am. My family she thinks my I'm at the grocery store in. or something. My wife, my mom, my dad. Everyone. You know this. They're hardcore fans. They're hardcore fans. Okay, from Liam Joyce. Should the UFC alter their welterweight matchups and make uh, Kamara Usman versus uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio and Perry versus yes. Aaron Till, and then uh, and throw in oh. Cerrone? Versus Emil Mech. I'm not ready to talk about Cerrone right now. Um, but Usman stepping in for the fight with Ponzinibbio, and then you get Perry versus Till. Do you like this? I like that idea. Yeah, you give him a, a game opponent, somebody who's also a name at the moment and, and can um, advance. I, it feels I, I like, dig it. As long as, you know, it's obviously what we're not saying, but we should. It's pretty explicit. This Whatever happens here, is either going to be fair or unfair to Ponzinibbio. He's kind of the, the the third party in this who's either going to get the fight that he signed up for or potentially not, you know. Um, and that's, you know, that's unfortunate, but there's there's too much heat here. Yeah. It's just so great. I'm a real welterweight. If, <laughs> if promoted properly, from Cody Sperling, do you see Darren Till reaching the heights of possibly a Conor McGregor or Ronda Rousey? I think obviously too early to, to tell, but do you see the makings of a, of a star here? I do. I really do. I really do. He's entertaining. He's fun. He finishes. He's got like a nation behind him. All these things help. Yes, I, I agree. He, he's, he's doing it right. Remember that clip of Patty last time he fought in Liverpool? How insane that yeah. was? Yeah. I feel like this would be 10 times bigger just because it's UFC and all that. I wouldn't have said that before. It's crazy how quickly Darren Till is now becoming that guy, right? Like Patty would have been the one I would have pinned for, um, you know, yeah. The, the maximum uh, exposure there. Now Darren Till is, is quickly growing. Uh, who is a more exciting prospect? Mickey Gall or Darren Till? How about right now, who's got, the, who's got more cachet? Till is further It's got to be Till, right? Yeah, he's further along. I mean, he beats Cerrone. He made a- I think, you know, the, Gall lost some momentum there, but he, I think he could get right back up there if, uh, if he picks up a, a win over Brown and then, you know, something in the, in the top 15, 10 range i'll say this um i kind of just forgot that mickey gall was coming back next week it's next week yeah I'm big excited. fight randy brown yeah mickey gall he invented the call out mickey gall invented the call out i don't know if you heard i heard it but he claims to have invented the call out in mma it never happened before him Listen, thank you for the gotta, cup mickey. gotta give him the do yeah do you think the fans uh, this is in relation to Conor McGregor letting some some language slip 
in a, in a moment with uh, Artem Lobov after the fight. Do you think that the fans defending McGregor's use of a slur and the in the UFC silence, unlike with Verduming and Cowboy Cerrone previously, is a bad luck? What what was this? Oh, was that the one with uh, Daniel Cormier, right? There was something. Yeah, I think it was the one. Oh, yes, he talked about um, Anderson Silva when he was on the stage with CM Punk and it looked like he was a little inebriated. I remember that. That was after UFC 200. Um, I don't remember how many days after the Verdum thing. Like, I'm not ready to say that, you know, it's 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 been less than two days, so I'm not ready to say that they're completely dropping this. So, okay, for, for, for those that missed it, um, Conor McGregor was at the fight on Saturday in Poland and he was there for Artem. And then there was a clip shot backstage by a, either a UFC or BT Sport. Someone shot it of them going into the medicals, and um, it's Connor sort of consoling Artem. And in this clip, it sounds like at least a couple of times he utters a, a homophobic slur, right? The F word. Yep. And. Uh, some I think someone tweeted it. I think one of those accounts tweeted it. People picked up on it and then it was removed and it was passed around and it has been written about. And the responses that I've heard or read, I should say, some people were like, well, you're clickbaiting, which again is not the definition of clickbaiting. Clickbaiting is when you say like, you won't believe what Kim Kardashian did tonight or what she wore to the gala. That's clickbaiting. This is not really clickbaiting. Came up with that rather fast, but... That's kind of my go-to one. Mm -hmm. um, other people were like, this isn't news. And then other people were like, well, he said this in the... you know, He didn't think that he was being um, recorded. He didn't know that he was being filmed at the time. It wasn't like he was at a press conference and said it's a little, it's a little different, so cut him some slack. Oh man, it's it, this is the heavy one. It, you know, I'm kind of reminded of the Kobe Bryant situation. Remember the Kobe Bryant situation when a camera caught him mouthing that word yep. to a referee? I do, yeah. He was fined for that. He was punished for that. And so I believe that when you're... Look, first of all, I believe you shouldn't use that word, period. Right. Like if I said that to you outside as we're walking, like, oh man, like that's just not a thing. And this does not fall in the... Like there's just certain words that I feel like should be deleted from our vocabularies. Like I hate when people use the word retarded hate that word. I, I get, I get it like it, it enrages me when I hear that word. Um, I hate, I hate when fighters say it on the show and it has been said before. And of course that that's not uh, like a slur necessarily, but it's, it's insensitive. It, it should not be used as an insult. Right. Um, same goes for this word. Um, and so, yeah, it's disappointing to hear it. You don't want to hear, especially Connor as our own Dave Doyle uh, pointed out, this was a guy who, openly advocated for gay marriage in, in uh, Ireland. So, I, you know, you, it's disappointing to hear that, you know, do I want to see him uh, get punished or fine? I don't know what the appropriate thing to do here is. I don't think that uh, Verdum got punished. Uh, he still got the fight. I, I don't believe he got fined. He said that he was going to do some outreach stuff. Maybe we'll get the same thing from Connor. Um I don't know what the right answer is. The only the only thing that comes to mind is I don't want to hear that word. It's disappointing when you hear someone in the public eye say it and they're caught on camera saying it, whether they knew. Look, Donald Sterling got in trouble, right? Owner of the uh, LA Clippers. Did he know that his comments would be made public? No, but you're still a public person and you're caught using a bad word. There's a price to pay. 
Yeah. And so, you know, the, the excuse that like he didn't know it's, it's just, you're still in the public sphere. Like the doctor, you know, who's treating Artem may be gay and offended by that. It's just not a word that you should use. Like there's a yeah. million insults that you could say about Andre Feely in that moment. Oh, he's a coward. He's a chicken, whatever you want to say. Why do we have to use that word? It's just like, there's, there's enough hatred in this, in this, uh, in this world. So it's disappointing. Will anything happen? You know, I highly doubt it. It's, 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 it's the UFC. It's the fight game. It's not like the NBA and a team. The, the structure is different. So it's hard to, to vouch for that sort of thing. Um, but you know, important to say, like, let's not forget what he has done for, for gay rights in Ireland. And, um, I don't think he's used, I don't think he's been caught using that word before. So you want to give people the benefit of the doubt the same way he wanted to give Redoom the benefit of the doubt. But yeah, it is, it is a bummer to hear that word. I yeah. guess that's the thoughts that came to mind. Yeah. It's, it's not appropriate at any, at any time, private, public, doesn't matter. And hopefully two things. One, the MMA community obviously came together to point it out and disagree with, with its usage, which is important. Um, to to think about because well, there's a lot of fans who say, I mean, I'm getting people right now tweeting to me like it's a, it was said in a personal conversation. That's no big deal, yeah. and and that is true. It was said in a personal that's, conversation, but it was caught on camera. That's going to be some people, regardless. But the fact that it didn't just pass by or become a thing that nobody thought about or addressed um, is good. We want, or you know, I'm not trying to say it's a good situation, but what I'm saying is it can be a learning experience. People are are talking about it and now addressing it and saying. Unequip- like I guess not unequivocally, I was going to say unequivocally no. saying that we shouldn't be using it, but um, hopefully we can get there and uh, yeah, learn learn from this. You know, the, the, the truth is like, as I said, a million things could be said in that moment to make Artem feel better, to insult Andre Feely. It, it, it's all good. Um, I get what he was trying to do. He was trying to console his friend. He was being there. I mean, the loyalty that he has to Artem and Artem has to him, it, it's all, I love it. it. It's a great thing to see. Um Use another word. That's it. Yeah, it's just it's it's just not the best word to use, and that, and 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 I know it was a personal conversation. And I, look, I'm not I'm not busting out the pitchforks. Um, I just you you see it, you're like, ah, man, why? You know, the same way if you would have said a bunch of other different slurs, it's like I don't, I I know he wasn't trying to put down, uh, yeah, homosexual people or anything. I just. I, I just would just use another word and, 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 and it would be so much better. And the excuse that like he didn't know that he was being recorded. I get that. There's a million positives about being a celebrity, about being Conor McGregor. Like life is good. There's a few things that you have to watch out for, right? With cell phones and cameras. It's a different age. You just have to be careful. Yeah. Fortunately, got caught and this wasn't a cell phone. Could you imagine? You know, like, like, could you imagine all the things that athletes and celebrities have to worry about with cell phones, clubs? I mean, we've seen this happen a million times, right? Um, people recording you, you get caught using a word, you know, there's going to be some price to pay, some backlash. Got to deal with it. Do you think Sam Alvey should have been deducted part of his show purse for missing weight on short notice fights? Like how, how I think this is the way that this question could go. How heavily do you weigh the idea of missing weight against people who are stepping in on short notice versus somebody who's gotten the full fight camp and misses? By the way, one is last thing about that, it's not up to us to say what is offensive or not no. when the word doesn't pertain to us. You yep. know what I mean? So like, I, I, I can't really weigh it. Like that is an offensive word and it, I can't say it's not offensive because it doesn't bother yep. me. Well, no, it's not meant to be about me. You know what I mean? Of so course. remember that when you're defending 
you know, slurs or these kinds of insults. Yeah. Um, do you think Sam Alvey should have been deducted part of his show purse for missing weight? Do you do you weigh a miss on short notice as heavily as you weigh a miss when you have the full? I kind of just wish that he didn't take the fight. This guy just beat Rashad Evans. He's coming off the best, biggest, most high profile win. Why did you take this fight? Well, like why did I get coming back? But like why did you have to come back so soon on short notice? Fair enough. Um, but as it pertains to this, yeah, when a guy misses weight on short notice, are you are you affected the same way as when somebody misses weight generally? I feel like if you sign up, you gotta, you gotta. Yeah, that's what catch weights are for. Yeah. If you didn't think you'd make it, you you should have vouched for a catch. I have weight. to admit, naturally, my disposition is to f- have more sympathy for that. Uh, you but, certainly have a little more sympathy, but I don't think yeah. that it, like if you that the weight is the weight. There is there is something to that. Yeah, I mean, if you signed up for it, then you. you I mean, because it's not fair to your your opponent. I mean, your opponent is fighting someone who's now heavier, and there has to be some. But yeah, it does suck. What do you think about using the word lovely in commentary? The quote, lovely knee to the midsection by John Gooden. Okay, well, this is a beautiful word. I agree. I love that word. Can I just say, I thoroughly enjoy Gooden and Hardy. Yeah. Um, and it's not just about the accents and things like that. You know what I mean? Like, but it does <laughs> Those bring, don't hurt. It does bring something a little different to the table. They, they, it's clear they're friends. It's clear they have a great rapport. It's clear they have great chemistry. It's clear that... Gooden, you know, trains and understands MMA and isn't just the setup man. Um, Dan Hardy is a wealth of knowledge. I really enjoy his post-fight interviews and 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 the kinds of questions and and just his demeanor. I don't know. I I just enjoy them. And so yeah, I mean, a word like that is used more in in you know in England, British people. And I I, I there's nothing really. I I love the way they dress. I, I I'm just I enjoy them. I love the European shows. I like them on Fight Pass. They kind of go by quickly. Not a lot of breaks. I enjoy them. And 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 let me just say, like I think John Anik is the number one guy, right? He is the number one guy in my opinion. Then it's Gooden, um, and then I was going to say Todd Harris, Todd Grisham. Todd Harris used to be with WC, um, and they've got a, a a slew of great um, analysts. But I really enjoy them together. When I hear that they're calling fights, I I enjoy it. I love how people try to get me riled up now and say like that was violent and oh you got to love the violence. You're not bothering me again. I know what MMA is. Could, could you not like get it through your skulls? What I was saying was, I don't agree with using that word part of the promotion. I know it's violent. I know it's dangerous. I know it's brutal. I know it's somewhat barbaric at times. I know that it's any other word that you want to use that is a synonym for all those other words. But to say this is violent as a promotion to me is short-sighted. And is a mistake. And that's all. Case in point, sometimes MMA is lovely. Thank exactly. you, John Gooden. For Thank you. Yeah. Lovely. Don't put that label, the violent label on everything because sometimes it's lovely. It's a great point. Shout out to fan of the show, John Gooden. Yes. Okay. Mark, with Har- Mark Hunt being removed from his fight, how many other fighters will be removed by the same standard based on the history of head trauma? Essentially, are we going to see more of this? Are we going to see other fighters removed for something they say potentially in the media. We we had we had an example with Cain Velasquez yeah. before this Mark Hunt incident, but will we see this happening more? Well, more? both those situations very interesting because both of them were involved in little issues with the UFC, if you recall. Cain Velasquez with the MMAAA, 
a week later, he does this interview with ESPN and then he gets, you know, checked out by the NAC and they pull him. And then this Mark Hunt situation, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think the big thing is like, they have to do the interview. You know what I mean? Um, there has to be like some kind of comments that raise a red flag. Um, and so like, I don't think a lot of fighters are going to get in the habit of saying, yeah, I can't wait for this fight against TJ Dillashaw. And I got to tell you, I've been having a lot of concussions lately and headaches and, sure. uh, you know, but life is great. I'm loving life. It's just not going to happen. Um, I think Mark was trying to paint a picture of his entire career and tell us what he's been through and what he's overcome and how he still loves it and all that stuff. And, you know, given the yeah. fact that he's currently involved in a lawsuit with the UFC, it kind of forced their hand. Yeah. And so I think it's a very, very, very unique situation. Sure. I mean, I think the reality is if you're saying the things that Mark Hunt is saying, even if you're not embroiled in some kind of uh, lawsuit, I have to imagine that there's going to be particular attention paid to that. Um, and that if we start seeing language like that, if, if people start talking about um, their difficulties with memory and things like that, there's a possibility. Why, why open that door um, if it's not uh, a door you want to open? Yeah. But Can I say one more thing about the McGregor thing? Because like like I, I have to allow myself to um, gather my thoughts. If you recall, Floyd Mayweather used that word in the midst of the whole world tour. And I think that he was publicly admonished for it. I don't know if anyone was like calling for the fight to be canceled. Like it's, it's, it's again, it's, it's just, and, and I don't know how that word is used in Ireland here as Americans, Canadians were reacting to it. I mean, I, I didn't go on like a tweet storm about it or anything like that, but you like th that word I don't think was acceptable when Mayweather used it either. Like you can't just say like, Oh, nothing. I don't think anyone's calling for Connor to be cut or anything like that, but it's okay to say like, yeah, it'd probably be best if you don't use that word. It's not the best word to use to describe other human beings. Um, yeah. And that's it. I, uh, nothing more, nothing less. Agreed. Should writer, uh, fighters have a right to challenge a ref ruling with by using replay, and if they lose it, a point is deducted. Essentially, do you want to see other sports replay system in MMA? It's kind of hard to say. I mean, in the flow of a fight, especially if I get poked in the eye and we're we're sitting there in the five minutes, and I go, "That was you know intentional," or I did or did not get poked in the eye. I like replay being used when there's like a moment where they don't know, you know, if if the the hands are down, you know, with the illegal knees and things like that. I think this is what they're they're kind of getting yeah, at. I'm okay but, with that. But uh, instituted by the fighters rather than instituted. Oh, I see. Or, or like the corner man, like yeah, how somebody the, to to offer it. Nah, I, I feel like let's leave that to them. And the I think the 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 easiest context to probably understand would be like in a case like Ponzinibbio. Yeah. Um, you know, some way to kind of, I don't know if they noticed that. that in the moment, to be honest, they, they may not have. And I think this would be diff very difficult to execute with the, the fighters in the cage or the corners implementing it. Um, I like, the I would refs. like to see replay used to get things correct. I would like to see that myself. Excuse me. Do you believe, uh, UFC 217, is more stacked than UFC 205. You've said this. I believe I've also said this. Do you think that it is a bigger event and um, how many pay-per-views? Okay, so my colleagues don't like the pay-per-view conversation. I am fascinated by the pay-per-view conversation. I really don't know what this pay-per-view will do. John Jones did great. That was a three-title fight show. I really don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. 
I have no idea. If it does 400,000, I wouldn't be surprised if it does 800,000. I don't think it does a million. I don't. Um, top to bottom, I don't think that 217 is as stacked as 205. Top, really? Yes. Top to bottom. Top to bottom. Hmm. Now, top three title fights versus top three title fights, like as a collective unit, I think the 217 title fights are better. Of course, no one trumps McGregor. He's the biggest name in the sport, biggest name in the history of the sport. That will always trump all, but as a collective unit. But then the McGregor effect kind of puts it on top. So it's not a clean response for you. But look, look, I, I just want to break something down here. Okay, this is 205. This is 205. You ready? So first fight, 205, Liz Carmouche versus Caitlin Chukagian. So right now, 205 has one less fight or 217 has one more fight. So Caitlin Chukagian, okay, so this is the extra fight. The extra fight is Eman Zahabi versus Ricardo Ramos. Zahabi is a great young prospect. Okay, yep. so that's one for 217. Now we go to Ovin St. Preux versus Corey Anderson versus Liz Carmouche versus Caitlin Chukagian. Okay, I'll give the nod to OSP yep. versus Anderson, uh, especially OSP, that low in the card, he's taking the fight on short notice. But I think that's why we might have run into issues is comparing... Wait, wait, wait. Oleksii Olenek versus Curtis Blades against Jim Miller versus Thiago Alves. Name-wise, you got to go Miller-Alves, right, on that Fight one? wise you probably go the other way, though. What do you mean? On paper. Relevancy, I think Olenek and, and Blades is more relevant. Fair, well, given what they've done. But name-wise, I mean, star power, I think. Sure. Um, Randy Brown versus Mickey Gall versus Vincente Luque versus Bilal Muhammad. I give it to Randy Brown and Mickey Gall. I'm I'm almost like tossed on that one. Like I, I think Gall. Luke and 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 uh, Muhammad was a great fight too. So I'm almost like in the middle somewhere there. But okay. No, but you got to talk about it on paper, not what happened in the fight. No, I mean. Okay, okay, okay. Look, Muhammad's a contender, and and Luke was that knockout was incredible. Yeah, but I don't, don't talk about. It. I'm talking Come, about on paper into going it, into it. The potential for that but knockout Mickey, was what, also. What fight were you more excited for? Mickey Gall's return or Luke Muhammad? Don't be a liar, Mickey I'm, Gall. Stop it. I won't do it because you're going to whine and call me a hipster, but Shut up. equal. Shut up. Ian Kuchilaba versus Mikhail Oleksjujic uh, versus Tim Boach versus Sapo Natal. Boach Natal. I mean, if I can't pronounce the guy's name. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. This is where it gets interesting, okay? Yeah. Walt Harris versus Mark Godbeer versus Michael Johnson versus Khabib Nurmagomedov. Yeah, but here's the Stop issue it. with going in the Stop order. It. You're going this fight versus this fight in this, this order. Doing. It's fun. But there's some James fights Vick that are better that Joe are lower. Duffy. Like OSP, is OSP Nothing versus Trump's Habib Corey versus... Anderson. Sure, but is OSP Corey Anderson not going to okay, be this is an interesting more one. comparative? James to... Vick versus Michael uh, Joseph Duffy yep. versus Edgar Stevens. I like Duffy and Vick. Okay, okay, okay. Johnny Hendricks versus Paolo... Bohajinha. Or a title fight. Now, see, this no, is where... No, not a title fight. Raquel Pennington versus Misha Tate. Yeah, I like I like Pennington Tate. Okay. Wonderboy, Masvidal, Romero Weidman. Uh, Romero Weidman, for sure. Jan Jacek, Carolina. Jan Jacek, Rose. Jan Jacek, Rose. Yes. Woodley Thompson, Cody Dillashaw. Cody Dillashaw. 
And now GSP versus Bisping or Connor no, versus Eddie? Not over Connor versus. Okay, but it, okay, so it's a it's a fat it's, it's a, a toss fun up. debate. I like two seventeen better. The top that's three, where I ultimately end up. The, I say the top three fights are better. I think the like the fact that Habib is you on. You picked more two seventeens. I'm pretty did I? sure. No, Habib or at least equal. No, Habib, Pennington, Romero. Those three I gave to two hundred five. Those three. Well, I'm, about, I'm talking about and Miller Alves. That's half. That's like half. I'm going 217. I think it's the better card, top to bottom. All right. I'm excited. Who cares? Who cares about this? I know. 5 was great. 217 is going to be great. Okay. Best city in the world. Yes. Bring in the best fight cards in the world. Yes. Be there. You've seen Ariel's promo. I mean, you don't need me to sell you on this. Yeah, that, that one paled in comparison. It's simple. Be there. Yes. Okay. Uh, Neil Magny. Yes. Is this the right fight for Carlos Condit? Sure. Back? They asked for this fight. They wanted this fight. It's good I fight. like it. I like it as well. Look, I think people want to Mike Perry. Like, let the guy ease his way back in. I mean, I wouldn't be mad. No, I would not be mad. Fought in a year and a half. Who has the best nickname in the UFC? Wow. Let's go MMA. I think that's more appropriate. Jesus, I don't know. I feel like uh, Paige back there is going to say Patty the Batty. Um, she loves her Patty the Batty. Green Zombie. Green I mean, there's great. there's a ton of them. Axe Murder. Anyone come to mind? Prodigy, great one. Yeah. Um, Notorious is pretty good. Formerly Beaston, twenty-five-eight. Yeah, uh, Wonder Boy has always been a great one, right? Wonder Boy, you like Wonder Boy? I'm eh, I'm lukewarm on Wonder. Really? The Executioner? Not in the UFC anymore. Uh, the Mauler is pretty good. No love is 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 unique. Yeah, Cody's is good. Um, there's a few. You don't have like a personal favorite one. Natural Born Killer. Uh, not that comes to mind right now, but I have to think about it. Does Darren Till need a nickname? No. Okay. Interesting though. Do, I mean, I was gonna say Conor McGregor doesn't have a nickname, but he kind of does. Of course he does. But but he, it's not used as much. They're used as, all the time. The notorious Conor McGregor all the time. Mm, I feel like the Connor's on the first name no last name basis more so than anything else you'll hear. It's Connor. But it's used. It's Rhonda. It's definitely used. Rhonda has a nickname too, but it's Rhonda. It's Connor. Yeah, fair, but it's used. Rowdy Rhonda is a great one also. It's good. It's a good nickname, but they've I think they've they've risen above nicknames. Darren yeah. Till, if you got a nickname, hope you know what maybe one day he'll be there where he doesn't even need it. And yeah. they just go, Darren. Is there another Darren? Uh not really. Darren Uwe Noyama. Nobody who's ascended to, to really that. Yeah, he could be Darren. Okay. Who's winning the World Series? Oh, I'm so bummed. My Yanks. Um, I mean, Yanks, talk about how gross this is. Yankees, Dodgers would have been you, great. I, I've told you this. You're worse than Cormier. Yankees, Dodgers, the old Subway Series, Brooklyn, New York would have been fantastic. Um, I think Houston's going to win. And so Houston is now your new team. No, no. I'm off. Rooting for the Astros, huh? I'm done. They beat my Yanks. I'm not, I'm, they beat my Yanks. Oh, yes. Badu Jack, the Ripper. That's a good one. Badu, uh, Badu Jack is good. Rampage. Um, That's boxing, though. Yeah. But. Uh, Badu Jack, by the way, is the best name. Like, the real name. Just name yeah. alone, right? Badu yeah, Jack. It's, it's just, it's I just want to say it all day. Badu Jack. Oh, Black Beast. Black Beast. Black Beast. Um, I mean, I liked Beast in 25-8 yeah, before yeah. it went away, but. Oh, uh, yeah. Astros. I got Astros in seven. You? I don't care, don't know. I don't follow baseball. It's the best. It's really not. 
Really. Not better than the NBA, but I still enjoy it. Really not. Touchy-feely. Touchy-feely. Really good. Yeah. Um, Of course. That might be the best. Joby One Kenobi for Joe Benavides. Okay. Ariel, when is it time for you to get reading glasses? You're doing it now, in fact. You're squinting. Yeah. People are are starting to notice. They are? Can we explain the squint? So this is the thing with my eyes. Left eye... Can't see far, completely blurry. Like I'm looking at everything in front of me here. It's completely blurry. I don't see a thing. Close, fine. Right eye, completely blurry in front, far, fine. Do you understand how weird this is? Can we get contacts? I do have glasses. I wear them at home, but I just feel like for the show, it doesn't look good. I guess I could wear contacts, but what do I need glasses for? No, people, people, people are have been noticing, noticing the squint. Yeah. I'm getting uh, old. What can I say? Question from years past. How old were you when you decided that the plaid shirt would be the wow. wardrobe stalwart? That's a great question. Um, when did this begin? I know that, you know, the early videos, we see t-shirts. When did, when did we go No, the, the, those were very rare. I seen it. Day one. We just went to the Playboy Mansion and I believe- No, I was wearing a black shirt. No, Maybe. are you kidding me? Yeah, you're right. You were wearing- Come on, I wouldn't wear a t-shirt. <laughs> That's damn Playboy, Playboy Mansion. <laughs> Got more class than that. Um, I think early, I, I always enjoyed a good plaid. You know, I'm Canadian, so it's kind of in our blood. Um, I always feel like it fits all different <laughs> kinds of occasions. You know, you can go to a fancy dinner wearing a plaid or a casual night out wear the plaid and, you know, you you still fit. You, you fit in perfectly, I've always thought. And, uh, you know, early on in the career, I was like, well, I got to get some shirts. I enjoy plaid. It's, it's a little more, you know, ambitious and, 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 and memorable than just a solid color shirt. So I was like, you know, this is going to be my thing and I'm just going to stick to plaids. But I had a lot of plaids, you know, it wasn't just like I decided to be an MMA journalist and I went out and bought, you know, a plethora of plaids. It's not what happened. Would you consider me, New York Rick, to be the Baba Booey of the MMA world? Of the MMA world, Jesus. Um, I mean, I feel like it can't extend beyond the show, can it? Like, what else? This is the show. That's a pretty big. That's a pretty big title to give Look, yourself. You know, I didn't give it to me. I'm asking. No, no. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, this is the premiere show, and you're that guy. So sure. You're the fafafohai. You're the fafafui. Uh, you complete me. That was amazing. Uh, that was it. Is New York Rick a hipster? <laughs> no, I mean clearly not. No, no. You have to be a certain level of cool. I feel like I'm more hipster than you are. Is that possible? Definitely not. But I don't think either of us. Who's is the biggest hipster that works on the show? Danny Segura, for is sure. Is Danny Segura a hipster? <laughs> he said chill. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he's he's not really. I was just messing with him because he's. Why is yeah. hipster an insult? No, but it's just there's a certain like characteristic. There's a certain. Uh, Who's the biggest hipster on MMAfighting.com? It's not an insult, by the way. I want to be a hipster. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a hipster you wannabe. Do? Definitely Casey. Yeah, maybe. You, I mean, have you seen that mustache? I feel like there's more to it, but... No, I know. There's more to it. Also, people conflate hipster and contrary. Contrarian. Yeah, being being a, being contrary to anything. Casey is a contrarian, He's now a hipster. Too. You're a hipster. You're a hipster. I know. No, just differing opinion. Um, that was it. Best nickname in MMA? Courtesy of a war of nutrition, Gerald the Unmutable Harris. <laughs> yeah, but that, 
That's not official yet. I mean, if we can get Sherdog to update it, maybe. Do me a favor, Gerald. Enough with the tweets, all right? <laughs> oh, more. You can't, see, now you're feeding the trolls. You can't, you can't ask. You can't troll. say. You can't say no more. Now he's going to double down. Shout out to Smartly. all the uh, World of Warcraft fans out there. Shout out to Gerald Harris. And shout out to Gerald Harris. Thank you very much. Appreciate the time. We will see you next week. Thank you to all of you. You can hear my music. It has been a fun day. It has been a taxing day. I am exhausted. I am exhausted. I need a nap. I need a uh, a throat lozenge. Is that what they're called? Lozenge? Lozenger? Something like that. What a fun show. What a fun day. Remember I said at the top of the show, many moons ago, it feels, many hours ago. Remember when Gegar Mousasi <laughs> came on the show and told everyone to get in line? That was incredible. I was worried that Gegar Mousasi going over to Bellator would sort of mute him a little bit. You know, he had gone on the big contract, nothing to really fight for anymore, nothing to get worked up about. Boy, was I wrong about that. Anyway, I said I was excited about the lineup. The lineup delivered. It took a few twists and turns along the way, but uh, we ended up getting it done. I appreciate everyone in the back, including New York Rick, of course, for tracking everyone down. Thank you very much to Gegar Mousasi. Congratulations on the win. Hopefully the eye isn't too bad. Hopefully he has a safe trip home. Appreciate him squeezing us in. Thank you very much to Darren Till. Congratulations on the big victory this past Saturday. Star is born. Dana White has woken up. How exciting is all this? Thank you very much to TJ Dillashaw. Good luck to him, UFC 217. Thank you very much to Jesse Taylor. Good luck. One-year suspension. Thank you very much to Michael Venom Page. Congratulations on the boxing win. Thank you very much to the legend, George St. Pierre. Good luck on November 4th. Thank you very much to Rose Namajunas. Good luck on November 4th. Thank you very much to Scott Coker. And best of luck to Colby Covington this Saturday as well. Back next week, same time and place. Until they say, peace, somebody out.